Red Akins from 1996, That Ain't My Truck. You may wonder who Red Akins is if you're not a country music fan. Believe it or not, he was one of David Letterman's favorite performers. I'm not even kidding about this. David Letterman was a big fan of this guy, but he kind of faded out from the scene in the late 90s. Welcome to the Poker Fraud Alert Druff and Friends show. I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus. This show is being broadcasted live on September 8th. 2015. This will be our very last 
Tuesday broadcast, at least our very last regular Tuesday broadcast. This show is switching days starting September 24th. So what happens between September 24th and this week? What about next week? What day will the show be on next week? It will be on no day. Yep. I'm missing another show, people. After missing two shows in August, I'm trying to outdo that in September. So I'm not going to be doing any show next week. And to add insult to injury, you're going to have to wait another two days to hear the show the following week. Because it's on Thursday, meaning 16 days from today is the next show. So you better appreciate this one while you can. The reason for the move on Thursday, or to Thursday, shall I say, is twofold. First of all, it's better for me. I have a lot going on on Tuesdays. And it's always a rush for me to do everything to get ready for this show, which is why I'm late. We'll see if I improve with this on Thursday, by the way. (laughs) We'll see if that makes any difference. But I'll tell you, some of the reason I'm late is because I have a lot going on on Tuesdays. And sometimes I just can't get it all done before the show starts. That's part of the reason I made the show start at 7.30, at least scheduled for 7.30 instead of... 6.30 6.30 as it used to be, and it still hasn't helped that much. So we're moving to Thursday partially for that reason and partially because Brandon, well, he has a new girlfriend, as a lot of you guys know, and as people do when they have new relationships they're really into, they want to spend every waking moment together, and this girl works, so she has two days off, which are Tuesday and Wednesday, so Brandon doesn't want to spend one of those two days doing this show, which I can understand. So Thursday will be a day that she works, So now he will have no excuse not to come back on this show. Though, of course, Brandon is not obligated to this show. He's doing it because he enjoys it. He doesn't own any part of the site. I don't pay him anything. And he has never promised me that he will be part of this incarnation of the show. So when we get him, that's great. If he doesn't come, then no problem. Anyway, we are moving to Thursday. So it'll be every Thursday from now on, 7.30 Pacific time, unless otherwise noted. Occasionally, I will switch the date if I can't make it on Thursday, but that will be the more likely day. Another good thing about moving to Thursday will be that I will probably change the date less often because I change Tuesdays sometimes to other days of the week because sometimes things I had to do over the weekend or trips I take over the weekend spill over into Tuesday. And on Thursday, that's less likely. So we're moving to Thursday for the foreseeable future. At 7.30 p.m., don't look for the show on Tuesday anymore. It will not be there. We have no co-host tonight, but you never know who we will pick up along the way. Maybe even Trader Ski, who I forgot to call last week. I apologize to him for that. He said he could come on. I just never called him because I was too busy arguing with Lyman, who was a guest on last week's show. Tonight we have no scheduled guests, so if anybody wants to volunteer to co-host, I will put you on. And if not, then I'll just do this by myself. You guys know I can and I do this show even with no participation from anyone. If you do want to participate, the phone number to call into the show is 775-FRAUD-55. 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. Mount Charleston is a mountain near Las Vegas, about 45 minutes away by car. And I have an old 70s rotary telephone sitting on top of the mountain that forwards to wherever I am. 
That number is 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808, the Mount Charleston line. Either way, you have to show your caller ID or your call will not get through. But don't worry, I won't give your number out, I promise. Unless you scam someone. If you scam someone and there's substantial proof that you scam someone, I might give out your number. But it's the only way I would do it. If you want to text the show, you can text the main phone number of the show. Don't text the Mount Charleston line. Remember, it's an old rotary phone. It cannot receive text. But you can text the main phone number, 775 775-372-8355. 775-372-8355. You can text me during the show, before the show, or after the show. And I will read your text on the air unless you ask me not to at the beginning of the text. If you want to interact with other listeners that are listening live, go into the chat room, click the chat button near the top of the screen. You need a good standing account on the Poker Fraud Alert forum and a flash enabled device to get in to the chat room, meaning if you're going to try to go in there on an iPhone or iPad, it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to see anything. Keep in mind in the chat room, I don't read it that often. It's too hard to read it and do a show at the same time. So you're more there to talk to the other people. But I do look at it occasionally. And I do read things from there. And I may even steal your ideas from there. Sometimes someone suggests a segment and I just do it and make it seem like it's my idea. Or someone makes a joke and I tell it and I make it seem like it's my idea. Sometimes I give you credit. Sometimes I don't. That's the chat room. We have a free roll. We almost always have a free roll attached to this show. This week it's $75. We were a little bit short earlier. We were only up to $17, but our listeners came through as usual, and I appreciate that. The free roll, which takes place at the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which is near the top of the screen at PokerFraudAlert.com. The prizes break down as follows. 35 for first, 20 for second, 13 for third, and 777, lucky 777. It's actually a $75.77 free roll, to be accurate. So it's 35, 20, 13, and 777 for first through fourth place. Fifth gets nothing. The donation for this free roll came from six different sources. L Train Koja gave seven. JSTAT gave five. Willie McFML gave five. The Shrink gave eight. SMI Florida, who frequently donates, gave twenty-five seventy-seven, and Belly Buster, who also frequently donates, gave twenty-five and another seventy-five for future weeks. So, very generous guy. He's also the one who runs the No Fraud Online Poker Room. He's done a lot of good things for this site. We really appreciate Belly Buster here, and we appreciate everybody who donates to the free roll because I'm too cheap to do it, as you guys know. But I do pay for this site, and I do run it at a loss, so I don't get off completely free. (laughs) If you want the rules and instructions for the free roll, go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll, all lowercase. That's where you'll find it all. The free roll takes place at 8.10 p.m. Pacific time tonight. There are 25 minutes of late registration. But make sure you read the rules if you don't know them already. Here is the agenda for this evening. See, look how quick we're getting to it. We got just bang right to the agenda. I'm going to go through that quickly too. And then we'll get to the main part of the show. This is my pledge to everybody here that the intro is going to get shorter and shorter to this show. 
I released some emails that took place in February between me and former lock poker manager, poker room manager, Eric Lynch, also known as Risen. These were private emails that he asked me not to share with anyone. So guess what I did? Yep, I shared them. You might wonder why I would do that when I promise I'm not going to share emails and I share them. Well, because this guy participated in a scam. This guy was uh, an accomplice to the lock poker scam, and he stopped responding to me. So I figured F him, and he's trying to like return to the poker world. He's making tweets again about poker. I, I don't want him coming back, so I released these emails to open people's eyes. I'm usually very trustworthy with things like that, by the way. But with scammers, eh, not so much. Especially scammers that stopped communicating with me. There is an announcement today. I received the email from Seth Polanski. Not personally from him, but a bulk email from Seth Polanski. About the 2015 Poker Hall of Fame nominees. And... I'm going to remind everybody during this segment what a corrupt and flawed process it is to elect people to the Poker Hall of Fame. And now it seems like they have no desire to change it. Caesar's Palace was fined a lot of money. A lot of money for allowing money laundering to occur at their property. How much were they fined? One million dollars. Now they wish. (laughs) Much more than that. They were fined eight million dollars for allowing money laundering to take place on their premises. We'll talk about what happened there. And I'll tell you, I don't believe that it was just carelessness. I think it was on purpose. PokerStars has decided to enter the daily fantasy sports market. So soon you will be able to play on something affiliated with poker stars in the U.S. Even though you can't play poker there, you can play daily fantasy sports there. They're entering the market. We'll talk a bit about that. What if you made a final table at a fairly big event and you got yourself disqualified because you did something stupid? And when I say did something stupid, I don't mean... Play-wise, I mean you did something stupid at the table. You put, you pulled a prank at the table and you got disqualified from appearing at the final table. Well, that's actually happened to an Italian guy. We'll talk about what occurred there and whether that was an appropriate punishment for what he did. Final poker and gambling topic. WSOP.com now accepts PayPal, which is surprising for a few reasons. And we will talk about whether this is going to help them. Well, it's going to help a little bit, but how much will it help? General topics tonight. Might we be talking about President Joe Biden and Vice President Elizabeth Warren at the beginning of 2017? About 16 months from now. Is that who will be in the White House? Just a short time ago, that was thought impossible. Now it's starting to look possible. We'll talk a bit about that. I have an editorial called The Customer Isn't Always Right. 
Not that I think that, but that's the way customers are being treated nowadays. But you can't completely blame the businesses for this. The customers are taking it, and the customers are making this possible to be treated this way. I'll talk a bit about that and what you can do to change that, at least from your perspective, from what you go through. And kind of related, I'll give you the Jew tip of the week. It's actually more of a discussion rather than a tip. Understanding credit card chargebacks. Now, you may say, what's there to understand? When there's a bad charge in your credit card, you call the bank that issues your credit card. You say, I want to dispute that, and they do. It's done. What's there to discuss here? A lot, actually. There's a lot you need to know that most people don't know about credit card chargebacks. So that'll be the final segment tonight. You might notice the last three segments, the general segments, are United States-related segments. So if you're listening to this program and you're not a citizen of the United States, you may not care about any of this. You may not care about President Biden, possibly. You may not care about U.S. companies and their customer service. You may not care about credit card chargebacks in the U.S., and I wouldn't blame you. But at least it's at the end, so if you don't care about this stuff, you can turn it off. As you probably know, this show is now a combination of poker and gambling topics and general topics. The general topics come at the end. And hopefully Brandon will come back two weeks from now and we can have more general topics. He likes to bring those up. Brandon is kind of getting sick of the poker stuff. But he likes to bring up just all these tangents, all these general topics, and ask my opinion on them and give his opinion on them. And when he's here, we'll do more of that. Of course, you can suggest things to me in text, what you'd like me to talk about. You can ask me questions. You can call me. There's many things you can do to interact with this show. And I do take suggestions from people who want to help the show. I'm not doing the show for me. I'm doing it for the audience. And that's not just BS I'm telling you. It's the truth. I I want the audience to enjoy the show. If I think the show is great and the audience thinks it sucks, guess what? It sucks. If I think the show sucked and the audience liked it, then it was good. I've had that before where I go, ah, the show wasn't very good. And I have people praising it afterwards. And I've had the reverse too. I've had it where I thought I did a good show and people don't like it. But I I try to do what the people want to hear, which is not always easy because there's many different things that people want out of this show. But I I try to make it appeal to the majority of the listeners. So with that said, let's get going. Let me read a few things. Free roll starting in four minutes, by the way. Or sorry, nine minutes. JSTAT in chat saying, no FDIC for PayPal, screw them. Vegas Jim saying, I think we'll start seeing fantasy draft TV shows of some sort. He's also saying, I've already seen a an infomercial from Draft Day, which is the biggest one, with Tiki Barber and his brother. Jay Searles saying, free Fluffer and Tide. Well, I understand you wanting Fluffer to be freed, but Tide is not in jail. Well, maybe he is in real life, but not in this site. Tide, a.k.a. Judok, is welcome to post whenever he wants. He left. I did not kick him out. Now, on the radio show, I 
I don't let him come on all that often or for that long because he tends to be drunk when he calls in and ruins the show. I I give him limited airtime here. If he could act normally, I would give him more, but he doesn't. Okay, so uh, Forum Wars wants to point out the show is right-wing USA-centric with a West Coast bias and moves depending on special guest stars' girlfriend's working hours till I listen. Well, that's, that's hard to argue with. That's hard to argue with. There is a West Coast bias. It is USA-centric. I did move the date of the show partially because of the special guest star's girlfriend. And I, I don't I wouldn't say the show is right wing. I really try to keep politics out of the show for the most part, but I guess that bleeds through a little bit, especially when I talk about politics. But I, I try to look at it from all standpoints and not just my own. All right, so let's get going. Last week I was just looking around Twitter and I saw something that bothered me. I saw something I did not like. And usually Twitter doesn't bother me too much. But this did bother me. What bothered me wasn't so much what was written, but who was writing it. I see August 31st. This one is for my poker people. The secret is to becoming world the secret to becoming a world-class player with a blog dated September 1st. 2015. It's kind of weird he dated it September 1st when he's tweeting it out on August 31st. I guess he wrote it in the future. But who was this? This was none other than Eric Risen Lynch. Eric Risen Lynch, who had been gone from social media for years. For years. The last tweet from Eric Lynch prior to August 8th of this year was... July 28th, 2013, where he says, 45 minutes until we are underway in the 75K guaranteed with $500 bounties on Risen, Mark Aliato, EV Consultant, and Hurricane Jeff on, yep, you guessed it, Lock Poker. (laughs) And this was already many, many months into them not paying people. This is like seven months after the problem started. So he's still tweeting about the 75K guaranteed on lock poker with the $500 bounties that you'll never be able to cash out. That was the last thing we ever heard from Eric Lynch on Twitter. Eric Lynch disappeared. He didn't post on forums. He didn't post on Twitter. I don't know if he posted on Facebook. I didn't really look, but he was hiding. He was hiding because of what was happening with lock poker. He was the poker room manager of lock for a long time. He was a yes-man for Locke for a long time. He eventually handed over his forum duties discussing Locke poker to that Shane guy. I'm just Shane. Shane Bridges. But he still remained the poker room manager quietly. I mean, not just quietly. He was listed on the webpage as the poker room manager and was all the way through 2014, the middle of 2014, pretty much you know, right before Locke went down. So rather than resign, rather than tell everyone what he knew about Jennifer Larson, the CEO, and all the other shadiness going on there, he just hid from everyone. And I mentioned this occasionally, and I I would call him out, and I would tweet to him every once in a while, knowing that 
he wasn't actively using Twitter anymore. I didn't know if he was receiving them or not, but since he was hiding and he wasn't responding to anyone, I'm not saying that he should have gotten away with what he did and what he was part of, but I wasn't actively trying to bother the guy. I thought, well, at least he's left. At least he's slinked away in shame for what he did. But like many disgraced people, after enough time passed, he was looking to make a comeback. So he just quietly returned to Twitter, first on August 8th. This is over two years since his last tweet. Saying, I'm playing fantasy sports on tradesports.com, and he had some kind of referral link. Okay, fine, whatever. He's just, he's just trying to market his referral link to tradesports.com. Who gives a crap? I didn't even notice. Then he started blogging on August 28th. The blog was, I almost killed someone today. I assume it must have been about uh, driving or something. I didn't read it. But at least it didn't seem like that was about poker. If it was, I, I didn't click on it. I didn't think it was about poker. But what really got my goat was August 31st. That he's now giving secrets to becoming a world-class player, supposedly, on his blog. Why does that bother me? Because I don't want him returning to poker like nothing happened. If he wants to play poker, fine. If he wants to go sit at a poker table and play, if he wants to enter tournaments, fine. But he should not become any person in poker that is respected or is working for any poker site. The poker world must remember what Eric Risen Lynch did and what everybody who promoted and profited from lock poker at the expense of the poker-playing public did. Everybody has to remember that and hold them accountable. And these people should not be getting jobs in poker. They should not be public figures in poker. They should not be writing blogs about poker. If they want to quietly play, fine. But if they're going to try to become a respected figure in poker again or hold some kind of legitimate position in poker, they need to be called out for what they did. So I saw this as the beginning of the process. If, if his entire return to poker was just writing dumb blogs, I wouldn't really care that much. But this is the beginning. This is like easing himself back in. First, it's the tweets with uh, fantasy sports. Then it's the, uh, the blogs. Then it's going to start being, uh, he's promoting this in poker. He's promoting that in poker. He's, he's managing some online poker room. He's uh, consulting with some online poker room. I, I don't even know. I don't know what his plans are, but definitely he's trying to make a comeback after two years in hiding. I guess he feels it's safe to come out now. Well, I got... emails from him. I got emails from him in February of 2015. Why February? What was magical about February 2015? I was just saying he was in hiding during that time, so why would I have gotten emails from him during that time? Well, you may remember, as discussed on this show, an individual known as Hip Ain't Cheap, a former lock player who got cheated, did some great work researching information on lock poker and all of its principles. And he posted a lot of personal info about Jennifer Larson, about her 
lesbian lover Olga, who is apparently involved with lock poker, um, about various other people who were involved in lock, either owning it or managing it. And Hip Aid Cheap was saying that he's putting together a criminal case against those who participated materially in the lock poker scam. So this shook the tree where they were all hiding in. And a few of them crawled out because they were scared. Because they were scared that tree tree was about to be chopped down. And they wanted to make it look like that they were cooperative. So Shane Bridges tried that. Shane even tried to talk to me. And then when I wasn't buying his BS, then he ended the conversation. This is again in February, right after this information was publicly exposed. So Shane came out. And disappeared again. But so did Eric Lynch. But he didn't come out as publicly as Shane did. Eric Lynch, a.k.a. Risen, chose to communicate with one person. And that was me. He emailed me out of nowhere. Ten days after Hip Ain't Cheap uncovered the info. Hip Ain't Cheap uncovered the info on February 10th. On February 20th, I got an email, unsolicited, from Eric Risen Lynch. He said he wanted to talk to me, but only if I kept our conversation private. Now, this became tough because I don't like to break my word. Even to scammers, I really don't like to break my word because if I break my word, then nobody is going to trust me. And I do want scammers or people who participated in scams to feel comfortable to come to me if they want to tell their story or if they want to implicate a bigger fish in the whole scam. But at the same time, they may be giving me information that the public should know. So it's not really fair that they can scam everyone or participate in scamming everyone. And then they tell me about it and I can't tell the public they got scammed. It's not really fair. Like, is it really that bad if I break a promise to a scammer? So the way I see it and the way I deal with things like this is if you come to me and deal with me on the level and keep communications open, then I will cooperate with you. Now, if anyone's in kind of like danger from being further scammed or there's urgent information that must be known, no, then I can't keep it quiet. But if you're going to come to me and say, look, I can't tell you this unless you keep it private, and then the person gives me a lot of good info, I'm not going to out them. But at the same time, if they dump a lot of BS on me that tries to exonerate themselves don't really tell me all that much that's useful and then disappear and stop responding to me, yeah, then I probably am going to post the correspondence because that's that's just self-serving. So that's what happened with Eric Lynch. I, I determined it was self-serving. What do I mean by self-serving? Well, he knew that I was one of the loud forces bashing Locke for years. He knew that I was always calling them out for shady things they did long before they stopped paying people. And he knew that I was in contact with Hip Ain't Cheap and other people who may be doing the investigation. And in investigations like this, you know, it's not like on TV where uh, some super investigator gets a case and does all the work himself and busts the criminal. Uh, In these types of things, unless someone in law enforcement really, really takes an interest in it, you've got to do a lot of the legwork yourself as a private citizen who's interested, and then pretty much put the whole case together and then hand it over to law enforcement 
in a clear and concise manner so they can do something with it. That's, that's usually how it goes in a matter like this where they wouldn't have all that much natural interest. So he probably thought that uh, I could help shape the way he was portrayed in this if I could uh, get the message across. Now, he didn't ask me to, p- to pass any messages to anyone, but yeah, obviously if he thought I was involved in this process – then it was important for me to think this of him. Also, if he's trying to make a return to poker and be seen as a respectable human being, then also my belief that he was mostly innocent is important. Because if I were to come out and say, hey, guess what? Risen wasn't all that bad. He was actually tricked. He was actually a victim too. And I I laid out reasons that looked something believable. Then there'd be a lot of people who would say, okay, well, Todd's always been real hard on everyone associated with Locke, so if he says that Risen's innocent, he's probably innocent, and it would influence a lot of people. There's there's some areas where I have little to no influence in poker, but I think on the Locke matter, I probably have a lot of influence if I were to say that someone was actually innocent, who was before presumed guilty, because I've been one of the main people who's been following this and reporting on it. So he came to me for selfish reasons, but that by itself is not terrible if he was going to be useful, such as if he led us directly to Jennifer and gave us uh, lots of good information that we could use against her and, uh, and maybe even get her prosecuted or maybe at least you know, find where she is right at this moment and find other business interests of hers that we could get in the way of and stuff like that. But no, we got very little of that. And mostly a bunch of excuse-making. The most shocking thing from his emails to me, and what got me the angriest of everything I read that he wrote me, was that he still feels loyalty to Jennifer Larson. This was as of February 2015, after Locke had already gone down. He still feels loyalty to Jennifer Larson because she was there for him during his divorce. (laughs) Can you believe this? <laughs> Jennifer Larson stole 10 to 15 million dollars from lock poker players and he feels loyal to her because she was there for him during his divorce. Isn't that freaking sweet? He actually wrote that to me. So I asked him a number of questions regarding lock poker. Here are the questions I asked him. I thought these were good questions. I put some thought into it. This was on February 22nd, 2015. Number one, how were you paid on Lock Poker? You meaning, you know, Risen. How how did they pay you as an employee? Did they pay you in Lock Money or in cash? And then if it was Lock Money, were you given any form of priority cash outs on there when others' cash outs were becoming slow or not processing at all? And when the cash outs were very slow or non-existent, were you paid in any form of non-lock money, such as bank wires? So, you know, I'll just go to his, uh, his answers rather than read you all the questions and then go back and say them again. So this is what he said. He was paid primarily in lock money. He says, I was paid via PayPal three times total, once back around 2010, 2011, and twice as recently as 2014. Keep in mind the entire year of 2013, they didn't pay anyone. For some reason, that was cool with him. He gets, he gets money paid to him on PayPal in 2014 when nobody got anything in 2013. Amazing. 
He has no, no problem morally with that one. The early one, referring to the 2010, was for 2,500, and the latter two were 5,000 and 4,000 respectively. So that means he got 9,000 bucks in 2014. That's disgusting. And that's if he's telling the truth. Could have been more. Everything else was in lock money. She offered to set up a bank account for me in Andorra, like Shane and I believe had some, uh, believe some of the others, uh, although as far as I know, there weren't any pros set up this way, but for all I know, there were. were. I said no at the time, mainly because it seemed unnecessary when cash outs were six to eight weeks, and it seemed like a lot of work. When I asked later, she said she was no longer using that bank, and she hadn't been using her new one long enough to feel comfortable asking them to set up an account for me. So he's already basically setting up that he didn't get that much out of this. I'm surprised he told me he got paid in 2014. Wow. Uh, regarding being paid in any form of non-lock money, the PayPal, he says uh, two payments via PayPal, totaling 9K. But that's not true. He just said three payments. So I don't know what he's saying. Uh, and then uh, regarding the priority cash outs, he says uh, cash outs were pretty much always very slow compared to other sites pre-Black Friday, although there was a time post-Black Friday and pre-2013 where they were as fast as any other U.S.-facing room except uh, Bodong Bovada. Uh, let's see. What is the part about priority cash-outs? Um, I guess he didn't answer that. I thought, I thought he answered about it, but he, he kind of just danced around it. I won't read all this crap. But uh, referring to what... Uh, so so this, is the, this is the part that... Uh, the next question. Got a little confused for a second. I asked him, you promoted Lock Poker on your Twitter as late as July 28th, 2013. Surely you were aware of the massive payout problems by that point, because it had been going on for the entire year of 2013. As an intelligent man who has been around the online poker community for many years, how did you feel comfortable doing this? He said, at the time I was beta testing and working with the Partouche poker team in France... Uh, payouts have been slowing down quite a bit for some time, but we were all being fed network versus lock stuff you've heard others talk about, and I won't rehash it again. Uh, but we were being told that all the money was there, but Cake, for some reason, wasn't giving it to lock for some reason or another. Jennifer was telling me that lock just needed to get this new software in good enough shape to leave Cake and have a new poker room for lock, and then payouts would approve. The logic behind it was supposedly Locke turned from the biggest winner on the network when Locke first joined to the biggest loser. This seemed odd to me, but I was told that it was because Locke's marketing efforts, they were, not, they were attracting fish, so the other rooms on the network owed Locke money at the end of the month, and Cake was finding reasons not to release those funds. Now, if someone, an eagle-eyed person who read this when I posted it, said, wait a minute, it should be reversed. If, if the Locke players are all fish and they're losing money, to the other skins on the network, then it should be Lock that owes the network money. Because basically, they deposit to Lock, Jennifer takes the money, and if these people lose the money to another skin, then Jennifer has to pay the other skin so they can pay the players who won the money. So that, that's actually really what happened, by the way. A lot of these other skins on the network got screwed by Lock. It wasn't just players, but other poker rooms got screwed by Lock. So, so his excuse here doesn't even make any sense. He says, around the time the Jira thing happened, that was when... Uh, Jose uh, Jira Macedo was caught uh, cheating in one of their contests in 2012, uh, is when Jennifer and I's relationship started deteriorating a bit. And this is probably one of the bigger issues I had personally and basically when I started having doubts about continuing with the company at all. But th- this is early 2012, so he, he continued for quite some time. 
So I, I'm not going to read the rest of this answer because it's long-winded. But uh, I asked him, number three, why did you step away from active work at Lock Pokers? Remember, he stayed there, but uh, he stopped actively answering people's questions on forums and all that. So I was asking why he stepped away. He said, for several reasons. In the summer of 2013, I had put all my efforts into the new software uh, and creating the tournament schedule, sit-and-go structures, etc., and entering in a lot of the cash game rake structures so they were ready to go. I expected to see a significant improvement once the new site was launched, and when I didn't, just lost any sort of passion I had for working on it. My wife and I were expecting, and my life just focused on other things. I never officially quit or even told Jennifer I wasn't going to do anything. I just sort of stopped doing things. I would answer questions Jennifer or Shane would have on how things were set up or implemented, and up to up to as late as spring or summer 2014, I, I was on some of Locke's, Locke's Skype status meetings just to find out what was going on. At that point, and those occasional email were all the only contact I had with Jennifer. Now, here's the problem. Basically, he's saying after the new software didn't make things improve in the summer of 2013 that uh, he just kind of lost the passion for the project. Okay. Losing passion for a project happens when it's a new project. When people don't have money that they're expecting from the project. When the project hasn't existed for years and cheated people. Losing passion for a project, let me give an example. Uh, Let's say I got a radio co-host here. And we had great fun doing these shows for four months. And then he goes, ah, I don't really enjoy this anymore. I don't want to do radio anymore. He loses passion for it. I'll tell you who lost passion for this project for a while was Brandon. Brandon was really enjoying this site and this show. And then the Jacep scandal happened where people got cheated and Jacep turned out to be a scammer. And some people blame Brandon for it, which wasn't right because it wasn't his fault at all. But uh, Brandon lost passion for the project at that point, and he stepped away, which he had every right to do because he was here voluntarily. He wasn't getting paid. He didn't owe any, anyone any money. He didn't owe anyone anything. So there it is fine to lose passion for a project and go away. But here, Eric lost passion for continuing to actively work with Locke, but he still stayed on. He was still part of Skype meetings about the project he apparently didn't bring up during these meetings hey guys uh why haven't you paid anyone in over a year why why are we even having this meeting here if you guys have not paid anyone what possible reason could you have for paying zero people where'd all the money go like those are not questions he was asking in the meantime he's getting paypals for nine thousand dollars by his own admission in 2014 over a year after the last person was paid So he can say he lost passion, but what he should have had is intense passion for getting people paid. And if they wouldn't pay anyone for doing all he can to bring the perpetrators to justice. Not just hiding as a background employee who doesn't really do much, but still collects a paycheck. I asked him, if you stepped away because you no longer trusted Locke, why did you allow your name to still be listed as Locke Poker Manager, and why did you continue to promote Locke at that point? 
He said, sometime around the Portugal trip and when the pro pages went down, I asked to have my name removed from everything on the site. I didn't quit and I was still actively consulting for Locke. Why? But I didn't want my name on the site anywhere. As far as I know, I was no longer listed on the site anywhere as of then. I know they sent out several emails that had my name on them, but I didn't see those nor approve of them before they went out, which I'm not sure I believe. Jennifer and I had a pretty big fight over that, especially when, when the Recollect one went out. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, I was told that it was an email templating issue and has since been resolved, and I haven't seen my name in any subsequent emails. I could have come out and said something at that time, and I definitely considered it, but when I said said something, I just mean that I didn't write that email. So they sent an email out in his name, and he didn't even, he didn't even come forward and say, hey, that wasn't me. I definitely wasn't trying to promote anything at that point, although obviously I wasn't actively discouraging people from signing up either. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you're still the poker room manager. People still trust you. People are still signing up. And you speaking up about what's going on at Locke would be very helpful. That would dissuade a lot of people from depositing on there. He just doesn't get it. Well, he gets it. He just wants to pretend he doesn't get it. Number four. What information can you provide regarding Jennifer, Olga, Brendan, Jamie, or anyone else relevant to the operation or association with Lock Poker? He says, I don't know Jamie at all. I've never met him. Uh, assuming that I don't get locked, pun not intended. Oh, boy. <laughs> Out of my Lock Poker account and lose VPN access. I have years worth of old emails. I have an address for Jennifer, but it's from long enough ago, I doubt it's still valid. I have exchanged some private emails with Olga back around the time of the France trip, coordinating everything, but I'm not sure if they contain anything useful or not. Brendan and I have had virtually nothing on, although I think you guys are probably going down the wrong path thinking he's in London. It's certainly possible that he's there, but the entire time I've been with Locke, he's been either with Jennifer or in Vancouver. The rest of this isn't really important. You can read all this on Poker Fraud Alert, by the way. I'm just skipping around here because it's not all good to be read on radio. Number five, what do you know about Locke's complicity with the Jira situation? Were they aware Jira had cheated when first planning to award him the prize? If not, how did you as poker manager have such a poor oversight of the highly obvious situation? For those of you that don't remember, they had a contest for whoever wins the most money on Locke in the month of April of uh, 2012 would win a uh, they'd win a free main event seat through Bluff Magazine and what happened was one of their pros whose name was Jose Macedo Jira uh, he was actually down money I think for the month and on the final day of the month he played an unknown account that dumped 100K to him heads up and slightly put him ahead of the actual biggest winner on there. So Jira, quote, won the contest. It was the most obvious chip dump in the history of chip dumps, and somehow Locke did not disqualify him and crowned him the winner. So I was really pressing this story at the time when it broke. And this is what he has to say. So I was asking him basically... You were the poker room manager at the time. Uh, how could you not have seen this? 
you you obviously know poker very well. How could you, as the poker room manager, not have seen this super obvious chip dump? This this wasn't the chip dump that you have to really watch carefully to see it's a chip dump. Like this is a guy who's trying to win a contest for the most money won in the month of April, and on April thirtieth, an unknown account just dumps him a hundred k at limits he never plays. Like like an idiot could figure out that's a chip dump for purpose of winning the contest. So how could Eric Lynch have missed this? And this is what I mean by. Eric Lynch, was, he, he was part of the corruption. There's no way he could have not known this. So he says, I can't speak to what Jennifer knew and when, although I believe at least some has validity because Jennifer consulted me on how to handle the situation shortly after she found out. It was all on Skype, but it was via voice, so I don't have any logs or anything like that. Yeah, very convenient. I realize that a lot of what I'm about to say probably looks like I'm trying to paint myself in a positive light, but that's not the case. That's <laughs> sure. I don't believe that Jennifer was aware Jira had cheated when first planning to award him the prize. Jennifer's a very intelligent person and knows a lot of stuff when it comes to gaming, but understanding of how poker players think and how a lot of the game works, she's not super knowledgeable on. It's possible she's really good at playing dumb about it, but I don't think she knew. When she contacted me about it via Skype, she told me the network had discovered he was cheating and Locke needed to decide what to do about it. She told me that the network had offered to keep quiet about it if Locke wanted them to, and seemed, she seemed unsure how to handle it. I asked her in more detail as to what happened, and she gave me some story about his roommate playing on his account that he'd apparently told her. Once I found out that it looked like chip dumping, uh, I explained to her how easy it was to identify this behavior and roommate or not he had to be disqualified. I actually recommended she terminate his contract immediately and award the prize to second place. At the time, we got off our voice conversation, and she said she'd actually agreed to do this. During the entire conversation, I never got the impression she wanted to cover anything up, but it was obvious she must have had a lot invested in GRS. She seemed really reluctant when I, should, when I said she should terminate him. See, this is a problem. Um, he's the poker room manager. They had a very high-profile contest. Jira wins. I mean, he should have seen this in a second. This, this is something any competent poker manager would check on. How did Jira win it? Where did he win it? How come he wasn't on the leaderboard for the last day? I believe they had this conversation. And I even maybe believe that he was insisting that he be disqualified. But the fact that they were trying to cover it up, the fact that originally he was presented as the winner, these should have been huge red flags to him. Hey, I'm not working for an honest company. Screw this, I'm out of here. Even if he doesn't publicly say so, at least back out at that point. But he's trying to make it look like that he was the one he was the one voice of reason trying to make them do the right thing. Now just in case you're giving him credit and think he might have been. Here's the next question. And this is something I personally dealt with him at the time. What was Locke's strategy regarding the casino bonus scandal? This was dragged out for about a year and nobody was ever made whole. What was Locke communicating to you about it, and how did you find it ethical to breach the agreements Locke had with its players? Basically, Locke offered a lot of extra secret rake back to people if you signed up with them instead of other skins on Merge. And you would they would do this through a casino account where you could immediately convert the casino money to poker money. It was like a backdoor way to get rake back you weren't supposed to get according to network rules. But nevertheless, they promised this. That, that was between Locke and the network. But they promised this to the players who signed up with them, and then they screwed them. And when the network caught them, uh, you know, they made all these excuses, and, they, and they, they made it to where 
the, the casino had rollover requirements where it's just about impossible to ever get the money off, even before they had cash-out problems. So I went round and round and round with Eric on 2 Plus 2 back when I could post there about this situation, and he would not give a freaking direct answer. He would never answer this directly. He would he'd be polite. He'd act nice. He'd act cordial, but he would never directly answer why Locke was not meeting what they promised to the players. And I'm thinking, hmm, I thought better of this guy. I, I thought this was a good guy here, but, but he's just making excuses for why they can cheat people. And I, I gave all these different ideas how they could uh, make whole the affected parties. For example, I said, okay, if, if, even if Merge is not allowing you to give this back secret rake back to people now that you've been caught, Merge is not going to stop Locke from sponsoring these players. So say, okay, I'm not going to give this to your account, but okay, but contact each of these players individually and say, sorry for all the trouble you went through. Uh, here's a main event seat next year. Here's, here's a seat to a $2,000 buy-in uh, World Series event, whatever. They could have made them whole that way, and Merge would not have gotten in the way of that. But they didn't do it because they, Merge did not want to make anyone whole. They, they wanted to just blame the network and be done with it. And, and, and Eric actively helped them do it because I was in discussions with him on 2 Plus 2 publicly for like months and months and months, and he never would answer anything directly. He danced around questions. He never made anything right. All he did was make excuses over and over and over and say, we're working on it, we're working on it. Never gave a date, and it was never resolved. That was when I really, really lost respect for the guy. That's why I also can't believe that he was the innocent party in the Jira thing. He says, as far as players not being reimbursed, I was told if Locke tried to do anything publicly to award them, Locke would get kicked off the network and that she was rearranging for them to be reimbursed privately. I obviously dropped the ball on following up to make sure this happened, and there really isn't any valid excuse for it. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't follow up because you didn't want to follow up. I I saw by your responses to me on 2 Plus 2, you wanted this just to go away. You wanted everyone to just take it up the butt and walk away. I asked him, at what point did you decide that Locke was a complete scam? What made you come to that conclusion? He says, to be honest, I never thought it was a complete scam. I actually thought the company was run well before Black Friday, and I think Jennifer's original intention was to operate and run a legitimate poker site. Uh, I expressed some concerns over how quickly Locke was expanding. Jennifer would always talk pre-Black Friday about how one day Locke was going to take over the world and aspire to compete with sites like PokerStars and also overtake them. I think that once Locke started experiencing explosive growth post-Black Friday that she got way ahead of things thinking this was it and that Locke was going to be huge and rich overnight, she felt it was necessary to spend to encourage all the people relocating post-Black Friday to come to Locke instead of other sites. The first problem Locke encountered that I was told was that the DOJ started seizing Locke's funds and batches that were going out. Basically, the way it was explained to me was that the processors Locke was using were up were opening many small accounts and would send X amount of checks from that account. If the DOJ found out about an account, they'd seize it, which sometimes caused checks to bounce from that batch. Also, supposedly, people from the DOJ had accounts on lock, so if a batch would have a seizure, lock would have would lock every account in that batch from withdrawing again until they contacted lock and lock investigated the account. This this all sounds reasonable, but it's not true. Why? Because this didn't happen to any other network. It didn't happen to Merge. It didn't happen to Bovada. Only to lock. Somehow, somehow, lock had all these government agents there who were getting cash-outs 
and then they were finding processors that way, and they were getting all the processors busted, and somehow Bovada and Merge, at the time at least, were immune to this. How is that? How is that? It's because it's an excuse. They they may have taken something that happened once or twice and made it seem like a chronic problem that uh, they caused cash-out issues. Uh, he says at the end, short answer your qu- to your question, I have no idea how much money was being used to pay for lavish lifestyles or personal things and how much was just blown making poor business decisions trying to capitalize on Black Friday. It was post-Portugal. That's when they had their expensive retreat when they weren't paying anybody. When I felt like the plane was in a nosedive and Locke was either going to be pulling up sharply soon or headed straight into the ground. Yeah, except you didn't get off that plane. It's a good analogy there. <laughs> the plane's in a nosedive, but I'm going to stay on this plane even though I could jump off any time. If you were on a plane in a nosedive and you had a way to just, like snap your fingers and be off that plane, I, I think every single one of you would do that. For some reason, Eric Lynch did not. Here's one more thing I want to read you. He said, as far as my motivation for this, that is the email to me, if Shane hadn't said anything, I probably wouldn't be talking with you. That's probably true. But it's become painfully obvious that Jennifer's big investors won't come through. So there's very little chance that everyone, including myself, I'm not going to sound completely altruistic here, will be made whole. I guess my hope is by sharing that no one else will deposit and lose anything. I suppose you could argue... I could attempt to accomplish the same thing by just publicly coming out with all this, but that's something I'm not prepared to do yet. I know you probably don't care, nor do you think it's a good reason, but it's still very difficult for me to turn my back on Jennifer. What? 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 It's still very difficult to turn my back on Jennifer. This is after she stole $15 million from the poker world that trusted you, Eric to manage their poker room properly, to manage their poker room fairly and ethically and not steal from them, you don't want to turn your back on Jennifer after she stole all the money. He says, I suppose I'm doing it now in a way and I'm risking it by talking in general, but she was one of the few people that was there for me during my divorce. (laughs) That's a great reason. Hold on, I, I got to put on the bright music here. There we go. I wish you'd been more responsible with the funds. There's a reason. There's a reason so many people were fiercely loyal to her for so long. Most of us didn't get a lot of money out of it. But she had a way of making you feel like you were part of a family and something bigger. During some of the most difficult periods in my life, she never turned down a phone call or told me she didn't have time to talk. And many times it was my personal life and nothing to do with lock poker. Nothing. Oh, nothing. (laughs) I'm not excusing anyone. I I feel terrible for anyone who has significant money stuck there, but I really wanted to believe she'd be able to pull out of this and make everyone whole and that no one lost out and that I didn't have to turn my back on someone who never turned their back on me during some of the most difficult times of my life 
got to be kidding me I, I read that i couldn't believe what i read i i could not believe what i read when i saw that he doesn't want to turn his back on her but she's never turned his back on him oh really all those lies that she supposedly told you for years while she was stealing all the money and you told everyone to deposit there and risk your good name while doing so is not turning her back on you oh i forgot she was supportive during your divorce she was she was patting you on the back it's okay, Eric. It's okay. You'll find another woman. You're a great catch, Eric. You're a great guy. You're going to get through this. You're going to get through this, my man. Jeez. That just pissed me off reading that. That's like the ultimate in selfishness. Yeah, she stole $15 million from the people of poker while I was the manager there. But she was here for me during my divorce, so therefore I can't really turn my back on her. This isn't his sister he's talking about or his wife or his mom or a lifelong friend. This is a business associate who lied to everyone, supposedly including him, and cheated everyone, and he can't turn his back on her. Unbelievable. Someone in chat said they would pay money to have seen my face during that crying segment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when I read that, I I was so pissed off and I was so just outraged about this that um, I was so pissed that I broke, I broke, I I seriously hurt my ankle. (laughs) I really did. Hours after I got that email on February 22nd or 23rd or whatever it was. What was it? February 23rd. Hours after I got that email, I went out on a little hike with Benjamin. And at the very end of the hike, the very last hill I was going down, I tripped and I fell and I twisted my ankle and I hurt it pretty damn badly. I've never talked about that out here, but uh, it was in pain. Uh, It stayed in pain. It did not get better. Uh, Throughout the entire World Series, it was hurting me a lot. Months later, it's it's something that has dogged me through most of 2015. Been to doctors, I've had MRIs. It's finally improving, finally now. But uh, reason I'm talking about my ankle. Well, here you can you can feel sorry for me here too. My ankle just wouldn't get better. I I just I just wanted to walk normally again without without it hurting. How can I go on a hike with my son again if, if my ankle's going to feel like this and never get better? Why me? I was trying to make lock poker. People get in trouble and then this happens to me. Okay, okay. So, now the reason... Uh, I forgot about Trader Ski again. Trader Ski, hello. Hey, Drop, how you doing? Hi. <laughs> so, so... Get- Oh, I'm sorry. Get some acupuncture for that ankle. That's oh. what I was going to tell you. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. But I do have a comment about the uh, topic you were just speaking about. 
you know, I think he could have also meant um, that she was supportive. Maybe she, like, helped him hide financials or claim losses. Ah. That, maybe you know, maybe, that, maybe you're right. He would not want to say anything because <laughs> she might have something really against him. So, didn't, didn't you say you were divorced on a prior show? I guess I was. Yeah, yeah. See, that's see. You have to know. See, I've never been divorced, so I don't. I don't. My mind never goes there because I've never had to divide assets or anything. But I can tell you, if I ever did, it would be a freaking nightmare. I would. I would detest it. I. I would hate it. I mean, I, I have to tell you that this actually, uh, and, and this is nothing against uh, my current girlfriend, who uh, I, I really have talked about getting married to. We just haven't done it. But um, this is why, in the past, I was very, very cautious with getting married, despite having various long-term girlfriends who totally would have like snap done it if I said I wanted to and some that in fact bugged me about it and I I just kept stalling it and it wasn't for like a fear of commitment I was just uh, you know I, I was so afraid of the Jew gold there being taken from me in a divorce especially one that's not even my fault because of a no-fault divorce date so like I, I I've never had to think in those terms though and I, I think you're right I think uh I mean, you may be right. It's a good point that maybe Jennifer's like, ah, well, if there's something I'm good at, it's uh, hiding money and acting shady. So let me show you how to prevent your wife from getting very much of your money. Yeah, I mean, she could have given him lost sheets. He could have been making a bunch of money other than the 9K that he didn't claim. Yeah. yeah that, that could also be why she didn't send him very much money. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, you're right. This is very much could be that she has... Info on him. I, I always thought uh, to make a small tangent here. Um, when Mark Safe separated for, from Absolute Poker, they, he signed a document that essentially said, we're not going to talk about each other. And I believe that's because they both knew that each other had done something shady. And, well, obviously Absolute Poker did plenty of shady stuff, but I, I think they had stuff on Mark too. So I, I think that's like, Okay, we're separating, but but here's us promising each other we're not going to screw each other over. So it may have been kind of like this with with Eric and Jennifer. I could definitely see that. Interesting. What, what's in the background? Is that a fan or a car? I'm hearing. No, that. well, I'm driving. I'm driving to Vegas. Oh wow! It's been, it's been a little crazy. There's been like thunder. I mean, uh, lightning storms. I heard it's about been, that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was nuts a few minutes ago. It was pouring. But, wow. Uh, we I saw just tons of lightning. It was crazy. I, I heard there were flash floods in the area. I, I heard, yeah. like, uh, I was listening to a San Bernardino station earlier today, and there was actually an emergency broadcast at about 4.45 p.m. about that. Yeah, well, they had that cut off from the 18 to Palmdale Highway. You couldn't make a left there, so I had to kind of go straight on 18 and then cut over on Phelan Road. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, so definitely. And then one spot we went through, and this is some rain, so I'm going to mute in a second. It was just... Wow. That's, it was, I hear it. <laughs> yeah, but I'll go back on mute. Yeah, well, that's dedication here. He's not only uh, calling in to co-host the show with me, but he's doing it while driving and... While thunderstorms are coming down so hard, they were actually hearing the rain pounding on this car. I, I once, by the way, had a hailstorm pound me. The, the worst I've ever had was I was driving to Phoenix from L.A., and a really bad hailstorm came and was just pounding the car. Now, fortunately, it was a rental car, but uh, 
it was just pounding the car, and I actually had to pull over while these just gigantic hail balls were banging on the car, and I, I thought they might bust through the windshield and uh, start hitting me. Fortunately, they did. Where was that? This was somewhere between L.A. and Phoenix in, oh, wow. in like, April of some year, some years ago. Uh, I, I also once had uh, a really, really terrible drive in Hawaii, of all places, in uh, in the year 1999. The first time I went to Hawaii, there was a storm that was so awful when I was driving on Oahu. I, I probably should have pulled over, but like the car was hydroplaning everywhere, and it was just it was super flooded. And every time a truck would go by, it would just uh, like splash like a wave over the car where I couldn't see anything. It, it was awful. So I, I probably should. In fact, I did eventually pull over. I eventually pulled over, and uh, me and the girl I was with at the time went to a movie. But I should have pulled over earlier than I did. So those are probably my two worst driving conditions. But I, I give you credit for uh, hosting this, co-hosting this show under these circumstances. So okay, well, you got it. Yeah, and I did want to comment on that. You know, and I did. You know, I thought too. Like I was thinking about that bra- bracket software. And maybe it's like, who's the biggest scumbag in poker bracket? Because <laughs> just as I hear the news stories, like, oh, that guy's the worst. Oh, that girl's the worst. You know, and I think there's some, certainly some interesting. Who would you say is is the worst one, or maybe top five? Well, I, I, Russ Hamilton is probably the worst of all of them. Yeah, well, the thing with Russ Hamilton, though, is everybody knew he was a scumbag beforehand. Well, yeah, he wasn't the most surprising, yeah. but he, he may have been the the worst as far as just the actions, though. Um, because his were just like direct, pure stealing where there was, there was no, the other ones like Howard Lederer and Ray Batard, they, they stole while convincing themselves that they weren't really stealing. They were just borrowing, which, which is also terrible, but, but not as bad as, yeah, I'm just going to steal from everyone. I'm just going to directly steal. I'm not ever going to pay it back. I'm not, I'm not doing this so I can, uh, stall my company crashing down. I'm I'm just going to directly steal from everyone. (laughs) That's why I think he was the worst, but, uh. Yeah, but then you could even say, like, Joe Seabock had built such a great, honest reputation with Poker Road and everything. And then for him to do that, it's like... Oh, yeah, he was you know. yeah, he was a big scumbag, too. I mean, there, there, for sure there's a lot of people that belong there. I just think of the worst of the worst was probably Russ Hamilton, but there's a lot of people yeah, who well, are up there. Yeah, I mean, and the guy that owned the software company up in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, Greg Pearson. Name, yeah, he, I know yeah, he, doesn't right. get, he doesn't get enough credit, I know. He, he's, yeah, he's, he's high up so, there, too. So I thought, like, the bracket thing could be, like, to celebrate the poker fraud alert second second anniversary or something. You know, second anniversary. PR the, or, you know, whatever it is. The, the um, how, many, how many years has it been? You know, now? we've actually been here for three and a half years, would you believe? Wow. In fact, uh, Donkdown, which is a site that I used to be part of and am not anymore. In fact, really no one's part of it anymore. But Donkdown was actually up. When I say up, I mean up and being used where right now it's just sitting there and no one touches it. It was up and at least semi-active for less time than poker fraud alert has been. Poker fraud alert uh, has been the longest running of all these sites as far as how long they stayed active, except for never win poker. That's the only one of this kind of group of sites that was longer running and active than poker fraud alert. Wow. And how many years is never win poker? Uh, Neverwin Poker started out in May of 2004, and its forum closed on November of November of 2009. So it was uh, about five and a half years. 
Okay. So you're coming up on yeah, we that got, one. We got a way to go here. So, uh, but I appreciate you coming in here, and uh, yeah, I, I hope everything is okay. Oh no! What? Oh oh oh! Oh shit! Trader ski, you okay? Now that was behind me. I'm okay. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. So. What was I, I I was saying something else about Eric here. Uh, and uh, so oh yeah, about my ankle. So I didn't respond because this – I mean I only read you a, a percentage of that whole email. It's a very long email. I can see the whole thing in the scam scandals and shadiness section of Poker Fraud Alert, but it was very long. And I thought, oh, wow, I, I've got a – yeah, this is a long thing to respond to. So my ankle is killing me right now. I don't I don't have the patience for this. I'll do it later. But then my ankle didn't get better, and all I kept thinking about was my ankle, and I had forgotten that he had responded to me. Like, I just forgot about the whole thing. And within one day in May, I'm like, oh, crap. I I never responded to this. So I responded. Now, keep in mind, he's had the same email for years. So it's not like he changed emails or something. He just chose not to answer. So... This is what I wrote to him. I said, Eric, it's been nearly three months since you wrote this. I read your email at the time, and then some important things in my personal life on that same day distracted me from it. In fact, I had forgotten we were having this exchange, and I, I didn't feel like telling him about my ankle, but that's what I meant. I remembered it again a few weeks ago when Locke went down, and I had meant to revisit it and write back to you, so here I am again. Thank you for the de- detailed response. I do believe much of what you wrote, and I think that even some of your conjecture regarding Locke and Jennifer is likely true, or at least partially true. For example, I do believe that Jennifer did not start Locke as a scam. I believe she actually intended for it to be a legitimate and profitable business where everyone involved would make all kinds of big money while the players would get paid promptly. I believe she only stole the money when she needed to continue capital to operate. However, that does not excuse anything she did. It only changes Locke from a premeditated scam to a scam of opportunity. As far as I'm concerned, both are scams. I am afraid that your letter engaged in too much what I call seabocking. As I'm sure you recall, Joe Seabock joined the, quote, new UB after the superuser scandal and subsequent cover-up. Many questioned Joe at the time for doing this, pointing to a pile of evidence that UB had neither switched owners nor had been open and forthcoming with information regarding the scandal. Basically, he was still working for the same dirty, rotten people who stole from us in the first place. Joe's response to this and any other accusation leveled at UB was always some form of, I understand your point, but I've been told and shown the opposite, and I don't see any concrete proof of your accusation. The problem was that it was very hard to present Joe with 100% ironclad proof of what we were saying, but there was a mountain of circumstantial evidence and an even bigger mountain of contradictions and unanswered questions. Joe kept dancing around these, simply citing that we had no concrete proof and that we needed to give his bosses a chance to make everything right. And, of course, you know what eventually happened. That is, they went down and stole everyone's money. Now, your statements in the last email were a bit different than that. You acknowledged that Locke basically screwed everyone and that you made a mistake by staying. But so did Joe Seabock when you befolded. Joe's mistake prior to that was engaging in appalling willful, willful ignorance. Unfortunately, your ex- explanations of reasoning prior to that point, basically that you kept trusting Jennifer's convincing lies, are all too indicative of willful ignorance. I sensed much of this willful ignorance when we interacted on 2 Plus 2 regarding the casino bonus scandal. You were always polite and professional. Unlike Shane, you never allowed yourself to degrade into slinging insults or talking down to people. But you also danced around the meat of the issue for something like nine months. At the time, I thought to myself, Eric couldn't be this stupid. He's either directly lying to us or is bending over backwards to remain willfully ignorant. 
to the point where he believes anything Jennifer says and intentionally does not question it. The end of your email... Oh, sorry. Uh, I will give you the benefit of the doubt that you were not outright lying, and we're not going to bed every night believing you were assisting Jennifer in scamming people. However, I also believe that you intentionally put logic aside and mentally reached as far as you could to believe that Jennifer was telling the truth. You seem to have been in a years-long exercise of rationalization as believing Jennifer was personally beneficial to you as well as insulated yourself from having to issue a painful mea culpa to the community. The end of your email was most telling. You stated that you still, quote, didn't want to turn your back on Jennifer, which honestly was shocking to read. Jennifer is a con artist and a liar. She was, quote, there for you during your divorce and other hard times because it created a false bond, which she could and did exploit later. That's what con artists do. They don't scam people by being rude and abrasive. Most con artists are described as appearing to be nice, friendly, caring, and helpful. While it might be slightly understandable that you fell under her spell while Locke was struggling, but... uh, but still appeared to have some small potential for rebounding, there is no explanation for why you still believe Jennifer deserved your loyalty and respect when you wrote that email in February 2015. Simply put, she shamelessly used you and destroyed your reputation in the process. She blatantly lied to you the entire way. That should be 100% crystal clear now, as it should have been in February. How can you have even the one ounce of loyalty or sympathy for her at this point? Here are the facts, Eric. Jennifer stole $10 million or more from the poker community. She did so knowingly and without remorse or regret. Whether she did so in an attempt to keep her business afloat or if she stole for personal gain is immaterial. She still stole, and over a period of years. You were one of the people she used to give legitimacy to her operation, including long after the operation traveled down the road of illegitimacy. The bottom line is you saw a ton of red flags for a long time and chose to ignore them. You could have resigned and prevented further damage and theft, you could have publicly denounced Locke in 2013 and told everything you knew. You didn't. Instead, you, told, you, you chose not to tell anyone about the sinking ship and convinced yourself that everything would probably be turned out fine. By your own admission, because you didn't want to see your hard work up until that point go to waste. Very disappointing. Lives were ruined from this. Some had their, their entire bankrolls on Locke, and that money became worthless. You can't steal 10 to $15 million from a community without leaving an ocean of tears behind you. That should have trumped your loyalty to Jennifer or hopes that keeping quiet that uh, would possibly allow Locke to turn things around. I know you didn't go to bed every night. Or sorry, that's I. Yeah, okay. I know you didn't go to bed every night believing you were helping Jennifer steal. I know you were convinced yourself of the opposite and rationalized what you were doing was the right thing. Perhaps you believe that by coming forward, Locke would crash down and it would only be, and the only shot for people to get their money back was Locke to move forward and hopefully build back up through investors. But that's flawed logic. Even if that had the potential of working, which it really didn't, that's robbing Peter to pay Paul. So what am I hoping for here? Obviously, you can't go back to the past and change your actions or reverse what occurred at Locke. You can, however, come forward publicly, tell the truth about everything, and assist all you can in the effort to bring Jennifer to justice. That's the path I hope you ultimately take, and I hope that choice occurs soon. That's what I wrote to him. He never responded. No response. And he got it. He got it. It's his only email. No response. So now he's trying to return to poker, and I I want everyone to see. I want everyone to see that even after everything that happened, he's still loyal to Jennifer. So I published those emails. Haley Hintz wrote an article about me publishing those emails. So hopefully now these are going to follow him around forever. Hopefully his actions will follow him around forever. He deserves it. He could have 
divorced himself from all this a long time ago. Instead, the only thing he divorced was his wife. And shortly after, they had a kid, too. He mentioned this pregnancy in 2013, and then a divorce shortly afterwards where Jennifer was there for him. So wonder what that was about. I wonder what that was about. I can tell you that most women, the last thing they want to do is leave a guy that is the father of their very young child, especially a baby. Especially a baby, because they they need all the help they can get when they have a baby. Uh, when when you just have a child with someone, you want to stay together. Now, when when the kids start to get older, that's a different story. It's always harder to get a divorce when there's kids involved. But you know, if the kids are twelve, fourteen, you say, okay, it's, you know, it's not that many years till the kids are going to be out of the house anyway. But. You're just starting out having a baby and you get a divorce. That's it. The relationship is probably pretty bad. So I'm not going to guess what caused the divorce, but I have to wonder if it's uh, related to this or more of a symptom of Eric's character that he may have done something to bring on the divorce. But I don't know. I mean, it, it could just be the relationship fell apart. Even it could be that his wife cheated on him or something. I don't know. But uh, a lot happened at the same time. All right. Team MLK telling me to snap this off clean. I'm ranting. He wants to save the show. See, money scene. Team MLK is the best poster on the site. We'll need to do a 1K free roll in his honor here soon. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know if uh, C-Money is telling the truth here, but uh, if he really was going to have a 1K free roll here, that would be really, really generous. But uh, no expectations here. And yes, if you want the 1K free roll to be in honor of Team MLK, even though I think he deserves no honor, uh, I, I will hold the free roll in his honor if that's what you want. I'll do anything for anyone who wants to donate money to this site. See, seriously, serious saying Team MLK for permanent co-host. You, you have to watch out. You may get what you're wishing for. Seriously, serious is usually like the first to complain when we have an annoying co-host or guest. He usually mentions in the chat, oh, I can't stand this. I'm turning this off. Like he didn't like the bad guy segments. So I don't know. Seriously, you may be sorry you asked for that. Jay Searle saying that Garrett already got a 1K free roll. That's that's kind of true. Garrett got to play. A thousand dollar buy-in event at the World Series on C Money's dime. That is true. I haven't seen Garrett recently. Where'd he go? Garrett even co-hosted the show once. <laughs> Someone in the chat saying, "I need to pay Team MLK to be my co-host." Okay. My response. <laughs> Sure, Team MLK would like it. I, I don't think he has all that much money. I think Team MLK is. Uh, I think he's struggling. I think his uh, his bankroll is uh, hitting the skids. Even though he likes to say that about me, he likes to say that I'm broke. But uh, I I think Team MLK is one of these people that can't really afford to leave his immediate area very often. He's probably living from hand to mouth. That's just my read. No no information on this, but that's just my read. 
All right. Uh, let's move on in honor of what uh, Team ML Gay wants. The Poker Hall of Fame. Traders, have you seen the latest on that? I have not. Okay. I forgot who went in this year. They only do one or two players or something. Well, yeah, it's, it's always up to two players. It's between zero and two players they induct. And it, it's not just players. It's players or anyone who is involved with poker in some way and gets elected. And it's a very corrupt and messed up process. But uh, this past year, it was 2014. 2015 was just announced. 2014's inductees, there was one good one and one bad one. The good one was Daniel Negreanu, who was deserving. The bad one was Jack McClelland, who wasn't even a player. So so that's, uh, I'm going to go over who the nominees are this year, and then I'll tell you guys about the ridiculous process that they have to elect people to the Hall of Fame. And by the way, Team MLK, stop calling. I'll, I'll take your call at the end of the segment if you stop bugging me over and over here on Skype. Jeez. So, the Poker Hall of Fame candidates were announced. And there's been a push recently for Isai Scheinberg of Poker Stars to be nominated. I know Terrence Chan, who used to work for Poker Stars, was pushing for that on Twitter, but didn't happen. Here are the 10 candidates for 2015. Chris Biorin, David Chu, who just came back on the ballot after being off inexplicably in 2014. Bruno Futusi, back from 2014. Jennifer Harmon, back from 2014. John Juwanda, who's new. Carlos Mortensen, who returned after being gone for a year from the ballot. Max Pescatori, who's new. Terry Rogers, who is new. I bet you don't know who Terry Rogers is, do you? I bet nobody knows who he is. I do not. Yeah, isn't that a bad sign when one of ten nominees to the Poker Hall of Fame, nobody knows who it is? So, Matt Savage, tournament director, of course, and uh, David Devilfish Elliott nominated the uh, the dead vote. So, in summary, there were uh, five new people nominated. Two that came back after being gone for a year but have returned. And then uh, the rest were there last year. Ted Forrest, Humberto Brenes, Huck Seed, and Mike Mattisau on last year's ballot are gone. Don't know why, but they're gone. You can't vote for them anymore. So who is Terry Rogers? Well, Terry Rogers is Ireland's godfather of poker. <laughs> Uh, he's one of the most influential people in all of Europe. This is according to the press release about him. In terms of impact on the game of poker, sports betting, and horse racing. Rogers founded the Eccentric Club and started the Irish Poker Open in 1980, the longest-running tournament in Europe and the second longest overall behind only the World Series of Poker. Rogers was a frequent attendee at the World Series of Poker in the 1970s and took the game of Hold'em back to Europe with him and helped bridge the game between continents. He was a bookmaker by trade and credited with changing the face of sports betting in Ireland by revolutionizing betting shops and making them accessible to the ordinary man. So basically he was a casino owner. That's what he was. Uh, It says near the end of this description, he dabbled in poker himself. (laughs) 
he dabbled in poker. I, I think anyone who only dabbled in poker should not be in the Poker Hall of Fame. Could, could you imagine in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, he dabbled in baseball. Like, <laughs> how do you put him in the Hall of Fame if he only dabbled in poker? They're saying about his playing, but, but still. He was basically just a casino owner who, who ran every type of game he could, including sports betting, including uh, blackjack, and uh, horse racing, whatever. So this was a casino owner who, among other things, brought poker to Ireland. Big deal. That shouldn't qualify him for the Hall of Fame. He was just a businessman who was trying to bring poker to, to his markets. So this is my whole problem, one of my problems with the Poker Hall of Fame. They shouldn't have people like this in the Hall of Fame competing with players. If they want to have a separate category for... Uh, influential people in poker or uh, best poker non-player, whatever. Then go ahead and have those categories for uh, non-players in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Just like they have people in the Hall of Fame in sports that were not players, like uh, Chick Hearn, a broadcaster from uh, for the NBA, I I believe is uh, in the NBA Hall of Fame. I know for sure Vince Scully is in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster for baseball. But, of course, Vince Scully has, has never played baseball professionally. But that's fine because Vince Scully, when he was elected to the Hall of Fame, he wasn't elected against players of baseball. Players of baseball are elected against other players of baseball, as it should be. So here, a maximum of two people can be elected each year, and sometimes, including last year, it's someone who doesn't even play poker and never has played poker. So I object in general to tournament directors, casino owners, media people, or any other non-players being in the Poker Hall of Fame unless it's a separate category, which right now it isn't. So Terry Rogers should not be in. Uh, Same with Matt Savage, tournament director for a while, but same reason. Uh, Max Pescatori, one of the new nominees, maybe. I mean, he's not really a cash player. His total caches are $4 million, which sounds like a lot, but he's entered a whole lot of big buy-in tournaments. Uh, the main thing he's done is win four World Series of Poker bracelets. So that, that's very good. And and I think they've all been recent. But what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I thought they was, I thought with him they were spread out. Cause I think he won one last year, and I thought the, I thought he had won one like, like 10 years before that. No. Well, I mean, the reason, I mean, he didn't win them like 1978 or something. Like it's, it's all been kind of like in the last 10 years, the four bracelets. So that's, that's pretty good. But... Uh, his overall caches are not that high compared to his buy-ins, and he doesn't play cash. So he did have a big influence on the Italian poker scene, but is that really enough to bring him into the Hall of Fame? Like Maybe. I can kind of see that one, but uh, Devilfish, at first you'd th- think yes because he was well-known, but the truth is he only has one WPT title and one World Series bracelet. That's it. And he doesn't really play or he didn't play cash he doesn't play anything anymore because he died but uh i i think he was only nominated because he died this year to be honest they he was never nominated before to my knowledge and it's not like he didn't have the same qualifications for many years i think this is just like the sympathy vote for the guy who died so they nominated him john juanda i think deserves it he has 17 million in caches five world series bracelets he has an ept title he just won 
a WPT title, an APT title, a PPT title. So, I mean, he's, he's won so many different things. So one other thing I like about John Juwanda was he was the biggest anti-litterer and anti-bitar owner at Full Tilt. He was, he was very insistent that those guys were clowns and were running the place into the ground and didn't like what was going on. And he tried to create a block of part owners to get those clowns out of there. He was trying to get that board, which stole all the money, out of their positions. So I, I got to give him respect for that, too. So uh, anyway, I, I think he should get in. I think David Chu, who gets screwed year after year, he should get in. He's the all-time limit hold'em World Series uh, poker cash leader by far. I'm number 11 on that list, by the way, but still well behind him. Uh, he also has bracelets and stud in 08. Uh, he's cashed about eight, $8 million since 96. And uh, I, I've watched him play. He, he's a really, really good player. He has great results. He's just very quiet. He's not very interesting. He's not flashy at all. He's very quiet, very unassuming. So it's easy to overlook him. But uh, I'm very pro-David Chu. I think he should be in. Uh, Chris Buren, no, this is just uh, a European guy who's not uh, Hall of Fame material from his numbers. Jennifer Harmon, eh, maybe, but like, look at her tournament results. She, she, I think she's a net loser in tournaments. She just does not ever cash in tournaments these days. And uh, even in the cash games, I'm hearing conflicting reports of how well she does. Bruno Futusi, he was big in France for uh, his influence on poker there, but he doesn't have Hall of Fame numbers. And he's not known for being a cash game winner. In fact, I used to play with him on Poker Stars, and in Limit Hold'em, he was one of the fish in the game. Like not a mega fish, but he was he was substantially a worse player than the good pros on that site at the hundred two hundred game. He wasn't even like one that kind of like blended in with the pretty good pros. He was he was one of the guys you'd be happy to see in the game. He used to play on Stars as Psycho Quack. So I understand the argument that he did a lot to popularize poker in France, but that shouldn't be the reason to induct him. Carlos Mortensen, if, if you know, if it, it's not Chu or Juanda, I have to say that Carlos Mortensen would probably be the next deserving. He's had some big hits at the World Series and World Poker Tour. He has 11.5 million in lifetime caches, and you know he did win the main event, but that's only a small percentage of those caches. The only thing I have to say is uh, he's not really a cash game player. Again, and uh, he only has 27 World Series caches despite many years of play and a ton of events. So he doesn't seem to cash in the World Series often enough, in my opinion, to deserve Hall of Fame credentials here. I'm not saying 27 is bad, but he's played a lot of years, way longer than me. And a lot of events. And uh, 27 caches, not that exciting. So, Tim, I'm like, yeah, I said I'll get to you when this is over. So, let me tell you the biggest problem with the Poker Hall of Fame. The biggest problem is the voting situation. The voting process is broken, and I think it's intentionally broken. And they don't want to fix it because they like the way it is. They like it to where it can kind of be rigged. How do I mean? Well... 
not everybody gets to vote. There's only select people who get to vote. It's not like it's a, a big thing where hundreds of thousands of people get to su- submit their votes on a website. This is a select people get to vote, a small group of people. And what happens is you have a ballot with 10 names, the names I just told you. And you are supposed to rank the candidates from 1 to 10. So the one you like the best, you put number 1. The one you like the second best, you put number 2. Like if I were doing it, I would put uh, David Chu as number 1 and John Jawanda as number 2. And then the rest would be 3 through 10. However, you have the ability to leave candidates blank if you don't think they're worthy at all. So if there's someone you don't like at all, for example, I don't think that uh, Terry Rogers should be in, I could leave it blank, not even give him 10th. I could just give him nothing. Now, what's the difference? Well, this is how it works. If you get first place, you get 10 points. First place meaning on someone's ballot. On a single ballot, if they rank you number one, you get 10 points. If you get ranked number two, you get nine points. If you get ranked number three, you get eight points. All the way down to number 10, you get one point. Now, what if it's left blank? Then you get zero points. Now, why does that matter? Well, they figured out, when I say they, I mean certain voters, figured out that there's an easy way to rig it for certain candidates. That is, you get a few of your buddies together who all want to vote for the same guy. And you just put number one for him, the one you're voting for, and leave everyone else blank. So for each ballot, that person leaps up 10 in the standings. Now you may say, yeah, but what about the people who vote number one for someone else? Well, the problem is the overall points you finish with don't really matter. What really matters is how much ahead you get of the other people. So on a normal ballot, labeled one through 10, the one who ranked one will gain only one point on the guy ranked number two because the guy ranked one will get 10, the ranked number two will get nine. So from that ballot, number one will only gain one point on the guy who voted number two. But if you submit a ballot with just one vote, with just a number one and nobody else, then they gain 10 on everyone. And that makes a big difference. That makes a huge difference. Seriously Serious figured out that just a few people voting in this manner could pretty much guarantee someone's election, even someone who totally doesn't deserve it, because there are not that many people voting. And since most of the other people do it as they're supposed to, just rank one through ten, the ones who just rank someone number one and leave the rest blank, giving them all zeros, it's like tacking ten bonus points for every ballot that does that, which is huge. So that's a way... Basically, the voting's cheated, and people get in who shouldn't. So, like, if you wanted to rig it for Terry Rogers, you get four of your buddies together, say, let's just put down Terry Rogers 1 and leave it blank, and this would make it very hard for other candidates to pass Terry Rogers, who spotted 50 points right away. In 2013, Tom McAvoy got elected thanks to this process. This will happen every year if there's an undeserving darling who the a few voters want to see elected. And they, they could easily fix this. There are so many ways to fix this, and they're choosing not to. It's been pointed out to those in charge of the Poker Hall of Fame. They don't care. They don't want to fix it. They don't want to change it because I think they like the way it is. They like the little good old boys network where they 
a few people can control the the outcome here. So that's one of many reasons why the Poker Hall of Fame is a complete joke. Also, why are non-players competing competing with players? Why don't they try to change the process at all? So, I have no respect for it. I have no respect for it at all. And uh, Howard Letterer, by the way, showed up to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which is kind of strange because Negreanu was one of the two elected, and he hates Negreanu. So it was kind of weird that he showed up, but I, I think he just wanted to show up somewhere and just show that he's still a little bit relevant in poker. Other reasons the Hall of Fame are a complete joke. Uh, the nomination process is completely opaque, meaning the opposite of transparent. Fans can submit names, but you never see the results. They're just picking names. They're just like pulling it out of the blue, pulling it out of their ass. So, you know, for all we know, the World Series could just be picking nominees they want to see on the ballot. Uh, even though I don't think that Isai Scheinberg should be in the Poker Hall of Fame, he is deliberately being kept off the ballot by interests of like the World Series that uh, are competing with him. So that shouldn't be a factor. Uh, There's this backlog of players that deserve to get in and don't because of uh, the fact that a maximum of two can be elected and that non-players are getting elected over players sometimes. We don't know who the voters are. I said it's a certain group of people. We don't know who this group is. It's uh, There's some living Hall of Famers. You know, Whoever's in the Hall of Fame gets to vote, but everybody else we don't know. Why is it a secret? And you never get to see the point totals. I can understand why you don't get to see who voted for what, but you don't see the point totals. Have you ever seen a Hall of Fame where you don't see the results of the Hall of Fame election? You just hear who won? And of course, there's very few voters, which makes it much easier for much easier for a few to manipulate. So the whole thing's a disaster. And credit seriously serious for mentioning these points that I just raised in a post of his about a year ago. That was TMMLK, but I accidentally for trader ski on hold, which I shouldn't have done. Let's, just, let's put the, let me put Team MLK on here. Get this out of the way. Let's put him on. See, now he's not answering. He, he like calls me 20 times. And I'm trying to call him. He doesn't answer. Okay. But this has got to stop. Holy Christ. Bowen! Like, Bowen! You have about you've talked about this last year drop you uh, talked last about year, the same topic uh, over and over that's and over, a year and over. Ago. He, the fucking that, sites the fucking chat's blowing up like this is no one gives a fuck this you is think a year people ago. listen this like, is who a, year cares? Ago. The, a, a year ago is a long time i i can't talk like, about something once a year in, it's the same I, I can't talk about something i can't talk about something once a year well i mean like just fucking play a replay at the end of the show say 
Uh, this is a recording from last year's fucking I've actually show. Tried that before. Uh, you, I tried that before. The, actually. Uh, I nominations and then add your fucking listen, two cents. I tried that before when I had something that I had said a year ago, actually with me and Brandon together, and we play. I just played what we said a year ago, thinking it would just give us a break and it'd be the same as us re-saying it this year. Nobody liked it. Everyone got pissed. They wanted to hear us re-saying it live rather than playing last year's version of me saying it. So I, I can't do it. Like the mad. whole fucking if you read if you read your own site the chat is just going nuts. They want me on the air. They tell me to get you. Uh, I, I'm, lo- I'm looking see, at this and they break the poster on radio right now. Like this, like come on. And then last week you're slapping me off clean because I asked the tough questions no, of you being Mister. I, ga- I gave you, you a lot want- of time. I gave you a lot of time last hey. week. I want you to answer the fucking questions of you being Mr. Mom because you, you, you deny it. Like, I ask you what you do all day. You get all defensive about it. Benji's back in school right now. You do nothing all day. You've got your wife working at who knows where. Like, I, I don't you're have basically her working. A she, she's and working at the same place. Me. She's working at the same place she worked at before we started dating. So I didn't have her working. I know, but she is working. You could say, oh, honey, I'll take a break and I'll go to work. I mean, like, you're, you're, you're talking about me being no, she, fucking You can't poor. take a break when you have a career. See, you Gabe, this, this is you why I think, you know, this is why I think that you're broke because I think you don't even have a job because you say take a break. You can't take a break from a career. You can't just say, you know, I've got a, a good career going. I'm, I'm just going to leave for a while and come back later. That's not how it works. You, you, can, well, do that at, you well, can do that you, at McDonald's. You need a, you need a Like, come on. Do you work at McDonald's? Yes. Is that where you work? Like that's I, that's the type of place I you can do, take a break. You can take a break well, at McDonald's and come back to McDonald's six months later. Where I work, but what I'm saying is, at least I at least I do work. I mean, you have a socket sugar mama who won't even let you play online poker. A sugar mama until September because well, uh, the games get better in September. Let's admit to yourself right now. I'm bro, glad you're paying attention. You know here. what? Hold on a second. Let me finish. Don't you fucking stop off Zod like that. Listen, <laughs> I don't hear Zod you, here. I can slap you off. Well, you won't snap me. I'll go see money's putting a thousand dollar free roll. For I me. haven't seen verification of that yet. I see, I see it in theory. You don't care about your own fucking site. TMLK is getting thousands of dollars put into free rolls, and you snap me off in three minutes. I don't think that's I haven't seen happen. these thousands of dollars. I've seen sporadic money that comes from another person, not from you. It, yeah, but it's from me though. Like, see, money no. is saying that he's going to give a thousand in honor of me. If I wasn't on that, when it, when it happens, I'll give you credit. I'll give you a little credit when it happens. Oh, that's what I mean. Money's also put money in for having me on air three hundred, four hundred dollars at a time, just to have me on no. air for a certain amount of time. That's never happened. I fucking either. I brought in the most sponsored dollars on this site. What sponsors? You haven't brought in a single for dollar. I brought in the most free roll money on this site. So now you're changing the story. You've brought in no sponsors to be, believe me. Okay, I, okay, you're right. But I've had the most fucking forms, whatever you call them, posters, donate in regards no, to No, in fact, I think we'll probably get donations not to have you in the future. No, listen. I, listen. See, money is fucking giving thousands. Anyways, back to my topic. I mean, if you're such a man, you're talking about me. Well, I'm a bum. Drop, you don't even work. You're a bum. And you're, and I know for a fact that your wife won't even let you play poker because she's probably like, well, Joe, I forgot a title of money. And I know you've got me working fucking 80 hours a week and you, you just sit at home and watch old Benji. Well, Benji's in school now. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. You don't even believe that. Like, really? Ben, Benjamin's in school. And. What do you do all day? You should be working. Have your wife take a break for once. You go get a job at McDonald's. She can't take a break. I'm, and I, why, why would I go work? I don't need to go work. 
I, I don't need to go work. Why would I do it? You're not playing poker. You're like you're number eleven in the fucking world, apparently in limit cash games, and yet you're not playing online because the game. Well, if you're such a baller, you're number eleven in the world in limit cash. You should be able to beat anybody at any time. Not just no, what if, what if the other ten, hold on. What if the other ten people are at the table with me? Then then I can't beat them. They're not going to be playing online at the same table because normally well, there's some six of them or ten be. max, some right? Of them might so be. the only nine. Well, so fine. What if I have five of them at the table with me? Obviously, but you're number 11, so obviously you have... Uh, I'm actually number 11 end. at the World Series limit, but still, look. Uh, the bottom line is here, uh, I would go to work if I needed to go to work. I don't need to go to work, so I'm not. And the reason that Benjamin's mom is working is because she has a career that she had before me and her were together, and she doesn't want to quit. Okay, well, but why don't you just snap her off and say, hey, honey, what? We'll, we'll just live snap off my her fucking off. money. My my Jew gold, you won't because she pays all the bills. No, she put a lot of work into getting where she is in her career. She didn't want to just quit. Well, I mean, what's she do? That's that's classified. I'm not going to go give her information out. Oh, that's okay. That's tough but fair. But listen, I mean, support your family, Druff. I understand. I do. Well, you don't because you're at home all the time. So that means I support in two ways. I support with money and with, uh, with doing things. I don't just. Like what? I don't just give money. In fact, if you call me Mr. Mom, that means I am doing things. But you're not Mr. Mom. Benjamin's in school. You're Mr. Deadbeat. Mr. Deadbeat would be somebody who owes money. I don't owe any money. I don't know that. You like you're not even playing poker. I mean, you're number eleven in the world, and you're not even. I'll start again. I'll start again at the end of September. Of course, because the games get better. You used to play on poker stars all the time. I can't all year round. I can't. I understand, but used to play all the time all year round. When you put in G-A-Y, because I played with you before. No, you so, never played with me. You never played with me before. Come on now. Okay, stop it. You, just, you I were probably you at the are. one cent, two cent game when I was playing on PokerStars. <laughs> We've met before, Druff. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I played with you. It, it was classified. Great. Okay. But look, the chat's even telling you, you're getting pwned. The fucking chat is just letting you up. You are just right, getting do you, do you have anything else to say here? I want you to fucking kneel towards Zadra. You can't even get, you, can, you can't Zod. even get your own identity. Now you're taking Brandon's identity. What's this about? No, no Brandon took my identity. I'm Zod. Oh, uh, boy. Okay, that's it. That, I had to cut it off there. I, I had to cut it off there. When he, when he decided he's Zod, I had to end it. Come on. Okay, Team MLG, you have 16 days now to come up with your own identity. Don't Don't steal Brandon's. So many different identities you come up with, and you had to steal Brandon's. Come on now. Someone's saying I I left this on here for seven minutes. I can't believe that. That that shows you the patience I have. Jay Searle saying he'll call. Um, last time he called, he had like nothing to say. He has a lot to say on the forum, but he. He doesn't have that much to say on the radio. When Timo McGay calls, he just rants, as you hear. He just goes nuts. But uh, Jay Searles, he he's more of a forum ranter. Okay, here's some things from text. Feel free to read this on the air. This is from the 901 area code. I'm getting berated in chat on Bovada for promoting Poker Fraud Alert Radio. It's okay. I feel it's the least I can do since I'm too cheap to donate to the free roll. All right. Good. Thanks for promoting. They probably think it's me spamming, but whatever. From the 702, 
What's up, Druff? Cheese and wine after a nine-hour grind. I hope he's not saying that I'm the wine part of it. From the 443, have that Scott guy call in, sexy voice of his. That's referring to Scott from the East Coast. Hopefully it's not from Scott from the East Coast. Okay. This guy is sending a text that he sent back in July. For some reason, he wants me to read this again, even though I guess I never read it. So he wants this to be read (laughs) since I skipped over this in July. I don't remember even receiving this, but from the 765, from A Hoosier A, who's in the chat room right now, uh, finally created my online poker room account. Three things to prove. One, I've been listening to at least three shows. This week you owe someone 200 or 86 and they called you to call you out. Uh, last week towards the end of the show, two guys had called in and was arguing and Brandon said he, was, he wasn't going to go. He was going to go because he wasn't into it. I think that was Judonk. He's talking about July stuff. A few weeks ago during the episode, you started talking about something not on the agenda. I can't remember what, but you said this is something you could use to prove you've been listening to the show. I've actually been listening to the show for the better part of last year. I'm an archive listener 90% of the time. I actually don't have a forum or poker fraud alert account yet, but just in case I decide to play the free role in the near future. Okay. Sure. You can play the free role. The 785, someone saying, I'm going to kill myself. Stop. I'd like to say that's about Team ML Gay, but it was sent 35 minutes ago. Referring to Eric Lynch, there for you, about uh, Jennifer Larson when he said that she was there for him. He says, maybe there for you means she was sucking his dick. Probably not, because she was a lesbian. This is about Team ML Gay from 480. Oh my God, Todd, cut this turd off. Misconception, Druff has enough brains never to get married. He keeps calling Benjamin's mom your wife. You should correct him. Zod is God, and Zod would crush Team ML Gay. have to agree with that one. From 951, Jay Acosta hailing himself, all Jay Acosta. From the 816, ah, oh, geez. That's uh, Jay Searles wants me to cover this thread about the airplane, which I'm not going to do. That's, that made bad enough forum reading. I'm not going to do it on this show. Jay Searles saying I wouldn't answer his call. I don't see his call coming in. <laughs> I would answer the call if I saw it. You know that because I answered Team ML Gay. I don't. I have not seen a call come in from you. Let's see, did I miss any calls? No. See, it just didn't come. Make sure to show your caller ID. All right, let's let's move on here. Team ML Gay's strategy these days needs to be just like making up things. He got me all these sponsors. He has a $1,000 free roll that he brought here. I'm a deadbeat. Just makes things up. Caesar's Palace has been fined. They have been fined. One million dollars. Times eight. Eight million dollar fine for Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. For money laundering. Now, not that they laundered money but that players laundered money and Caesars let it happen. Now, there's two ways to look at this. Either just Caesars had lax controls in place and people took advantage of it, or Caesars was aware of what was going on 
and let it go on because they wanted to attract the high rollers that were laundering money. This was actually a settlement from the between Caesars and the United States Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, also known as FinCEN. And this is what FinCEN said. Several failures at Caesars caused systemic and severe AML compliance deficiencies. The casino allowed a blind spot to exist in its compliance program regarding the private gaming salons, which are reserved for Caesars' wealthiest clientele who may gamble millions of dollars in a single visit and which openly allowed patrons to gamble anonymously. Despite the elevated money laundering risks present at these salons, Caesars failed to impose the appropriate AML security, which allowed some of the most lucrative and riskiest financial transactions to go unreported. Caesars also marketed these salons through branch offices in the U.S. and abroad, particularly in Asia, but failed to adequately monitor these transactions, such as large wire transfers conducted through these offices for suspicious activity. These failures can compromise Caesars and expose the casino and the U.S. financial system to illicit activity. And we'll take a break here and take a call. Caller, you're on uh, the air. Yes, hello. This is the Chinese buffet calling. Mm-hmm, okay. That was the whole call. This is Chinese buffet calling. Was that a guy or a girl? I, I don't know. Was that actually a girl pranking me? That, that may have been a girl pranking me. Amazing. All right. So in mid-August, this settlement was finalized. And, uh, and here's some things that happened. This, is what, uh, this was in 2012. Caesars was supposed to have filed over 100 suspicious activity reports, which a casino is supposed to file when anything funny is going on with large amounts of cash moving in and out, and they should have and didn't, when the following was occurring in 2012. Team play among unidentified guests in Caesars' private gaming salons. And by the way, team play is not collusion. It means that uh, basically a number of people bring money to the table to allow, allow one guy to gamble. So... It's like eight people showing up and handing me money or chips to gamble with, but I'm just the gambler. So it's like eight people buying in for me. That's called team play. Let's take this Chinese call again. I'm sure it's something else dumb, but uh, call her on the air. Hello. This time, nothing. All right. I don't know why I even take these. People trying to listen to this segment are probably going crazy. So basically this team play, which is really just a number of people buying in for one person, uh, suspicious transactions at Caesars branch offices. I didn't even know they had branch offices. Third-party payments from unrelated individuals and businesses. That's like uh, some guy shows up to play at Caesars and some weird business is wiring money on his behalf. Structuring, which is the practice of doing cash transactions of slightly less than $10,000 in order to avoid detection because they're supposed to report with a cash transaction record at 10000 So structuring is a crime. Uh, minimal gaming and bill stuffing. Who do you think you are? <laughs> 
stop it. Let me. All right. I think I'm going to have to stop taking these calls. Minimal gaming and bill stuffing, chip walking, and observed suspicious behavior of individual patrons. The bill stuffing they're talking about, it means uh, you show up to a slot machine, deposit a bunch of money in there, that is cash, and then without playing or barely playing, you hit cash out and get those cash out tickets. So it makes it look like you won the money. And you don't do it with a player's card, so which you're not required to use. So if someone wants to pretend that money they got illegally was one gambling, which is, of course, money laundering, what you would do is you'd show up with a bunch of cash you want to launder, don't put a player's card in, feed it into his machine, maybe spin it one time or not at all, and just hit cash out, and it'll give you a ticket. And then you go cash the ticket out, and it makes it look like that you won this money. For all the cashier knows, you could have just deposited $5 and ran it up to that. So that was going on, and Caesars wasn't doing anything to prevent it. And uh, so they say minimal gaming, meaning people would just deposit a lot of money into these machines, get a cash-out ticket, and not uh, and pretend that was money they won. Chip-walking refers to leaving a lot of leaving the the pits with a lot of chips after barely playing so like showing up buying in for $100,000 playing three small hands of $100 each leaving with almost the whole 100k of course no matter what happened to those three hands and then using those chips as a way to pay for other things which is illegal in itself So this was called chip walking. So apparently all this was going on at Caesars in 2012, and whenever it would happen, Caesar didn't do anything about it. Caesars was fine with it. Because I guess that in addition to that, a lot of these same patrons were also playing a lot. So they were using Caesars as a place they both gambled and used to launder money. So Caesars was like, hey, we don't want to get in the way of this, Because then these people won't gamble here either. So who cares if they're laundering money? This doesn't have to do with us. Now, you can't prove that, but that was the suspicion on the part of FinCEN, that Caesars was just uh, marketing to people who would be doing things like this to get them down there, and then would look the other way when they would engage in these money laundering activities. Uh, They also didn't like the practices at various branch offices Caesars had. They have branch offices in Hong Kong, Singapore, Tokyo, and Monterey Park, California, which is known to be a hotbed of Asian activity. This is funny. Someone's trying to call, pretending like they're from Caesars. There's someone using a fake caller ID thing to call me. Let's take this call. Hello? Yeah, fake Caesars, you're on the air. Hello? Yeah. Where's my money? Well, Caesars, you should get this from FinCEN. You gave them $8 million. Hold on. Let me continue. Uh-huh. You know, where's my money? Okay. I was hoping this would get better, but it didn't. Someone's having fun with a lot of different fake caller IDs. So they called me from, from Caesars' phone number. Actually, was it Caesars? Yeah, it was Caesars. That's right. 
I thought Caesars was seven nine one seven one one one. Maybe that's Bellagio. That's Bellagio. No, this, no, is, no, this, Bellagio this, is, this is the seven three two seven one one zero or something like that. I, I recognize the number yeah. when I saw it. All right, I think this is Jay Searles. Jay Searles, you're on. Uh, this isn't Jay Searles. Oh, who is it? No, this is. Uh, I'm a frequent listener. Frequent listener who happens. To, you happen to live. You happen to live by Jay Searles. So what's going on? No, 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 no. I promise you. I I know all about that guy. I promise you. I'm not. I I don't associate with him at all. I don't want you to think that. Okay. Me. Okay. Go on. So. But I am a frequent listener. I've been listening for a long time, and I just I wanted to call in because I was thinking about a topic that I didn't necessarily agree with. Okay. And one of them is a casino that I played in in South Dakota recently. Believe it or not, the dealers had to split tips. Okay. I, I don't know. I just wanted to get some input on it. I oh, didn't oh, agree with it. Oh, you're saying you don't like the fact that they uh, they pool tips? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, they, this is I very feel... common. This is being done everywhere. I, I don't That's like it standard, either. standard, I think. Yeah, I don't like it either. I honestly don't like it either. Uh, they do this – a lot of the reason they do it is to prevent dealers from uh, doing favors for players or even cheating and having that money passed to them as tips. So they uh, this way, any tips they make, it's – Split among so many people that it's not worth doing this sort of thing. I I feel it's I feel it's okay in the pit, but not at poker. I in the pit it's one thing, but in poker I don't want. And like I said, it's a you know in Kansas City, it's a whole different ball game. Whatever they've all told me, whatever they drop, that's what they keep. But in a small South Dakota, you know it's. Not technically South Dakota. It's right outside Sioux Falls. It's called Grand Falls Casino, but they said they pool their tips. Yeah, you know I don't like it either. And the reason it really sucks is that if you get lousy service from a dealer, if a dealer's rude or incompetent, uh, you 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 can not tip them, but it's going to mean almost nothing. And well, by this, by... I mean it just it doesn't make sense to me. I mean it's like Goofy and Pluto. I mean Goofy is a dog and he gets to drive a car and he talks. Whereas Pluto, he barks and he has to sleep in the dog house. I mean, they're both dogs. It doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's just absolutely irrelevant. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, maybe what they need to do just, is they need to hire Goofy. I don't and Pluto. agree with it. They need to I, hire Goofy and, and Pluto. Because of this, I, no, I, because of this, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Because what if the bad beat hits? Then I have to share with the guy over there who's a douchebag that dealt something absolutely ridiculous earlier? I mean, that's just as bad as saying free Jay Searles. Why would you free him? Don't free Jay Searles. No. Well, it's just all You, you raise a good point. Maybe, 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 I should ban, maybe I should ban Jay Searles. Maybe it's a good point. All right. Thank you. No, I think you should. All right. I have to think this is either Jay Searles or uh, his buddy. But uh, whatever. But he did bring up a good point. I don't like uh, I don't like the tip sharing either. I hate any kind of tip pooling. I I don't mind it like where I'm in a restaurant and the server is expected to share some of the tips with the dishwashing staff because all right, fine. You know those people have to be paid too, and just because they're not directly interfacing with the customer doesn't mean they shouldn't uh, make a better wage. So fine, I, I understand that. But I don't like when there's tipped employees who are sharing tips with one another because that that eliminates the whole point of rewarding 
for good service. And at that point, then good or bad service, they, they all get the same. And that completely defeats the purpose of tipping. In a tipped profession, the ones who give the best service should get the most tips, and the ones who give the worst service should get the least tips. And this prevents that. I understand why they do it, but they they should employ security measures to prevent abuses. They should not be punishing the customer by having their tips split up. And it does get me frustrated when there's a bad or rude dealer that I know is going to get tips that I leave. So... That is frustrating. I, I like seeing good dealers get rewarded and the bad dealers get punished. Not uh, everybody gets the same. So that was a good point before the call got stupid. Four eight zero tip uh, is texting me. Can you imagine the cat fight if the strippers had to split or share tips? Yeah. <laughs> So back to Caesars. Uh, I, I think that they were they were doing this. Yeah, Monterey Park, where one of their branch offices is, that's a, a big Asian area of Southern California. Almost all Asians living there. It's pretty much Asians and Hispanics living in Monterey Park. So they, they definitely placed an office there to appeal to Asians. But FinCEN said... Caesars failed to detect and report a number of suspicious transactions associated with the casino's wealthiest foreign clientele. So that's that's really what it looks like. It really looks like that the wealthy players who came in, they gave them carte blanche to also launder money if they wanted. So sometimes they play, sometimes they're there just to launder money. Or sometimes both. Now, Caesars has not been the only U.S. casino to get nailed for money laundering. The Las Vegas Sands Corporation, owned by Sheldon Adelson, paid a much bigger fine, $47.3 million, over one guy, one single super high roller at the Venetian and Palazzo, who later turned out to be a drug kingpin, using the casino to launder huge sums of drug money. So they paid a $47.3 million fine over that in 2013. That was uh, Sheldon Adelson did. So actually, the $8 million settlement was technically agreed to by Desert Palace, Inc., the specific business entity which operates the Caesars Palace property. I didn't know that. They they have some, uh, I don't know if it's a subsidiary or management company or what, but uh, Desert Palace, Inc. is actually who's paying it, but it's really Caesars. But... Hold on. That doesn't mean they're actually paying it because since Caesars is in bankruptcy, this will be another debt. And the IRS and FinCEN will just be another general unsecured creditor for that amount. Now they can pursue other collection means if uh, they can't collect through the bankruptcy process, but... uh, is that a fact, or are you assuming that? No, no, it's true. It's true. So there's, there's actually... 
because it sounds like this other corporation's responsible maybe for that high le- high level area, high uh, player area, whatever it is. I, I believe they're just the ones who agreed to it, but Caesars had to pay it. kind of weird. I, I never even heard of this Desert Palace Inc. It almost sounds like the Desert Inn that uh, used to exist where the win is. So yeah, Caesar's in more trouble. And it, it doesn't surprise me that's what was happening there. Casinos in general like to look the other way when high rollers come in. Casinos get really, really greedy when they think that they can extract money out of someone through high limit gambling. So they will really do a lot of things they should not do. And I guess they also figure that the ends justify the means because even if they get caught, the fine is not high enough to make it uh, not worthwhile to take the risk. These fines don't have enough teeth. $8 million sounds like a lot. For, for a company like Caesars, it's not at all. That's tiny. So you have these high rollers coming in laundering money and gambling at the casino. You want to let them do it if you want to make the most money. And if you get caught and fined, a oh, big deal. You pay $8 million. Yeah, um, JSTAT's saying that Desert Palace Inc. is actually part of the Caesars Empire, just a shell corporation. I, I thought it was something like that. So, Anyway, it looks like they're probably not going to be paying the fine immediately. Tim Gate bragging in PM to me that Tom Brady got a zero-game suspension. He says uh, he guaranteed that he would start months ago on air. All this guy wants to do is brag about himself. And I think Toronto's in first place, too, so he's got that one. Yeah. That wasn't as hard to predict. They picked up a lot of major players, and the Yankees were overrated at the time. So. We'll see. I mean, they'll definitely be a force in the playoffs. I, I hope they lose just for Team MLK's sake. I mean, even if the Dodgers don't make it to the World Series, I hope Toronto loses. Team MLK saying I'm bragging about uh, being number 11 at the World Series all-time in Limit Hold'em. Well, that's true. I mean, that's... Uh, I was bringing up how David Chu's number one, and I... Of course I have to say I'm number 11. That has to do with me. So. All righty. Let's... Uh, Let's move to the next topic. A lot of activity tonight. A lot of activity in the chat room, phone calls, prank calls. A lot of prank calls tonight. Even the one legitimate sounding call from the 816 sounded like a prank call. So Poker Stars is entering the daily fantasy sports market. If you wanted to play on Poker Stars as a U.S. player and haven't been able to for four and a half years, uh, you can play on Poker Stars very soon, but it won't be Poker Stars. It'll just be Stars. Uh, they're launching what they call Stars Draft. And it'll be the first time that Poker Stars has any kind of presence in the United States since Black Friday in April 2011. What happened was in August, Amaya, who owns PokerStars, acquired Victive.com, which is a small fantasy sports site. Now, it's nowhere near the size of 
DraftKings or FanDuel, which are these two leaders of the market. DraftKings is the biggest one. But uh, it does have a good reputation, this Victive. And now it has been rebranded. So Victive no longer exists. And as of Friday, this past Friday, Victive was rebranded to Stars Draft. And it has a similar logo in a way to Poker Stars. And it says Stars Draft by Poker Stars. So there is something you can play on that is owned by Poker Stars. In fact, it even says by Poker Stars. It's called Stars Draft. So they're going to keep everything else the same at Victive. The only thing changing is the branding at the moment. Of course, they own it as of last month. Now, people in Michigan and people in Canada cannot play on Stars Draft. This is what came to Michigan residents, an email. You are receiving this notice because your account lists Michigan as your registered state of residence. Following a recent management review of our terms and conditions, we have elected to no longer offer the ability to deposit and fund accounts for Michigan residents. Starting today, your account will enter into a 120-day wind-down period. During this period, your account will retain open and full access to the website. Your account will remain open with full access until January 1st. Please make sure you have withdrawn your entire balance before this date. After that point, you will no longer be able to access your Victive.com account. We apologize for the abrupt change in policy and hope to be able to reopen access if there's any future changes to this restriction. Which, that doesn't sound right to me that they can just confiscate everyone's money. I mean, yeah, it's a long time until January 1st, but what if someone doesn't get the email or they're unavailable or they're sick or they're out of the country and not checking email? Like, How can they just take the money or even just freeze the money? But that's what they claim they're doing. Now, these people can still play most of NFL season, but still to be off there. Uh, it's not totally clear why Canada and Michigan are not being allowed, but that seems to be their uh, decision. And uh, Victive also already did not allow people from Arizona, Iowa, Louisiana, Montana, or Washington because there's laws in those states against daily fantasy sports. Michigan, there is no law like that, which is kind of strange. But uh, it may be because the head of the Michigan Gaming Control Board, whose name is Rick Calm, said that uh, fantasy sports are illegal under current Michigan law, even though they really aren't. But he claims that, and I guess they're afraid to mess with it. So... It doesn't look like they're going to be putting a lot of investment in it. David Bezov, who is the head of Amaya, said, I'd also like to emphasize this is not a category in which we will doing, be doing any significant investment as they first start cross-selling and leveraging the 1 in 10 U.S. adults we have in the database. And I, I still think the market has to mature more it has to appreciate to a size that we're willing to make a significant investment. So, 
what he's trying to say here is that uh, they have about 30 million U.S. adults in their player database. So they can just market to their own people that they already have in their PokerStars database. And, uh, but they're not going to wait. They're going to wait a little bit longer for daily fantasy sports to be more lucrative overall before they really invest a lot of money in promoting it. He says they're not going to spend a lot of money like DraftKings and FanDuel or have a lot of overlays in their contests that basically they're just going to email people who they already have the email addresses for that are existing poker stars and customers from the U.S. and uh, see if they want to play. If they don't, no big deal. And they're not going to give any kind of... uh, Overlay contests where they pay out more prize money than they're taking in. So, we'll see if this goes anywhere. I want to remind you that just because PokerStars is behind it doesn't mean it's going to be successful. A lot of times big successful companies enter new areas and fail. Google, in fact, has failed in a number of things they have tried. Remember Google Wave? You probably don't. (laughs) Google has tried a number of things that have been a failure. They've had some things that have been a wild success, some things have been a big failure. So this looks like something that PokerStars acquired fairly cheaply, and they're just not going to put a lot of money into it and just see if it works. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, then no big deal. All right, so WSOP.com is now accepting PayPal in Nevada, which is very surprising to me because PayPal always had this thing, well, not always, but since 2001 had this thing against gambling sites. They did not want to be involved with gambling sites, even long before the UIGEA making it illegal to take deposits through PayPal. Five years before that, they bailed out of any kind of gambling deposits. I used to deposit using PayPal to get on True Poker back in 2001. That actually led to my PayPal account getting frozen, not because I was depositing to gambling sites, but because True Poker had a glitch to where I could no longer deposit using PayPal. They just had some problem recognizing it. And they told me the only way to fix it is to set up a new PayPal account and connect that one to my account. So I did. And some bot on PayPal caught that I had two accounts, which was technically against their terms of service. Now, I would have been fine closing one of those two accounts. But what they did was they shut down both accounts, froze the money, and emailed me that I have to send them Alrighty, people, I think I'm back here. Uh, I, I don't have any explanation for what has happened here. Somehow the internet just died on this computer, and yet... And this is the newer computer. This is the computer from this year. This is not an old, broken-down computer. Just for some reason, the internet died, and I could not reconnect to it. I had to shut down the computer completely and reboot, and it was able to connect. So uh, it just died. Last week when this happened, it was because I was still connected to a proxy that I was using to watch the Dodgers. But this week, there's 
really no reason for why it happened. Everything was going fine. I guess it just had to hit me with at least one bout of fail. Couldn't let me get through a full show. I, I actually was optimistic today. I thought, you know, I think tonight's going to be the night that everything goes well without any kind of fail. But I shouldn't have thought that because you saw what happened. Oh, Brandon tried to call too. Wow. Missing everything here. Let's see if we can get him back. We'll try to put back on Trader Ski. And Brandon's not coming, so. Try to put Trader Ski. I'm feeling better about reaching him. Hey, Jeff. Hey. Pretty much what's been uh, happening tonight. Just avoided another one. <laughs> Very good. Danger, dangerous roads out there. All right, so yeah, we're back. I I don't know why this happened. I it, it's almost like this computer just gets tired of being on the internet after a few hours and it just like shuts down. It's really weird. I have to maybe some kind of weird power save. I don't know what's going on here. It just, it just would would not connect to the internet to like completely shut down and reboot it. Well, it happened right when I hit a dead spot on the 15, too, so it was kind of weird. I thought it was me, but then I saw you weren't on. No, no, we're back. So I don't remember where I was when I was talking about uh, – what was I even talking about? What was our – the topic was – You were done with the Caesars thing, right? I was done with the Caesars thing, and uh, what was I on? trying to think what I was doing. This is what happened. It throws me off. I was like, just rolling right along. And then I just get knocked out of... Oh, here's Brandon. Let's add him on. Hello, Brandon. You showed up just as fail was happening. Everything was going fine. And then it just uh, went in the toilet. My computer just stopped the internet cold, even though it's a new computer here. You sound like you're in a, in a wind tunnel. No, that's Trader Ruski there, who's in the wind tunnel. Who? Yeah, I put it back on mute. Oh, hey, what's, hey, what's up, there? buddy? <laughs> you, you scared I, him on mute now. You scared him back to mute. I, I figured you'd just be finishing with the introductions of what you're going to be talking about tonight. So yeah, well, I, was, I, I actually did, I finished that about five minutes ago, and then I was just starting <laughs> the show, and, and then I lost the internet. So, so you, actually, it was a pretty good timing because we're almost done with the poker topics. You kind of came just at uh, talking the right about time. what's going on with poker stars this week. Sort of. They're entering the daily fantasy sports markets. We just talked about that. But uh, I was talking about PayPal. That's right. Who cares? I'll just move on. Uh, An Italian player, this is our last poker topic, an Italian poker player got disqualified from the final table before he even got started there after a prank, of all things. Uh, this, This is a pretty amazing story here. And this guy must feel like an absolute moron. This was uh, Gaetano Preet, or Gaetano. It's a great name. Would you like to be named Gaetano? Jesus. Gaetano Preet uh, played a prank on his friend. Is this in northern Italy or southern Italy? That I don't know, but uh, you can can feel free to look this up. He wanted to play a prank on his friend also at the table named uh, Nicola Abruski. And at the end of the day three of the People's Poker Tour main event in Malta. So this wasn't in Italy, but these were both uh, Italians. And uh, what happened 
And this everybody agrees we, this is what happened, including you. Know, have you ever heard of this People's Poker Tour before? No, it sounds like something you'd be seeing in Russia or something. Right. <laughs> right. The People's Poker Tour. But uh, anyway, what happened was that uh, he grabbed a stack of the guy he was playing the prank on, this Nikola Abruski, uh, when they were going to be uh, bagging up their chips. Uh, he hid his friend's chips, one stack of his chips, to where he couldn't see it. I don't know if he moved it to his stack or what, but uh, he definitely wasn't trying to steal them. Everybody agrees he wasn't trying to steal them, but he hid them to be seen out of play, I think, as the last hand was going. You know, this is the last hand of the day. He moved one stack away. So I guess he didn't move them back to his friend's stack by the time they bagged up the chips, and then when they finished bagging, he had to tell his friend, uh, I hate to tell you this, but uh, this stack I took as a joke, and, and it's actually yours. So You can't be doing that on the People's Poker Tour. Yeah. <laughs> so so the, the Russians running the, the People's Poker Tour in Malta didn't appreciate this very much, and uh, they told him he's disqualified for essentially stealing chips from another player. And I guess their their big issue was that a hand played, you know, the last hand played with this guy having fewer chips than it appeared, or having more chips than it appeared, and that this could have affected play, and that basically you can't do this to anyone else's stack, even if it's just a joke, and uh, for that reason that they have disqualified him. He told the media this is what happened, and the People's Poker Tour, the communists running that, agreed that this is what happened. So they said that's the punishment. You're out. You can't do this. You're gone. So this was the final hand before the final table. And uh, he's not going to be at the final table. So it's going to be an eight-handed final table. And they're just taking his chips out of play. It's not even going to blind off. They're just taking his chips out of play as if they weren't there. And he gets ninth place money. So the People's Poker Tour said... Through his behavior, the player violated the rules of the competition. And therefore, he will not be allowed to join the event's final table that will start at 2 p.m. on Monday, meaning yesterday. So, uh, what do you think about this? Do you, do you think, Brandon, that he should have been disqualified for this or uh, given a penalty or nothing? What do you think was the appropriate way to handle this? The the victim of this, his friend, agreed that it was uh, it was a prank. But then, of course, you could say that maybe this was uh, some sort of weird uh, collusion thing. Like if his friend didn't want to lose all his chips on the final hand. You know, Where do you really draw the line in this kind of thing? I that's, guess I agree with it. Yeah, that's the problem is you can't... I mean, you uh, can't really have a gray line. That, yeah, I, I'm i just Googling this now. There really is a people's poker tour. It's really <laughs> hilarious. There's so many, There's too many PPTs. There's a professional poker tour. There's another PPT. There's like so many PPTs I'm losing track. So someone says the, someone has a PPT title. I don't know what it is. Oh, does that Wisner have a PPT? I don't know. She, I, don't, I don't think she likes me very much. I'm blocked by her on Twitter. She she wrote angry letters to that Lyman guy about me. She's 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 mad at me because oh, I look at that tomorrow. This is so cute. Tomorrow is the PPT. This is what it's actually called. It's the PP. It's the pro players or the PPT tour goodbye event. Six handed, no limit. Goodbye. Thirty dollars plus twenty. It's called the goodbye event. <laughs> I, I actually have uh, good music for that. Let's uh, let's yeah. all let's all sit down and play. Let's go play the goodbye event together, Brandon, and remember the good times we had. 
at the PPT, at the People's Poker Tour. What I really like about the People's Poker Tour is that we're all playing for each other. It's not a competition. We're, we're playing for the people. And we share our prize money at the end with each other, no matter who wins and loses. That's, that's the spirit of the PPT. And I just want to say goodbye to everybody who made my life so special. <laughs> All right. Now, on another note, I got a. You know what that? Do you know this new uh, app? It's called Snapchat or something like that. It's not that new, but I know of it. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know if I, someone sent me a Snapchat message telling me that uh, TML Gay was uh, soiling the good name of Zod. Is it? Is that correct? Well, how do you get a Snapchat message if you don't have Snapchat? It. it Told me to uh, download it because I had a message waiting. Oh, really? So you went and downloaded it. Well, I yes, guess yes. the marketing kind of worked. Okay, is that, yes. Yeah, yeah. This is what's crazy. TMML Gay came on here and tried to talk trash to me for about seven minutes before I hung up on him. And the time I had to let him go, you'll be proud of me here, was when he told me, you will kneel before Zod. And I said, wait a minute. You're not Zod. Get your own routine. He says, no, I am the real Zod. So I, I just got rid of him at that point. He you're actually, getting a message. He's saying that you're a dead – he said you're a deadbeat dad? Is that true? He said I was a deadbeat because I don't have a job. And I asked him, how, what does that how mean? How you get I, a job? Well, I, I said, how, how am I even a deadbeat unless I owe money? Like I, I was explaining to him. First he's calling me Mr. Mom, but then he's saying that I'm not taking care of Benjamin. I said, well, if I'm Mr. Mom, then I am taking care of Benjamin. Hmm. He was all over the place. So, yeah, that's uh, – we've had a lot of weird calls tonight. We had – the team MLK called, and he's hammered the phone one-step style when I haven't answered his call since. Uh, we've had uh, a weird call from the 816 as someone who says he's not Jay Searles and doesn't – yeah, has nothing to do with him, but is probably his buddy Lannister. Uh, here, let me let me put Team MLK again. You can confront him yourself. Uh, team MLK, you're on here. Jesus. Hey, hey, Zod, what's going on? What's you up, know, Tim man, McGay? I didn't really mean to use your name in – in vain like that. I mean, I am like I. What okay, is this? A brown nosing here? I admire you, Zod. Okay, I don't want Thank you me. hating on me. I'm one but of the I, only people that have ever saw a true picture of you. I'm the real. Like I mean, Zod. Listen, I'm like the Zod Junior. Okay, can we? What's with this? What's we, with this ass kissing going on here? Before you're telling me you're the real Zod and Brandon's not the real Zod, and now now you're calling up to kiss his ass now that he's actually on the show. No, but Brandon. Brandon is like uh, he he's a legend. Thank you. I, like the guy. Why, why were you soiling guy, his name earlier then? The guy. I have no problems with Brandon Drexel because the man is a legend. Did you get drunk between the last call and this call? You sound he's like slurring he's, a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like he's hit the sauce between the last call and this one. I'm not drunk, but anyways, Brandon. Like I mean. He's the reason why I'm on the site. Oh, thank you. Like, drop, listen, like, I know I player hated on you tonight, and I'm sorry for that. Oh, you're sorry now for me, too. Wow. But you got to admit some of the facts. What that, are the facts? That, I mean, I'm just looking out for Benjamin's interest, okay? I don't want him to go to school. It'd be like, well, and his peers be like, well, what's your dad do? And he's like, well, he just stays at home. 
and my mom goes to work every day. Like, come on, drop. Just be a role model. Just get a job at Burger King or something. Just part. Well, should, should I go work just... with you? Because that's what I accused you of before. Is I you told that's you great. told me to tell Benjamin's mom to take a break from her career. You just, take just, breaks from careers. You just take a break and come back. And I thought, you know, you must work at McDonald's or something where you can do that. You, that's, you thought that was a realistic thing that she could do. No, I told her to take a break from her career because apparently you have millions of dollars and you're bowling out of control. So there's no need for her to work is what I was getting at. But that's not why she's working. Is it because she has a career? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but she – like – so – but like, I can understand Drexel. He's bowling out of control. He doesn't need to work. But if he was in the situation you are, he wouldn't have his girlfriend slash wife work. He'd be like, listen, honey, I'll take care of you. No, he would. If that situation actually came up, I'd probably See? stay home and take care of the kids. Mm. Well, I mean, no. I, to me, it just they depends on the situation. I've thought about it, but I would never have my kids go to daycare or be watched by anybody other than family. No, but would you have your wife work, though, while you stay at home? No, I wouldn't. But I mean, to each his own. It's not, you know, I mean, she, some people are career oriented, you know, I'm sure Druff's, I mean, I've met Druff's beautiful girlfriend and whatever it is she does, that's, I'm sure classified, right? Is it classified? Yeah, yeah, it's classified, yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> then, yeah, I mean, then, you know, I'm sure she enjoys it. She's career motivated. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Yeah. It's a different generation than it was 10, 20 years ago, uh, TMLK. You know, women don't yeah. always want to stay at home anymore and take care of the house and want to, you know, look at that Weisner. That Weisner, she's traveling around on the People's Poker Tour. She's doing this and that. She's giving, where was the seminar at? Was that the bike club? Yeah, the bike. And she, you know, she's, yeah. she's uh, doing uh, priority cash outs on Lock Poker, now, t- taking 25%. This, you know, This past weekend, I stayed for uh, Labor Day at Caesars. And I was huh. actually, funny enough, I always choose to be in the Augusta suite because it just seems to be in the perfect section. Octavius is a little bit too far. Even though it's newer than Augustus, I just prefer Augustus. So, of course, I make a reservation, an advance notice. I get there, and they tell me. And I got there around 4 o'clock in the afternoon on uh, Friday. They tell me my room isn't ready. Mm. Okay? And it's going to be a couple hours. I can leave my luggage and go gamble. And, you know, of course, I'm like, how is my room not ready? You're telling me it could be 7, 8 o'clock at night. So, they pick up the phone and... So, wait, is, anyhow, this, is, this a, hang on, is this a suite or a regular room at Augustus? It's uh, a petite suite. Okay. So, but I'm lucky, you know, I'm lucky I'm getting anything because I don't, you know, I don't, like you, I'm not giving them any action, but I still keep getting the offers, you know, nonstop. But anyhow, so, you know, I don't, I don't want to wait till seven o'clock to, you know, I don't want my luggage. I don't, I'm not going to gamble there. I want to just go upstairs. And so they find, they make some phone calls. They put me in, in Augustus, uh, room, petite suite, just same accommodations, but just a different tower. Anyhow, so I was there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I checked out today. And I got three different credits. You'd be proud of me for fail. Okay. <laughs> now I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I just want to give a disclaimer. I'm not. Uh, as you would say player hating on you. You know that, that when you do right. complain. Yeah, no, but oh, I, don't, on, I don't. Let me get rid. Of, let me get rid of the uh, the white. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. No. <laughs> so anyway, I don't go out of my way to complain. I truly don't. But when things are just so fucking preposterous, I I. I do have that tendency when things are just that bad that I have to say something I do. But little things, for the most part, I let them just go. So three absurd things happened over my stay there, and each time I got a $50 credit for it. You're actually running worse than me recently at these Caesars properties. Yes, I am. Now, 
they're not really normal things. Like when I explain it to you, of course, you're going to realize that it was justified that I got some sort of compensation. But do you think you could guess any of the three? Oh, not, I, don't, I wouldn't say any of them are even standard. The, the problem is Caesars. I don't think they're issues we've ever discussed. Caesars before. really has such a wide breadth of fail there that uh, they, they really find a way to fail at every possible thing. There's, there's always a way they can fail anything there. So, like, that's why this is so hard to guess. Especially things that you say that are not standard. So, I, unfortunately, I have no idea what they could possibly be. All right. The first thing was when I checked in at their little uh, seven-star diamond lounge on Friday, I waited almost 50 minutes before I could check in. The line was literally out the door. And guess how many agents they had? Now, there's room for seven agents at that desk. And you know what I'm referring to. You know yeah, the area yeah. I'm talking about. There's room for seven agents. Okay? It's a Friday, holiday weekend. How many agents do they have working? <laughs> Uh, two? Two. So it literally took me... Sorry, the, the audience got a good laugh at that one. Go, go ahead. Now, of course, on the Flamingo side, there used to be an Augustus Octavius VIP Tower registration. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. That's closed now. Yeah, I know that's gone, yeah. Yes. So then, of course, I did a quick run. I had someone hold my place in line to the main uh, check-in, and that was just a fucking abomination. I mean, that was just nuts. <laughs> so literally, it took me... Almost an hour, okay, to go about, I don't know, how, long, how big would you say that room is? From just when you walk in the door to the front Oh, desk, yeah, maybe. yeah, it's like a few steps, yeah. It's, yeah. It's... yeah, so, I mean, 50 minutes, and they have two agents working on, on a That's holiday weekend, so I complained. Okay, I said something, and then I got a phone call. Uh, I didn't even ask for money. I just said, this is absolutely fucking absurd. Like, really, I've, I've checked in here maybe 100 times over the last five years. And I've never even come close to waiting. And how do you have two people here? And of course, I'm like, I know it's not your fault. You're just an employee, you know. I, but still, like, this yeah, is, but that's this the absurd. worst thing. The worst thing is that they put two people there. That's, that's... Right, but I don't want. Right, but I don't want to, you know, insult them because I know it's not their fault. They're just sitting there doing their job. They don't do the scheduling or yeah. Whoever did the scheduling know. dropped the ball big time. Yeah. So fifty dollars from that. Then the next two were a boom, boom, back to back fifty dollar headshot, like within thirty, forty five minutes. <laughs> this morning. It's, I don't know, 7 o'clock in the morning or so. And I go downstairs uh, and I get – I go to that uh, French little cafe. It's called Payard, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I want to use up my credits. So I go and I get you know some breakfast, some coffee, and uh, walk up to my room. The keys don't work. Okay? Keys don't work. And, I, you know, I always make sure, like, I have two of them on me. They weren't demagnetized. I, you know, I had one, like – in my pocket, and the other one was in like this. I, I think I, I think I already see what's coming, but go ahead. Tell yeah. me. Okay, I'm sure you do. So I go downstairs, like, look, my keys don't work. This is an epic fail. Like, you know, I don't know why this can be two new keys. Okay, no problem. Go back upstairs, and of course, at that point, let me, let me. I'm sorry, let me just back up. The only registration line they have open is a main one, and I don't know what people are doing. I see all this typing and all these numbers, and people are arguing. But it, it, you know, it takes me about 15 minutes just to see somebody at seven this morning. And all I want is fucking keys. Get my keys, go upstairs, doesn't fucking open again. I'm like, really? So then, I mean, I'm in the Octavius Tower, Druff. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a walk, you know? So walk all the way back down. And at that point, I'm like, seriously, come on. My breakfast is now cold. Like, you know, what, what are you guys doing? Just give me some keys from my room. Let me get in there. Okay? So give me keys again. Then they apologize. They say, I'm going to give you a $15 credit for your breakfast being cold and all the walking. Okay. Walk back up, doesn't work again. Okay. So at that point, I'm just livid. So I just call the main number from up there in the room and I start yelling. Okay. So they, you know, 
They're like, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. We're going to send somebody for maintenance. Oh, that's a disaster. You would have so been waiting for eternity. long story short, what ended up happening is in that – I don't know that, 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 I don't know what you even call it, but that card area where you – know, the key card area, the battery died inside it. Oh. Okay? So anyhow, I go back upstairs, and they tell me maintenance will be right there. It takes about 45 minutes for maintenance to come. Yeah, I was okay, gonna say that. The maintenance, maintenance takes, door and I'm fucking livid they, again. They take an eternity to come maintenance. You, you never like hearing maintenance is coming because you're gonna be waiting forever. So I'm standing. I'm literally now at this point about two hours from when I departed my room to get some breakfast to go, and I'm still not back in my room yet. So of course I call and I raise hell again. And what do they say, Mr. Gerson? We're sorry. We'll give you a fifty dollars credit. <laughs> do they even see that you have the other fifty dollars when they they're must this? because it's always fifty dollars? How is it always fifty dollars? Started with that hand job lady. It's always fifty dollars. You know, i i always uh, I always feel weird, no matter how justified I am, to get like multiple of those credits because I always think they're going to just look at me like the biggest asshole for for trying to like they're going to think I'm angling for credits even when I'm not. Now, I guess because they're offering them to you, it's a different story. But I only asked for it once, and that was for the weight. I'm like, you know, I need you need to do something here. And I didn't even say an amount. But maybe they're looking and they just see I have a slew of fifty dollars credits. So let's tack on another one. Let's go. Let's go fourteen billion dollars in debt, fifty dollars at a time. <laughs> That's yeah. really what they're doing. I, I had a key story not too different from yours, but I, I don't know which is worse between ours. Yours was the one that just you know the key would not work no matter what, and you had to wait an eternity. Mine was that we came back from the pool. It was me, Benjamin's mom, and Benjamin. And you know how it is when you come back from the pool. You're walking. You, you, we walk back in our bathing suits and a towel. It's not that long of a walk, you know, from the pool to to Augustus. So, uh, you know, we didn't get fully dressed or change anything down at the pool. We just, we'll, we'll walk through the short lobby there and go up uh, to the top. Now, you get kind of cold, especially in the air conditioning that way, but it's a short walk, no big deal. We get to the top and the freaking keys don't work. So, again, no good reason. It wasn't because they demagnetized or anything like that. I go down and uh, into into the VIP area. And there's a line, and in the meantime, Benjamin is shivering up there with you know with his uh, his mom standing. They're both standing there cold in the hallway. This isn't just me being impatient. So so I, I there's this line. So I, I go to the front there and just quickly tell them, hey, I've got uh, you know my my wife and and kid are, are shivering in the hallway up there. We just came from the pool, and you can see I came from the pool too. Can you please you know just get these keys made? Like, I wasn't trying to cut in line. It's just I, I kind of think this gets priority over someone checking in or whatever, which, which can wait. You know. And it's not like taking making keys is really fast. It's not like this is something that would have taken 15 minutes. So they refuse. Sir, can you see I'm helping this customer here, I'm told, in a nasty tone of voice. And, and the, the other one's like on the phone, and I can't get her attention. Uh, I'm starting to argue, and they don't give a shit. They really want me to just stand in line and wait until everybody checks in and wait, you know, 20 minutes or whatever it is for this line to go down while everybody's standing there shivering in the hallway. And all I need is keys. So they, I kept insisting, well, finally, in the other line, that person got off the phone and the person in that line said, oh, oh no, I, I don't want you and your family to wait upstairs here. Let, let, this, let this gentleman make his keys first before you continue helping me. So like the the customer told them to help me, and they did. And again, it, it turned out that my keys were miscoded for the day they were supposed to expire. So that's why it uh, it it at yeah, two p.m. or whatever uh, cut off. So 
that was why it happened. So it was Caesar's yeah. fault. And, and so they did it only because the customer told them to. Otherwise, I was going to be stuck waiting the 20 minutes. And so I, that uh, When uh, I was about 45 minutes in to trying to get to my reservation lady to get in, get her into my room. And I was the next person up. I'm not, I mean, I'm not proud of this, but it's the truth. I'm the next person up. And this lady in a motorized scooter <laughs> comes to the front of the line and looks at me and says, I just have a real quick question. It's only going to take a couple minutes. And I'm like, no, I've been here 45 minutes. I'm not waiting anymore. You're going to have to wait. I'm going next. And I, I literally snapped at her. And I mean, I'm not proud of it. I mean, you know, I don't even think she needed it for a uh, disability. I think she was just fat and didn't want to walk. Okay. I don't think she, you know, she was in one of those uh, Doyle Brunson, you know, what do they call those? You know, there's like, isn't there a name? For the motorized scooter things? Yeah, yeah. Some you know, kind of, yeah, you're right. Those... Like, if it's a few minutes, I understand. Like, if it's like, I have yeah. one question, that's one, like, a one-word answer. Okay, right. fine. Like, but, like, and a few minutes, I could drag on forever. I understand. Yeah, I don't think she was disabled. Maybe she was. And if she was, she was one of those, what do you, uh, spoiled disabled people. She had, like, a little, a nice little ceiling fan in the thing, and <laughs> there was a radio in there. Might have even been an AC unit in wow. there. Wow. So she was yeah. the most prepared to wait of anybody. She had a ceiling yeah, fan and a, and a yeah, radio. A you, you're just standing there by yourself, like, with your phone yeah. at most. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a disaster. The worst thing of everything you described, though, I mean, at least the thing with the two hours. I mean, seriously, that's fucking. I mean, it's I don't even want the fifty dollars. I mean, that doesn't cover my time. No, I know. I know. Walk out of the room, go into the casino area, get a breakfast sandwich and a coffee. And then literally two hours later till I can enter my room. I mean, that's fucking brutal. I mean, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, I, I, I once I think the most... what they first told me. I didn't even tell you this part where they first told me is when I put my key through the little door reader it starts like a bright yellow color i've never seen before and the lady downstairs is arguing me telling me that means that the deadbolt is on and somebody's in my room and of course i'm saying well if somebody and and nobody was with me so of course i'm saying if somebody's in my fucking room there's a that's another problem itself (laughs) they're like well sir that means a deadbolt's on and then of course maintenance like they don't know what they're talking about they think they know engineering they should stick to reservations yeah maintenance hates the rest of the hotel i've noticed that like like in, in the rio the same thing the maintenance guys just talk trash on the rest of the hotels Yes, they do. Yes, yes. So anyhow, besides that, um, that was my only level. Of, well, those are the three levels of fail. Other than that, I had a nice weekend, but I did not give them any action. I played a little bit at Bellagio and at the Aria. Uh, my friend, um, he's on here. I'm not going to say his real name, but uh, his name is Painless One on PFA. I think he, yeah. I think he's ever in the chat, but I know he plays in uh, some of the uh, free rolls. And, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I know he's bought pieces of you in the yeah, world series before, but he's been in town. So we hung out uh, Sunday and Monday night. He's a real good guy. He lives in L.A. And he's here uh, for about two weeks. So we, you know, had a couple drinks. And uh, he's a real big Pygal Tiles uh, fan. That's his game. Of all the games in the casino, that's his, his one passion. Have either one of you ever played Pygal Tiles before? Um, Jesus. You know, I, runway. No, no, no. He, he, he had LAX. I'm, I'm driving. I'm on the 15. 15, oh. minutes, 15 miles out of Vegas. Are you? Are you leaving Vegas? No, he's coming no, to I'm, Vegas. I'm on my way. You're coming to Vegas right now. No shit. Where are you staying at? Tropicana. Tropicana. How long are you here for? Till Friday. Okay. Well, you know what? We should maybe have a little meetup or so. Are you normal? You're not going to ask me to buy you <laughs> box fan and rotten cheese. That's right now. 
Oh, but you know what I was going to ask you guys, too? Well, if we're done with the uh, key conversation. Yeah, we are. Because I'm, I'm coming in for a couple conferences, but I was going to do the uh, Super Contest at the uh, okay. Westgate. Oh, yeah. Yep. Have you played? Uh, the Westgate. Have you done that? And have you dealt with proxies before? For that? I have not ever entered that contest. Um, I am good at picking games. I mean, I, I really am. I, I Last year, I think, except for one I think I made sizable bets maybe on eight or nine games last year, and I only lost one of them. And uh, one one other one was a real uh, – I got really lucky at the end. That was Florida State and Miami. Uh, but I'm good at that. But in terms of pick, the pick the pros contest and all that, uh, I'm not very good at it, so I've never entered that. My dad, on the other hand, this was I – mean, he's very good. I think it was maybe – was it 2008? He actually beat out like four thousand people at the Palms and won twenty five thousand wow. dollars in one of those. Like you know, not only did he have to go undefeated, you got to go undefeated and then win the tiebreaker. I mean, because there's so many entries that you know somebody goes because you're not picking the spreads. I don't think you're just picking the games, or maybe you are picking the spreads. I don't know. But either way, uh, he's done that for years. He loves it. Uh, and you know, if you don't, if you miss one week, you're out of it. But I guess for what is is it? What's the buy-in for the Westgate? Is it so like is it five k or ten k? No, it's fifteen hundred. It's fifteen hundred. Last higher. Yeah, last year paid like uh, seven hundred and ninety something thousand for first place. I'm, wow. I'm I'm in an identical pool where basically you pick five games with the line each each uh, each week, and I won mine last year with my record. I would have gotten like ninth for sixty three thousand. Oh. In that one last wow. year, so figure wow. pretty good. I thought it used to be a lot higher than that. Maybe they lowered it after the Westgate took over. I thought it used to be like five. Someone could look it up in the chat, I'm sure. But I thought it used to be like 5K or 10K. But anyhow, yeah, so uh, you're going to be here till Friday. You're at uh, Tropicana, and you're here on uh, business? At Tropicana, yep, going to that drone show. I don't know if I told you about that at the uh, Rio. If, you're, if that interests you at all, interdrone.com. I got free passes. And no, I, I mean, event, I'm not going to so. be one of those people that act like I care when I really don't know. It doesn't interest me. I mean, I would meet you for like a coffee or, you know, to hang out or some. Yeah, I, I, I can I can verify that I've you know, I've met with uh, Trader Ruski here and uh, yeah, a few times and uh, there, there were no incidents of any kind. I sounds so. like a great kid. Okay, you, yeah. Is this that? your first time in Vegas since you turned 21? It's <laughs> <laughs> my first time in the last couple of months. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, tweet at me or DM me on Twitter. I, I forget. What your, what's your name on Twitter again? Yeah, uh, Trey Darsky. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Well, yeah. Contact me. I got. I mean, I got nothing really going on. Um, see, maybe I shouldn't say it's fine. See, money's here this week. Oh wow! I'm to meet up with him on Thursday to watch uh, some football. So maybe we all, you know, you can come meet see money. I know he, he knows who you are. He loves this uh, radio show. So. But uh, yeah, anyhow, so that's that's that was my weekend. Uh, you know, I hung out with Painless One and Caesars, and it was you know, other than like I said, the uh, and you know, let me ask you: say you got one hundred fifty dollars, and you're hypothetically by yourself at Caesars, what would you? How would you spend it, Druff? Oh, well, I would. Restaurants I, there. What would you? Do, what would you do? On the restaurants, um, go to Homestead and just get a steak. You know, I, I might. Uh, one thing that bothers me, the homestead is just so overpriced that even with comps, unless you just like have so many comps you don't care, even with comps, it's kind of yeah, it kind of feels crappy. It's kind of a ripoff. But uh, I, I would either go there or I would go to Nobu. I think 
One of those two. What do you? What's your feeling with that uh, Italian restaurant? What is it? Rouse? Rose? I've never been there, but I've heard it's a fail. I heard it's a, a very watered down version of that's the New York of the that's, New York one, which is good. Yeah, that's where I went, and it was a fail. Yeah, and I've been there before, and I, it's one of those things where you forget how much of a fail it is, and you still got to go like every three years to remind yourself. Yeah, I never went. I just was I was scared too much by too many bad reviews, and I said I believe them. Like, <laughs> uh, old Homestead isn't bad except it has no atmosphere, and it's. Uh, and it's way too expensive for, like, even by Caesar standards, way too expensive. I'm actually, I took a photo of the line. You can appreciate this, but I'm not going to spend more time talking about it, but I'm going to send it to you so you can see it. Oh, um, I'm also getting a message here on my own little Drexel hotline. This one's from Jay Searless. He wants, I have my own, you know, text number too. He wants to know, <laughs> ask Druff why he won't discuss our weight loss bet. Well, there is no weight loss bet. He, I know he wants to call in about something, but I haven't gotten a call from. I think I saw a call from him coming in at one point, but then the, it's in the computer crash or something. But he can call in now if he wants. I've said before he can call in, but when he claimed he was calling in earlier, he just wasn't calling. I just wasn't getting a call. So I, I don't know. I don't understand what he's trying to do. It's kind of hard to do a weight loss bet anyway with somebody in Kansas City. Like, like, how do we even verify this? Especially someone who's known for Welch bets. Like, even if he sent me the money first or I know he couldn't welch, uh, like, how do you verify the weight's really losing? You know, like, I, how, how do I know he's not just sucking his stomach in and, and readjusting the scale? Like, how would we even do this? The, to really have an accurate weight well, loss bet, you have to meet in person. you got to give the kid credit. He's kind of built up his uh, I don't know, respectability back. He's kind of like a comeback player of the year candidate, would no, you say? A little no. bit, but uh, he still has plenty of the old baggage. And they, he actually, the, the, what, what, they call him the sizzler? Is that correct? Well, the thing is he was bragging on the forum uh, in March that uh, he was, quote, starting to show abs and that he's lost so much weight and he's keeping it off. And, and I told him this is temporary. It's going to come back. And and he's acting like a fat ass who lost weight for the first time in his life, and he's like, oh no no no, I'm and I, I even linked him in an article where ninety percent of the people who lose weight gain it back. So he said, oh, I'm part of the other ten percent. You don't understand. Well, sure enough, uh, someone found some recent pictures of him. I don't know where, maybe on Facebook or something. And uh, yeah, he gained it back. So that, that's what this is about. He's mad now that uh, I was laughing about this, and uh, because I, I said it myself back in March that he's going to gain it back. And, they were, and he, was, he was insisting this is never going to happen. Now, and then he tried to throw in my face and said, hey, well, look at this thread you created in, in 2013 uh, or 2014, whenever I was uh, created Sorry, it, I even uh, asked. about how uh, I was going to lose weight. And I, I lost 24 pounds, and then I've, I've gained I don't know, about two-thirds of it back. But the thing was I was never on my high horse claiming that this is permanent weight that's never coming back. I, I know there's always the danger of that Whatever happened. Whatever happened to Dandruff's high horse? Uh, that was actually Gamblebot, I think. So he's never. I don't think we'll see him again. What was the other one that was? <laughs> you used to laugh. What was it Dandruff Soul or something? Yeah, that was, it was black. Yeah. The, <laughs> Dandruff Soul. The, 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 the avatar was just like empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. You know, I was I was pointing out earlier you weren't uh, here, but I was saying that as far as the various sites that kind of began at Neverwin Poker and kind of spun off from there. The second longest running site is Poker Fraud Alert, only behind everyone Poker. Wow. Yeah. The, the others either went down or just went so dead that they were like they were down. Or you snatched up the domains when you could. And and I always snatch up domains. I will always do that. I will snatch up every domain I can. So, okay, let's uh, 
Now that we're past the Caesar's pale, Caesar's fail portion of the show. I sent you a photo, by the way. When you have a second look at your phone. Oh yeah, let me let me take a look. That was at this. about twenty five minutes in. Let me take a look at this in. line here. I was like a good line picture. Oh yeah, that's a zoo. Yeah. Did they at least have like the cookies in there? Nope, nothing was in and there. Not even cookies. Yeah, that's, a, that's the worst when there's a line in there and there's no cookies or fruit or anything. Nothing. Nothing. All right. So, and there's a tiny room, so you get really cramped in there too when there's a lot of people. And of course, there's like eight people that work there coming in and out from the back, you know, from behind back the counter. None of them are opening a register, or, you know, opening a little working station. Nothing. All right. So here's here's I think is Jay Searles. Is this Jay Searles? Hello. He's not talking. He's either not talking or there's something wrong and I can't hear him. But he should be on here. I don't know. I shouldn't have updated Skype. That was my mistake. So what was the fail earlier with your laptop? Are you still using the girl's laptop? Or yeah, yeah. The weird thing was it just it just lost internet. And it wasn't that the internet was dead here. It just that this computer would not connect to the internet. And Jay Searles was calling back. So I had to completely turn it off and back on to make it get on the internet. I think we got Jay Searles on now. Jay Searles, you should be there. What's up? There What's we up? are. There we are. Is this Jay Searles? This is Jay Searles. Okay. So what's this how about do, a wait? How, how do we verify that it's him? Well, it's the right area code. And I let me see. I think he okay, texted I'll him ask earlier. him something only he would know. Okay. Uh, Jay Searles, you had – there was some sort of concert, sporting event, something that you had had some tickets for. That only I would know about. What was the event for? And that you had posted it on social media. That's a good one. Look- I, I don't know. It's probably a Royals game. I was going to get take you to that Royals game. Yeah, it was season. a Royals game. Okay, it's him. Yeah, I thought it was him. It's the same. I mean, this number was texting me earlier, too, okay. and claiming to be What's him. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Oh, not too bad. Just fucking donked off my whole roll on Bovada, so now I figured I'd call and talk to you guys. All right. How, how much was the money you donked off? What was the loss? Oh, it, was like, it was like 500 a night. Really? I think it's because you were on tilt from arguing with me on the forum. I think that uh, brought you bad luck. I think you were the ones on tilt earlier. You're, like, accusing my wife of cheating on me and fucking you're mad because you have diabetes. No, you were were implying the reverse about me. I was just saying, where's your wife? That's all I was saying. No, no, that's not true at all. So, so, okay, so here's the question. You, You insisted back in March of 2015, which is just six months ago, that... You were the exception. You're not going to gain the weight back. And you were very adamant about that, insisting that this is permanent. And you've made lifestyle changes. And now, now the weight's come back. So, where are, you, where are you getting all this shit at? Because I read the thread, and I never insisted it was permanent. I never said that I was the fucking god of losing weight. I lost 50 pounds. I've gained about 20 back. And, like, I weigh 50 pounds less than you do. So I, I'm not sure where you're coming from. You wait, well, you're a lot shorter than I am. I have a way better BMI than you. Is that a better calculation? I I don't think you do. <laughs> I also like to see you on a scale too. A lot of times people say they're 170, they're really 200. Yeah, I mean, there's really no reason for me to lie about it. I post pictures of myself quite often on my Facebook account, which a lot of people are on, like. It's pretty indisputable. Well, okay. Well, speaking of indisputable, I haven't been looking at your Facebook, and another user of the site brought up the fact that you look like you've been, quote, packing on the pounds big time. If it was just 20 pounds, I don't think that would have shown that much. 
you realize that was one of my biggest fucking trolls on the forum, right? So you're just taking that for gospel that he said it looks like I'm packing on the pounds? Well, no, but I think he wouldn't have brought this up unless it was noticeable. I, if it was 20 pounds, I think it would have been like a little bit. I don't think he would have just jumped on that. It's just, he's, he seemed very like, happy to have found this. I agree it's someone who trolls you, like but... like 90% of Sloppy Joe's posts have been trolling me. So, I mean, you can fucking go to... Go to Facebook and type in Jason Searles and fucking look me up and you can see the pictures for yourself. I'm down over 30 pounds this year still to this day. Okay. Well, you admitted yourself on the thread that you've been gaining weight because of uh, something about your job I being just, gone. And Yeah, I just said a little bit ago. I lost 50 pounds. I gained about 20 back. Are you listening? Well, that's not that's not a good sign. That's You're on the wrong path there. What, what, uh, what job did you lose? The only job I've ever had. <laughs> I, I don't even. Well, I mean, what were you? What did, I don't even know. He was a rental cop. He was, he was a security guard. Yeah, that's exactly not true. But you can keep on telling yourself that. Well, because what were you doing there? I thought I always thought that's what you I were. For, I did. I worked for a security guard company, but I was a manager. I had like 110 security guards work for me. That's a little bit different. Well, okay. Than did you show up to work? Did you show up to work in a uniform? Is the question. No. Okay. All right, so where, so where'd the job go? Where'd the job What's go that? and why? You, you said it was on my site, but I, maybe you posted it when I was on vacation. I, for some reason, I never saw it. So what happened to... Druff turning into MyCon doesn't even read his own forum. Like, there was a huge thread about this. Well, okay, I was gone for two weeks. I don't know when you posted it, but I was gone for two weeks. I didn't see everything. You were, you were, reading, you were reading it every time you're on the shitter. Like, you don't ever leave the forum, Druff. Are you kidding? I you're just telling me I don't read. You got to decide here. Either I am on there too much or I'm not on there enough. It's got to be one of the two. It can't be both. Um, so just tell okay, us what happened with the enough. job. Where where did the job go? They just they closed the smaller offices. I live in a small town and uh, it's one of the smaller offices and they just fucking, you know, standard corporate downsizing. So they closed the office. They offered me my same job where I had to drive like 60 miles or fucking six months severance. And I said, fuck you guys, get in my money. How small yeah, could the office... I would have taken the severance well, too, I think. Well, how small could the office yeah. be? Josh, have you ever got severance before? That's one of the things in life that's on my bucket list. I've never been offered severance. <laughs> I, I I'll kind, be honest. I've never got any severance from I, anywhere. I, I kind of had a severance. Uh, it was when I severance. left the last job I had in 2003... And uh, basically, that was when I was blowing up on Poker Stars and uh, you know owning the thirty sixty game on on there. And I I decided between not being happy at the job I was at, which I'd been at for like five and a half years at that point, but uh, I wasn't happy there anymore. A lot of things had changed, and uh, and I was making more money playing poker than I was. Was it uh, inner office politics that uh, kind of stuff? I, I guess it can be described that way. So anyway, I I offered I I, I, I said I'm going to leave here. But I didn't like outright quit. It was like a, an agreement that I would leave. I would agree to come back in if they needed me for transition or to show people about, you know, they had any questions about the programs I wrote or worked on that, that I wouldn't just disappear and say, F you, I'm not here anymore. Goodbye. That Like I'd always be available to consult with and uh, in exchange for giving me like six weeks of pay, something like that. So they did that. And that's that's the closest to severance I ever got. Trader Ruski, have you ever got any severance? Nah, I've pretty much always had my own businesses since I was about 20. So. Really? I didn't know that. No severance. I have to make money the, the old-fashioned way. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is nice. It is a nice feeling to be just doing nothing and, and making money from it. That That is a nice feeling. You know, I've, always, I've always envied these coaches 
to have like four or five. Like I remember Charlie Weiss when he got fired from Notre Dame, he had like seven years and like forty million dollars left. And then he went and coached at Kansas, got fired from there, and, and then he had like three more years. He was getting paid between these two schools. It, it was like absurd. It was like seven million dollars a year for like the next ten years to do nothing. Yeah, well, that's what might even be more absurd is badass came and yeah, then his fat ass was coaching the Chiefs for a while. <laughs> it yeah. was a training camp, and he drove one of them fucking scooters around. <laughs> I, I knew Jay Searles would have a comment here on that because he's from Kansas himself, so or actually from Missouri, but you know, right next to Kansas. So uh, this is a story that came out today about the United Airlines CEO resigning, and he got four point eight million dollars as a quote separation package. But the ridiculous thing about that is that he was resigning because of being caught doing something illegal, and that was uh, bribing the director of the New York Port, Port Authority with a nonstop flight that they added to the United schedule just to have this guy treat them more favorably because this guy had a second home in South Carolina that he liked to visit, but he didn't like layovers. And it's, you know, it's very hard to fly direct to Columbia, South Carolina from uh, the New York area. So they added a flight just for this guy to go to Columbia nonstop, and in return, this director at the Port Authority did some favorable things for United. So this United CEO resigned because of the scandal, and he still gets $4.8 million to resign, basically because he had to because he did something illegal. That's, that's a pretty good deal, that instead of going to jail, you get $5 bucks. So that... Uh, yeah. That, that that beats all of our severance packages. Hmm. Wow. So that's, that's a really interesting story. Well, glad you enjoyed it. A little bit of tension between the two. No, I mean, it's, uh, I know it's not as interesting as uh, a security office in uh, the Kansas City area closing, but uh, yeah. that's a story that happened today. I, I found it interesting because it's it's kind of weird. Like a big airline like United would add a flight – just for one person to then have uh, get favors done for them in the city of New York. It just shows all the corruption that you're not even aware of. Like you, you see a flight on the United schedule, you'd never imagine for a second that there's something corrupt about that. You just go, oh, it's a flight, big deal. So, okay, let's uh, – Jay Searles, do you have anything else to say besides uh, – We've got we to gotta hammer out this weight loss bet, Joe. Well, how would we even do this? don't want to do the weight loss. There's all kinds of ways you can do it. There's there's fucking websites that you can do it on. There's gyms you can go to where they'll verify your weight. Like, it's not that hard. You're smarter than this, Druff. There's gyms you can go to verify your weight. Okay, first of all, uh, you can verif- You can bribe someone at the gym who works probably for, you know, $11 <laughs> an hour. Hey, I'll give you 50 bucks if you say my weight is less or uh, adjust the scale. That, that's the first problem. Second problem is th- these are not – Super accurate scales. These are uh, so so the you to make a weight loss bet sounds work. Like, you have to you have to weigh each other like on the same. You have to scared, you have to weigh yourselves That's on the awesome. same scale. You have to do it in person. A, There's no shenanigans on the same scale. Calibrated. These scales are calibrated. Like it's not that it's not that big of a concept. No, I, I doubt that these are super accurate scales. The the point is at a gym, since you're on the same scale all the time, you get on that scale and it shows you know 180. And then if you keep going to the gym two months later, it shows 160, you know you've made progress. It doesn't matter if the scale is oh, off by five the pounds. scales ever work in the, the, the Augustus or Octavius Tower either. People That's, take the batteries out. There you go. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Even the Augustus Tower, the scales don't work. 
No, scales are all over the place. Like, doctor scales are even wrong all the time. So it's because it doesn't really matter if your weight is you know, within a few pounds either way for health reasons. If you weigh 183 or 180, it's the same thing. So that's really to have a weight loss bet work, you have to weigh yourself on the same scale before and after. There's like official websites where you can go on and do this shit. You can escrow money, and it's like weight loss contest. Of course, you, you can. There's websites for all kinds out. of things. There's all kinds of things for weight yeah. loss. And not only that, like I knew a guy, I knew a guy 15 years ago who did a weight loss bet at, at a job that uh, I was at. I didn't participate in this bet, but this guy, when it came to the official weigh-in, did all this shady stuff where he uh, he went into a, a sauna and just kept sweating and sweating and sweating and like dehydrated himself, so he lost all this water, but it wasn't real weight. It was just uh, water weight what's, that would re- return. What's shady about that? Boxers do that all the fucking time. Well, that's time. that's the problem. That's not real weight. That's just you know how how much can you starve yourself or or lose water out of your body over a period of one or two days uh, to where you don't pass well, out. Coming out of your mouth is fucking excuses. It's not bro. excuses. You're, it's it's you're, you're just one of these fat. Your you're whole someone life. who welched on a five hundred dollar bet and still hasn't paid to this day, and, and you want me to That's trust you in a weight loss bet? It's a joke. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I'll escrow with you any amount you're comfortable with in this weight loss bet. I'm, I'm telling you that there's too many ways to cheat. There's too many shenanigans that can occur. I, I can't do a two thousand mile away weight loss bet. I just can't. Mm-hmm. There's, there's I mean, too I many ways to. You just want to stay fat and drink a pop every night before bed. I get it. You're the just one whose weight is rapidly ascending. Your get... weight is rapidly on the way up. <laughs> mine, mine's been you know, very slowly returning, and still isn't back to where it was when I started. But mine's you're... very slowly going up, like you know, a pound or two every few months. Your, yours is just rocketing back up. Since March, you've gained over 20 pounds by your own admission. So. It just sounds like you're scared, Ralph. No, I'm not scared. I just uh, I don't trust you. So, uh, Drexel, I got a question for you. If you got uh, a free upgrade to first class and then some uh, Aspie Jew came up to you and offered you $40 oh, no. for your seat, would you give it up to him? It's a dumb question. I'm not sure if he's read the three. He has no idea what you're talking about. This is a straightforward question. No. Like, if he got a free upgrade for four and some some weird autistic Jew was offering $40 to move back to coach, would he take it? I mean, it's a pretty straightforward question. You know, you still there, Drexel? Drexel's still there. But... Oh, I'm sorry, I had it on mute. Actually, <laughs> no. The, the answer is absolutely not. I would not. But but he's no. he's leaving absolutely out so many not. details here. That's, that's not why even for it's forty dollars. I would I wouldn't do it for hundred forty. It's it's a dumb question. He's oh, he's man. asking about a a weird situation where the. Uh, the first class is not real first class. It's just a thing with more leg room where they sell it for forty dollars more on a crap airline. And and where despite the fact it's only forty dollars more, everybody on there is so you know either so poor or so cheap that uh, they don't even pay the extra forty to get the uh, the extra leg room over there, and 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 it's in a flight that has terrible leg room, and then uh, your seats end up you you buy the first class, your seats end up being given away because you're two minutes late, and so you get reassigned to coach seats. People got your first class seats for free, which are only worth forty dollars more again, and uh, and were available almost all the way up to the flight time. Uh, you bought, what like, airlines are? This was Air Canada. This was Air Canada Rouge, which is a terrible airline. I want you to avoid it. It's like the Air discount, Canada Rouge. Yes, it's the discount airline of Air Canada. Google Air Canada Rouge and read the reviews. You won't believe it. It's, it's horrible. And I didn't know this when I booked it. I just thought it was like Air Canada, and I had no idea. And then like 
I figured it out like right after I finished booking. I'm like, oh shit, what did I just do? It, it was so bad I almost just like ate the tickets and just didn't even use them. But I, I was too Jewish to. Big surprise there, Druff. Druff's fat ass was going to eat something. <laughs> Wow. You're the guy who gained 25 pounds recently. How can you be making I gotta fat give him jokes? Credit. He's a pretty good troll. How can you be making fat jokes? You just gained 25 pounds. You gained 16, and it was 20. Yeah, so, what, so, which really is, which is the bigger? Which is the bigger number? 25 no, I've been or 16? The same weight for about 15 years. Hmm. Is, is that abnormal? Have you been trying to? I mean, I, I eat healthy. I don't eat fried foods. I try to limit. My sugar intake, eat a lot of fish, fruits, vegetables. I've been about 168 to 170 pounds in that range for about 15 years. Well, maybe it's a combination of things. Some, some people also don't gain weight as easily as others. But uh, anyway, they, so the, what happened here is that uh, this, this Air Canada Rouge, they have terrible, terrible leg room where even if you're like five foot ten, you don't fit in the seats. So you can imagine for me that uh, I didn't fit in the coach. It's like a, a propeller plane? No, it's not even a propeller plane. It's just they stuff the seats really, really close. It should be illegal what they're doing, but they don't warn you about this when you buy it. You just buy it, then you, you get the bad news when you show up there. I found out beforehand because I, I was reading the review of this, and I'm like, oh, my God, what did I just buy? So like, th- I figured this out like three days before the flight, and this is last year, and I said, crap, what can I do about this? Well, I found that, unbelievably, what they call first class, which in reality is the same coach seats except they don't sell the middle one, so they just leave that blank, and then and then they give you more leg room, kind of like equivalent to U.S. business class. So you do have decent leg room over there. Uh, for only like forty dollars more, you can get those. It was like one hundred sixty for the ticket, and forty more if you want to go to the quote first class seats. So obviously it was a no brainer, especially for someone for like me who does not fit in the coach seats on this plane that were much smaller than U.S. coach seats. So I, I upgraded, of course, for sure, as I did for Ben's mom and for Benjamin. So. I showed up to the airport 58 minutes before the flight, and at 60 minutes, they give the seats away. So what, what happened was they took mine away, reassigned me to coach. and Wait, so you weren't on time for an uh, uh, Air Canada Rouge flight? Well, I thought I was on time. Usually six, 58 minutes before the flight is fine for any airline, but right here, uh, it was a 60-minute deadline for whatever reason. So, so they took away my first-class seats and reassigned me to this awful coach seats, which I don't even fit in. And, uh, and would not give them back to me, and they gave them to other people for free. The computer automatically assigns them to other people for free. So my idea, since these people didn't buy them in the first place for the $40 extra, so I figured, you know, obviously it's not worth extra 40 for them to sit there. I figured I would go on the plane, find who's sitting in my seats, and offer them $40 each to return back to where they came from, which made sense to me because... <laughs> They decided in the first place the forty dollars wasn't worth it. Southern plantation owner at all? What? (laughs) Nothing. Keep going. I mean, it it made sense to me because if it was worth forty dollars for them to be over there, they would have paid it in the first place. So here they got it for free, and I'm giving them forty dollars to go back to where they were supposed to be. They they didn't have to do it. I I, it was an offer I made to them, and they and so they refused. And I it didn't ask because you're a pretentious asshole. No, like, I wasn't pretentious. I didn't. I didn't. I went up. I was very friendly about it. I was very nice. I. I didn't. Re, I didn't argue with them. I just. I very. Because I, I. knew I had. I knew I had to come to them in a nice manner. If I came up like aggressive, then they'd especially say no. So I came up very kindly, explained very quickly what happened, uh, and and said, you know, can I please just give you the difference, which is forty dollars, the amount that I bought these for, and I'll give it to you in cash right now, and can you s- switch seats with me? 
And they said no. And I didn't argue. I just said okay and went back. But uh, they, they didn't do it. And I found that was just kind of weird because if they wanted that those seats in the first place, they would have paid the $40. So That's Mount Charleston. That is Mount Charleston. Here, I'm going I'm to put someone on here. Hang on a second. We'll, we'll add another uh, party to this. So, so Jay Searles has been trolling me all day about this situation. I and, like the kid. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, just because we don't have, you know, we I think we're at that point where I can like somebody even if you just like them. We don't have to have, you know what I mean? Remember when you're kids, people, kids would be like, well, if you're my friend, you can't be his friend. Like, it shouldn't be that way. You can like I him. Don't I don't care. Yeah, well, I like him. It's all right by me. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Master Scaler, hello. Oh, God, you're doing the radio show. Well, at least you know. At least I didn't surprise you. Hey, Candace Brandon, how you doing, buddy? I'm all right. Uh, hang in there. I forgot <laughs> well, you're doing this damn show. Well, yeah, I am. Uh, by the way, Ken, for your future knowledge, this show is moving to Thursday. Oh, that helps right now, but okay. No, I just want to let you know, so if you don't want to be on this damn radio show, you should not call on Thursday. Why, 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 uh, why, why? I'm doing it. Uh, the occasion? Just for a few reasons. It's easier for me, easier for Brandon to make it. Things like that. So, so Ken, what's going on here? Uh, there's a lot I can't even talk about on the air. There's a lot I can't talk about. Ken, how do you like your uh, fall classes at the college? Oh, they're, they're adequate. How'd you know I was going? Well, Jeff <laughs> said you've been going for two decades now. I just figured you were still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just taking 18 units of just random. 18 so units? That's fun. a lot. That's, what is that, six yeah, classes? Yeah, I like, I like I'm sorry. Wait, you're taking no, six classes? Units, is that what is that? Is that six classes? Yeah, six three-unit classes there, sir. Wait a minute, that's a lot of classes. So, what are the six classes you're taking? Well, I'm taking a, a class on the music industry, a class on pitching movies, a class <laughs> on the business of movies, a child development class, child development, a class on addiction studies and the family, huh. and a class on diversity in, in films. Okay, so uh, here, let me ask you, uh, Mr. Scaler, how many credits do you have at? Uh, you know, we'll keep it classified, but at this unnamed university, how many would you say you've accumulated? Well, it's not a university; it's a community oh, college. Yeah. I probably about between all the community colleges I've gone to, probably close to eight hundred units. <laughs> wow! You need sixty for an AA and one hundred twenty for a bachelor's. So wait, a minute, you have you have like you have like fifteen AAs or something, or fourteen AAs? Well, I have a few AAs. I, I just, I'm just one of these guys that likes to learn and and proceed with my education and 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 and, and Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, and don't come back or whatever, you know. Okay. Now, what what is the average age of the uh, young ladies that are in your classes? Are they still like eighteen? Well, let me just say one thing. Like, if if I'm going to school during the day, they probably would be like you know eighteen to twenty two ish. But still taking night classes because I work during the day. It's more of a wide range. Yeah, I noticed that too. I, I once I once took a, a a night film class. This is back when I was eighteen. But I, I was surprised at all the old people there. I'm like, a, like wow, all these middle aged people, like my parents' age, in these classes. I was, uh, yeah, the, yeah. As as Ken would say, there there wasn't a lot of material to look at. No, what, I didn't even yeah. know. What do you do for a living during the day? Because the last I heard, you just sold plastic. Oh, I'm, I'm, in, sa- I'm in sales. I, I want to <laughs> keep sales. very general what I sell, but it's nothing illegal. Well, okay. not quasi-legal. Well, anyway. 
Um, uh, I can't. Yeah. It's 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 too legit to quit. Although I'd like to break that MC. Do you hammer. work at maybe one of those medicinal marijuana shops? No, no, no. I have nothing to do with uh, with this green. I, I like money green, not marijuana green. I don't sell drugs. Um, as Rudy Krauss once said, I don't smoke, drink, do drugs, overeat, or underexercise. I put knowledge in my brains, not dope in my veins, nor dope in other people's veins through a, a capitalistic uh, inquisition. Or, uh, yeah. That's great. So I got a question about the classes you're taking. So there's three film-related classes. Why such an interesting yeah, film? Yeah, just—I don't know. I just didn't want anything that difficult this semester. I have a lot of, a lot well, of. Why uh, not just not uh, take them? On my plate. Then why not? Know? Why not just take fewer classes? I, I always want to learn about different things. My okay. favorite class is the music industry class. That that that. I, well, I, that, that I, makes more I, sense I because music, I yeah so. I know you're really into music, so that makes more sense. But the, the film I didn't understand as much, and then one about child development. You don't have any children. But have you ever taken a child development class? Have you seen the ratio of females? Oh, to males? okay, that's what it is. Okay, but I thought you but said yeah, like it's, I'm one of the only guys in the. Class, but I thought at night I, they were old. I think that isn't that the problem. Some of them are too old. Some of them are, you know, they work in preschools or whatever. You know, that's interesting. You need a cross section. You need a cross section of the of the of the community. You know, who's Rudy Krause? Oh, he's on. He used to be on Hot Seat with Wally George. He always went on there and and spouted random anti drug sayings, though he looked like he should be on drugs himself. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if you go, if you put in Rudy Krause, I think it's K R U S or S E on a on YouTube, uh, he should come up pretty, pretty crazily. Yeah, Todd knows who Rudy Klaus is. Okay, so so Ken, uh, he had a super cosmic visor, by the way. But I don't know why. I, have to, I can't believe I mentioned his name on the air. <laughs> yeah. So Ken, uh, how much change do you have for this payphone? Like, isn't this going to run out of time and you have to put more change in? I I, I think I have I have. I could I could renew. It's like Time Magazine. I could renew it for a year, but whatever the increment is. You know, you know? the funny thing is, I know. What I, know you, I know you have a lot. I know you have a lot of like poker. No, stuff we don't to do that. I don't, we don't do that anymore. So, he does it, but I don't come on. It's sports. Yeah, we're we're, we're past the poker stuff right now. But but Ken, I here. So, let, so what are you talking here, Ken, about? Here, like Ken, actually, Sanders. Well, oh, hold on. Let's, let, let's talk about something you would like here, uh, a political topic. Ken, what do you think the chances are that? Uh, Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren are going to win the Democratic nomination. Joe Biden hasn't said he's going to run yet. Well, no, but it's looking like he will. It's looking like he's uh, really strongly, strongly I'm sorry, considering it. I don't think he's going to run. Oh. He, how, does, how, does, how does someone even come out and say that they, they're not sure if they have the energy to mount a presidential campaign? <laughs> that's what he actually said. Because, because his son died, and unless oh, you lose a kid, you can't. Okay. Yeah, well. He lost a kid, you know, he yeah. lost a, in fact, he lost another kid in a car accident in 1972. I don't know if you know that. That's his second kid to die. Huh. I guess you don't want to be a son of Joe Biden. When he was when he was 29 years old, he was in a car accident right after he was elected to the Delaware Senate in 72, and he lost his wife, his daughter, and his other two sons who were in the car, including the one that just died, were badly injured. And he was barely, I don't think he was in that accident, but, um, and he almost didn't swear into the Senate seat because he was so like, you know, but he's Joe Biden, he has hair plugs, and we'll see if he does it. <laughs> well, that's what they say, that the U.S. will never elect a bald president. Now, now have you? Um, 
the last bald president we had, oh, God, it's been a while. Now, would you... Has there ever oh been a... Oh, my God. I'm trying... Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. The last bald or balding president was Gerald Ford. You can Google images of Gerald Ford. Now, would you support uh, Biden over Hillary? I would support Biden. I'm supporting Bernie Sanders right now. Well, I know, but he's not, he's not going to go on. anywhere. But he's not going to go anywhere. So I, I, I think Biden's more of a dove than, than Hillary is on foreign policy. And I also think I, – I, I like Joe Biden personally. Something about him is rather charming. <laughs> I usually don't hear that he's charming, but all righty. Uh... No, I, I just think he's, just, he's not boring. I think he is, he's a smart guy. He, he know, I agree with him on probably about 80% of the issues. He has a lot of experience. He has some charisma. I mean, Neil Kinnock doesn't really like him, but, you know. You know, Obama said about Joe Biden in 2008. Uh-oh. He didn't. The dog I'm hearing. In, in 2008. Is that your dog, Brandon? Yeah. In, in 2008, oh, Obama what? said about Biden privately. He said, damn it, I, I keep making progress in the polls, and every time Joe Biden goes and says stupid shit and ruins everything. Was that from Game Change? No, but he but he did uh, the book. No, but he uh, he he said that he was complaining well, that that Joe Biden says stupid shit, and then people got frustrated with the campaign, and the numbers would fall again. Well, so he well, actually B, shut B, 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 BHO, not HBO, picked him, and you know, I mean, he won two times. Well, yeah, but they, they picked him so they would win Pennsylvania, and they did win Pennsylvania. So I guess yeah, he actually is originally from. Pennsylvania and Delaware is right next to Pennsylvania. So I know this is really um, exciting to you, Brandon, but. No, Brandon follows I don't think he, had, he does. I didn't know if he had the political gene. No, he does. Brandon's interested in this. Brandon, you're based in Nevada, right? I think Brandon had to go attend to the dogs, though. I think that's the problem. We, we oh, heard... I was going to ask when he thought of Harry Reid retiring, but I, I think this is really thrilling the. The fifteen-year-old uh, uh, listeners to this show. We don't have fifteen. Don't no, we don't have fifteen-year-old listeners here. This is an old show. Really? Oh yeah the the I, the average I thought, age. I thought, I thought online. I thought online poker players skewed young. Yeah, so but that's like, not really who listens here. They're, 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 they're drinking beer, and I'm talking about Harry Reid retiring. No, nah, you know? no. Nah, see, I, well, I don't. Harry Reid was a Harry. Harry Reid was a friend of the gambling industry, so that does actually affect. Them. Not not really because yeah. he. Uh, he he kind of turned on the gambling industry, but uh, really, yeah. But can the well, actually, you know what? If he sides with the casinos, then he can't really side with online gambling. The, so de- the Democratic, the, the Democratic, uh, no, there, what is it? The the demographic. Or is Rush Lim- Yeah, the, the demographics of the, of this show is it's not young. It's it's mainly males between like uh, thirty five and sixty. Really? Yep, that's mainly what it is. There's a few. There's some younger, well, but not that many. And uh, even a few older. Young, would you say, is what under thirty? Like, there's not many. 30, there's like not many under, under. Yeah, there's not many under thirty. Almost everybody's over thirty. Listens here. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not, like it's not a young show. It's not a young show. So that's that's a common mistake yeah. that people make. In fact, the the average age is right around my age. Really? Yeah. So you fit right you in here. You don't want to be someone's little. You don't want to be someone's little memory, though, right? No, uh, but you're you fit right in here. You, you, you got that reference, yeah. right? You're, you're 45, yeah. so you fit right in here. Yeah, but the thing is, I know nothing about poker. I know nothing about gambling. I know like some of the players, and you know, like the, is the Unabomber guy still around? Uh, sort of. Really? What about Jesus? Now nah, he's kind of in hiding. Yeah, you know, he's not really totally hiding, but he doesn't really play anymore because of the scandals. He just he just makes appearances and and 
endorsement. Not even right? no, not even that. He's just kind of you know, people see him around Vegas, but that's it. What about Negra? What about him? Negra. <laughs> what about yeah, Negra? Negra? What about my Negra? Is he still around? Well, I, I talked with Negra during the World Series of Poker. He hates Micon. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Mike, Mike is kept Mike harass, on... Micon kept harassing him about his uh, Negra. Negra is in kind of like a, a cult-like uh, uh, self-help thing in, in Vegas called Choice oh, Center. Oh, is that the group that Micon totally hates? Yeah, so Micon was just like he was obsessing over like harassing him over being part of that, and, and Negra got to hate him over it. Really? Yeah. How do you feel about that group? Well, I, I think it's stupid, and I, you know, I, I actually, I, I'm, I'm more in agreement with Mikon about the whole thing than than Negra. But the thing is, I didn't have an obsession with it. Like Mike, for some reason, Mikon was obsessed with it, with with bashing really? it. Where I, I just is thought it was, obsessed? I just thought is it was he... stupid. But but for some reason, Mikon was obsessed with it. So that's what got Negra is so he obsessed mad. With, is he still obsessed with the Bitcoin thing? The Bitcoin, yeah, he Bit- is. What? Yeah, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. Bitcoin, yeah. I'm not, I'm not much of a techie. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll have to call me a little bit later if you want to, or tomorrow or something if you want to. So how late does this show, like, like how late were you planning? Well, to, it, it, go, you know, it can go pretty late. You know, we just we just talk. It's not like there's a, it's not like there's a show on after. Oh, I know, I know. I know. There's no, there's no hot show on after this? No. So I can, I can Speaking just. Speaking of hot shows, I saw that movie, uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl. That movie is incredible. Why is it incredible? Oh, it's about a, a a young lady growing up in the '70s and exploring her sexuality with both guys and girls, and it's it's graphic, and it's it's it's, it's it portrays the sexuality matter of factly, not in a judgmental tone. <laughs> the tone of the movie, I think everyone should see Diary of a Teenage Girl. I don't I don't think you're winning Unless a lot. Of, pro- I don't think you're winning a lot of friends by telling people to go see this. No, 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 it's not a per. It's, it's a very, I mean, Kristen Wiig from Saturday Night Live and Bridesmaid is in it. She plays the girl's mom. Okay, but that's, but she's and, not. And, and that Alexander Skarsgård plays like the older. Yeah, but I, I don't think, I don't think it, foc- I don't think it focuses on the older people, does it? Actually, one of her uh, suitors is, is the mom's boyfriend, actually. Mm-hmm. Because the character is full. Well, the actress is like 22, 23, so she's, you know, but but she's playing a 15-year-old. But, mm. yeah. Yep. Yeah, the diary of a teenage girl is seen in whatever limited theaters it's still Did Did you, br- did you bring enough uh, Kleenex to the production? No, no, no. Oh, no. I, I, Todd, it's actually an art film. It's not a porn. It's that, an art that, film. that doesn't mean you can't bring Kleenex. Okay, well, I didn't have a cold that day. It's, it, it's an art film. <laughs> I was depressed about a lot of things, and I heard about. I've been obsessing about this movie since the nanosecond I heard it described, and it, it's an absolutely incredible movie. I, I actually I like the girl. The main girl's kind of cute, like you know, because in real life she's in her twenties; she's not underage. But the girl that plays her like best friend is to die for. Hmm. I, I'll be honest yeah. with you here: the, the the girls were like way way younger than me, like that. It just. Uh... It just doesn't. It's weird. No, it just doesn't look right to me. Anymore. Like I don't really. Uh... I, I admire. I admire. You know. No, I don't like anyone under under eighteen. No, but not real, even. But, not even. I'm, I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like even like twenty year olds and stuff. Like I look at them, they just look like kids yeah, to me. I, I admire them from afar, but I mean, I'm I'm really I'm really trying to be more age appropriate. But I mean, I have, they have to be younger because I want to have biological children. Women my age, you know, 
I don't want a Downsy kid, you know, if they even can get pregnant. So I just they have to be younger because I want biological at least one. Uh, child. I'm just saying. It's I'm not, just saying the women I I find most attractive that I see around are the ones that are over 25 nowadays. So I understand. I I have no problem dating someone who was born on you know like. July twenty second, nineteen eighty two, or take you know, <laughs> a random date, but you know. All righty, so uh, so Ken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I dropped little hints, but I, uh, I don't know if you want to call tomorrow. Did, did you get the the notice that you were worried about getting? Uh, I haven't been home yet. I'm sure it's. Though. You haven't been home yet, Jesus. Uh, it's eleven thirty. Yeah, I just I, I I I left the house at like. So what, what do you do all day? That's a, good, that's a question you can, you can answer for radio. You go to work from 7 to 1, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., which is very early. And then early. I take these night classes, and I go on the computer, and I look for second jobs. Yeah, but like, I, like, that's a long time. Really. Like every single day you're gone until around this time and don't get home. And that's, a first of all, a really long day when you've got to be at work at 7. But yeah, you, I, get, you get off I'm work at 1. I have crazy energy without doing any drugs or alcohol. But what are you doing during it's that just, time? You don't have a car. You don't have a lot of money. So, like, you got ten and a half hours. What are you doing every day for ten and a half hours between, like, 1 and 11.30? Well, I mean, I take a class usually a lot of the days. And I, I might have homework. And I might look up stuff online. And I'm always trying to learn and, 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 and then better myself. It's just a long time gotta, to be gotta, gone every I gotta, day. I got to get a handle on myself. I, there's things about me that I want to improve more. So wait, you, you know? hold on, hold on. You're you're, say, you're telling me that you want to handle yourself? Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> okay. That's a terrible special effect, or is it a sound effect? I don't even know. It's not a special effect. Do you have the new Do you have the new Star Wars action figures yet? No. I don't care either. Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not eight years old anymore. No, you know a lot of people collect that. I was never a huge Star Wars. Fan. I, mean, I had all the Wars. action figures I, of the that... ori- original Star Wars from back in the late seventies, but uh, not now. After Empire Strikes Back, I'm like, just you know, that was the peak. I don't really care, you know. I actually like the first Star Wars just... the best. I like that. No, better I like than... the second one. I like that better than Empire. But so, uh, P L O L in the I chat. Th- I, thought, I thought Empire. I thought Empire was way better. P L O L is one of our better. few. Uh, one of our few young listeners. He asked, uh, "What is Ken's GPA?" About a three two, three three. No, that's not that great. That's not. That I mean, good. the more unit, the more units you have, the harder it is to move no, your cumulative I, GPA. I know. I should. I I thought maybe you'd be like a three point seven or something. Three point two, three point three. Especially like at that college, the competition is not that tough, and they grade on a curve. It's not like a three point three at UCLA. They don't all grade on a curve. They actually, I've actually had some very tough classes in the past. You'd be really surprised some of the work I've had to do. A lot of work. A lot of writing, a lot of revealing, a lot of preparation. I do the work. I don't just sit there and go, oh, look at the girls in the class. I actually do the academic requirements to uh, to do well. Now, you know? how do the girls react to you in the class? Like, Forget the, the classes where people are mostly older. Like The classes where you might be in where it's mostly young people. How do the girls react to you there? Oh, I mean, I mean, I'll talk to some of them. I, I, I don't really bother them, so they're not. No, like, I'm just saying, do they kind of see you as like the little, creepy maybe a few old of them guy? Look or... at me like, why is this guy in there? But you know, I don't really, I don't really bother anybody. I just kind of like, I just kind of go with the class flow. You know, I've been trying to like not raise my hand as much as I used to in years past. I used to, I, used to, I thought I was kind of annoying with that, 
So now I'm kind of trying to just be you no know, more mellow like my cat or something, you know? Well, speaking of your cat, I, I, last time I saw Ken's cat, it looked like it was in bad shape. And, uh, I told He's him doing to, okay. I told He's him, getting I, older. I told so. you to take the cat to the vet, but the cat's not that old. Isn't the cat like uh, nine or something? Yeah, I need to get – when I get the money, after I can get over some other hurdles, I'll take him to the vet. I just got to, like, take care of a few other things, you know. Is the cat like has uh, like the hair's all discolored and it's all matted looking like the, and cats keep themselves he, clean. He eats, he drinks, he pisses, he shits. I know, it's, he, the cat he, looks know. really unhealthy, even though it it manages to eat and for the moment live normally. It, it looks like it's like all beat up and uh, and unhealthy. Not beat up like someone's beating know. it, but like 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 something's wrong. No, I've never hurt the cat. I'm very nice. No, but I, I think I think the cat is sick in some way, and and then you're gonna. I keep, I, I I need, keep saying I you should take the, get the money. When I get when I get the financial fiduciary funds, I and a way to take the cat there because I don't really want to take the cat on the bus in a carrying cage. I mean, I have a carrying cage, but if I can get like the money, you know, I have a number to a value vet. I don't. I mean, if they have to do tests and pills, it's going to cost more than just a regular, you know, exam. So you need to find out. Otherwise, I mean, one day you're going to find out the cat has something serious and it's too late. I know. I really want to do something. I mean, I have a number for value vet, but. I think all the way to Koga Park, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll eventually. Very, I mean, for the next like month or less, I plan to. Now, now, get uh, some action. I know the people who listen to this show want to know this. Uh, what bathrooms are you utilizing these days to? Uh, oh, I'm not giving those out publicly. I don't want anyone. Well, you, you know, if someone like actually it. named themselves after you in a way. There's a guy. Huh? There's a guy on Poker Fraudler who calls himself Starbucks Spunk Bucket. Okay, well, I'm glad that I inspired somebody in a creative and and, and and there was actually a guy. There was a guy who played next to me at the World Series of Poker a few years ago, who like this quiet older guy. I think he even walked with a cane or something. He says, like, out of nowhere, he says, "By the way, I just want to let you know, I used to work right across the street from that Starbucks." And I said, "Huh?" No, I think he went to the high school. Oh, the, went to the high school. Okay, I thought that's right. I went to the high school across he the street from that Starbucks, and I said, "Huh?" Yeah. That what? was the same high school that ran to be a Bill Clinton delegate. Yeah, and I, and I said, "Huh? What are you talking about?" He says, "You know that Starbucks you talked about on your radio show." I go, "Oh my gosh!" He talked about the Starbucks that you used to jerk off, and I, I couldn't believe this older guy there is telling me about the Starbucks. Did you ever talked to him before? You didn't even know. Who no, he was. I had no clue. This is someone who knew who I was or knew who you were. It was really surprising. Like it's, it's one thing for yeah, a, you ever saw me. Did you ever see him again? No, but it's one thing for like a poker person to know who I am. It's another thing to know about you and, and which bathroom you jerk off in. I mean, that was kind of strange. An anecdote. What a weird anecdote. And he just told me like like hours into the tournament about this. Really, you at the same table as this man? Yeah, he's right next to me. Was he a winning player? I, I don't remember how he played, but uh, did you lose first or did he lose? First? I, I don't know that either. It was, it was years ago. Really. Yeah. These all kind of blend together. So, uh, okay, so yeah. you, all, all you can do is acknowledge that there are places you stop in these days. You don't, just don't want to give the uh, location. I, I, yeah, I, just, I mean, it's, I, I've been really cutting down. <laughs> I mean, it's very minimal. Very minimal, if at all. If at all. If at all. If at all. I-A-A, if at all. Yeah, see, someone's suggesting in the chat. See, we have very generous listeners here. Someone's suggesting in the chat that uh, we should start a fund to pay for your vet visit. I'm just, I just don't want the money to go anywhere else. I guess that's my concern. It will go to the vet. It will go to the, I have a place called um, Value Vet. 
I have a card for them in Canoga Park. I only know about because I walked by it like about a week ago, and I took a card from them. So, but the doctor like a foreign name, but you know maybe it's a good vet. I don't know. I don't want to be like xenophobic about. I'm no, I don't want to sound like uh, Ted Cruz or Mike Huckabee or something. I don't want to give that other guy more publicity than he already has. So, by, by the way, this this. Uh... This fat guy in uh, the chat named Jay Searles, who also welches on bets, he, he's accusing me of, of uh, using you for forum fodder and that I don't care about you. But the reason you called tonight is because I've been uh, assisting you in, in a certain situation in your life that you didn't know you'd be on the radio. You, you, know, you were calling to have me continue assisting you. Yeah, and I, I, and I, and I totally I, forgot Tuesday's radio. And, and, I don't, I, totally... and, and you can verify in this situation I'm not getting anything out of it, nor have I gotten anything out of uh, various loans I've no, given to you no, and things no, like no, that. No, like I, no, no. I, I've, I've not, loaned you, know, you a lot yeah, of – Yeah, six Pete's wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting anything out of it. Yeah, I've, I've loaned you money, and I, you still owe me money. Like there's, there's a lot of – like I'm not getting anything out of all this. So and No, I, you're not. You're just giving emotional support. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I understand. Yes, and I've been very. What the hell's going on? What I've been very supportive of Brandon's dog. I don't know. Yeah, Brandon just kind of he just kind of comes. He's doing a radio show. He just kind of comes and goes. You know, that's the way it is. It's the way it is with this show. So he's doing this from the comforts of his own domicile. Well, yeah, yeah, he's not over here in the same room as me. We we have another guy here, uh, uh, Traderski. Say hi to Ken Scaler. What's happening, Ken? Hey, what's happening? Are you uh, are you a regular or a guest? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been a semi, semi-regular listener, but occasionally sit in with draft needs. But I did just drive in through the valley to Vegas. Yeah. Oh, which valley? Side. Your valley, Ken. Fernando Valley. I grew up. Oh, in my Vegas. valley. Sherman oh, Oaks. are you? Are you? Are you? Are you from the valley? Grew up in Sherman Oaks. I'm in. I live in Sherman Oaks. Wow. What, what part of Sherman Oaks did you grow up in? The house I grew up in was on the corner of uh, Weddington and Tyrone. Oh, you're north of Ventura. Yep. Okay, yep. that's good. That's the hey, it's better than Van Nuys, you know. <laughs> hey, it was Van Nuys when it's when I when I started, but then they moved the. Uh, oh yeah, they moved the, the boundary north from Burbank to Oxnard. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I think it was even Magnolia way back in the day. Oh, it was Magnolia, then it was Burbank, and now it's basically Oxnard. Yeah. So, so okay. Exactly. Anyway, Ken, uh, let's see if there's anything Nobody else. Nobody wants to be in Van Let's see. Let me ask you something else here. Uh, do you ever plan to get a cell phone anytime soon? Um, give me till the end of the year. I mean, you've been spending so much on pay phones, you could probably afford a cell phone just on the pay phone expenditures alone. I would give me till the end of the year. I actually have a number. Yeah, you know, usually. You don't think these days of what's a local call and what's not because most people have unlimited long distance in the U.S. But uh, for Ken, it's really? still ma- for Ken, it still matters. So I actually have a, a a number in the West San Fernando Valley and the East San Fernando Valley for him to call me. Otherwise, he can't call me yeah. from his payphones as cheaply. I have two different this numbers. Payphone, this this payphone company, they're all local, like yeah. Cal- it's a, like. Yeah, I have but, a number. Uh, I have a number. For in, other phones, it does matter. I have a number in Reseda, and I have a number in uh, North Hollywood, just for Ken. That's incredible. Yeah. That is absolutely incredible. Okay. Well, okay. So, Ken, uh, call me some other time if you want to discuss these other matters. So, bas- so basically, this other co-host, I didn't really know. Is he like a pro player, or is he just play casually? Or uh, he can answer that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at this point, it's been casual. But it's okay. Watch your money, and maybe one day you'll be pro. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I know. It's it's so risky. The stress, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the stress. 
It can be fruitful, but just so much risk. Oh, my goodness. Gracious. Right. By the way, uh, a restaurant that just went out of business in Sherman Oaks is Stanley's. It was there since 1983. I heard, and actually, a guy that works for me, his wife worked there. Yeah, there's this 80... Major cockroach issue. Major loss. They were famous for Chinese chicken salad I would never eat, but yeah. Yep, that was amazing. That it went, first they closed yeah. for a couple weeks, then it went down. Amazing. Yeah, it shut down, just like Cafe Cordial. I think I, yeah, I, think I went to Stanley's once. Yeah, yeah, there used to be a Stanley's at Woodland Hills, but that closed in the 90s. Yeah. No, I think I was at the I one, uh, the other one that just closed. Yeah, that Cafe well, Cordial, my cousin's, my cousin's band used to play there every Friday. Yeah, they had, like, really blues and R&B bands that weren't really my kind of music. But uh, the Divorcees liked them. <laughs> the Divorcees sure. liked them. All right. And I, and I had an interesting Divorcee crowd. That's all I'm going to say. You know, uh... Okay, uh, never mind. Ken, anyway, uh, I don't want to interrupt this show. Yeah, we'll let you go. Like you, you, poker, you, you, poker. you can call me back later. Yeah, all right. What, what's your estimate when the show will? I'll probably just call you tomorrow, but like guesstimating when the show will. Like uh, maybe, about one maybe, or two? Or... Maybe about an hour from now. Okay, well, I don't want to interrupt the flow of the show. Hey, that's a rhyme. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Ken. Hey, it was nice meeting you, man. I don't know anything about poker, but good luck to your endeavor. Okay, you too, Ken. Thanks. All right. All right. Uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. So, Master Scaler, who uh, didn't expect to be on the radio, but put him on anyway, became San Fernando Valley Talk. I'm sure that's going over well with all the non-California people here. And let's see. Let's see if the ratings dropped. No, they actually went up. Amazing. You never know. Someone in the chat actually thinks that uh, I'm faking all the voices of the co-hosts. Yeah, I can't believe uh, Ken Scaler actually was trying to give Traderski money management advice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, let's look what else we got on the schedule here. Uh, so Ken, if we were going to talk about uh, Joe Biden, and uh, Ken thinks that... Uh, we didn't get a full answer from him. Ken's really into politics, but he he said, "Oh, Joe Biden's not running. He just uh, he's not really uh, taking this seriously yet." It seems Ken. So I don't know. I, I I think Hillary's going in the negative direction, and people are kind of looking for a replacement. So maybe uh, maybe Joe Biden will run. But I th- yeah, he's a, he's going to be a flawed candidate too. He's he easily says a lot of stupid things. Now, if he goes against Trump, who also says stupid things all the time, then that will be an interesting election. Then, in fact, it may not hurt Biden too much. <laughs> His opponent's doing the same thing he is. All right, so I'm going to do an editorial here. And uh, Traderski, welcome to join in as well. Uh, this editorial is called The Customer Isn't Always Right. And, of course, we talked earlier on the show about uh, incidents at Caesars. But this is more about customers' attitudes and how they have a lesser expectation at a companies they deal with than people used to. The reason for the original saying of the customer is always right that businesses used to establish their customer service model 
was basically since the customer is the one who's keeping us afloat, it's their money that's keeping our doors open, that even when they're wrong and unreasonable, we have to bend over backwards to make them feel right and give them a good experience here and put our pride aside and even sometimes give them little extras if that's what has to, we have to do to make them happy and don't get into arguments with them and don't try to tell them no. Now, of course, if they're completely unreasonable, then yeah, tell them no. But in most cases, if it's uh, not a big deal, then say yes. And that was the general model at biz- of businesses everywhere for quite some time. Not all businesses. There were plenty of exceptions to this, but that was the general model for a long time. But we seem to be getting away from that. And I, I was thinking, you know, maybe this is just because the the economy's changing, or uh, or, or there's been a lot of consolidation to where there's uh, you know huge corporations taking over a lot of businesses that used to have competition from smaller operations so they don't they don't have to worry about people leaving as much. I, I thought of those theories and there may be some validity to those as well. But something I've also noticed is that in general customers expect much less. And the customers that expect more are looked at derisively as entitled, pains in the ass assholes, whatever, and and not simply just trying to uh, have an expectation that things are done right and that they're treated well and that they get what they expect that they're paying for. I saw a discussion on another forum, not a poker forum, but another forum where, and I felt very bad for the people who started this thread, a, a woman started a thread, a young woman who talked about how she had just taken a honeymoon on a cruise ship, a seven-day cruise. And instead of having her dream honeymoon with her new husband, they had a toilet that was pretty much out of service in their stateroom for the entire seven days. It, it worked intermittently, but every single day of the seven days, the toilet was out at some point during the day, and sometimes for large portions of the day. So they had a, a toilet that was mostly unusable for their entire seven-day cruise, which means they had to go to a public bathroom, which I can tell you on cruise ships are not typically very close to where the staterooms are, uh, for almost the duration of their honeymoon cruise. So... As you can imagine, this was a very bad inconvenience. This is not just uh, something isn't perfect. This was a major flaw. A toilet in your room for seven days is a pretty major basic when that's the only toilet you have. So the question that this person posed, this woman, was what do you think the proper compensation back to us should have been for that? She said the compensation they gave us was $100 on board credit and one $60 meal. Keep in hey, mind... Hello? Yeah. Hello, radio? Yeah. Hi, Brad. I'm sorry. I, I didn't... My uh, girlfriend just showed up. She didn't know I was doing radio. Oh, so, okay. you know, I remember I talked to you about the days off thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she brought me a little, you know, a little ice cream, a tropical smoothie, something. So I am going to be back. I'm, okay. I'm cutting it short, but I didn't... I, you heard the dog bark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In. So I apologize, but we got to work with these days off... You know, she's a she's well, like, no, 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 uh, we're going on Thursday. You know, we're going yeah, on Thursday from yeah. now on. But she's yeah. got a career, Jeff. I can't make okay. her quit her career for radio. Uh, it's not right. I understand. So okay, I'll be back soon. Don't okay. end the radio. We got to call the Leatherman soon. Okay, all right. okay, all right. So, so anyway, continuing. 
this uh, this couple was given a hundred dollars on board credit, a sixty dollar meal, and they had a non working toilet for the most part for seven days in their cruise, and the cruise cost like over two thousand dollars for them. So it's not like that's you know it's not like they're getting a hundred dollars credit on a two hundred dollar bill. And this wasn't even like hundred dollars off their bill; it's hundred dollars extra they could spend on board for free. So shockingly to me, the vast majority of people who responded to this woman in the thread told her that the $100 onboard credit and the $60 meal was completely fine and in some cases generous compensation for what happened. And that some even gave her a hard time. And these weren't people trolling her on purpose. These were people with like long posting histories who had never trolled before. People were giving her a hard time for daring to post about this, how she was being greedy and entitled to expect more than that. Hey, you had a nice meal. Hey, you, you got $100 on board credit. Hey, it's not like you couldn't use the toilet. You just had to go down the hall. What's the big deal? And it wasn't just down the hall, of course. It was on a different floor and a, a long walk every time. So you're basically living a week without a toilet in your room. I couldn't believe it. What a high percentage of people thought that that was appropriate compensation. I thought appropriate compensation, at the very least, was half. Give them half their fare back. Not an onboard credit, but give half what they paid back to them because they had a toilet that could not be fixed for all seven days. And there were many attempts to fix it, too, and they could not get it fixed, which, which happens on cruise ships. On cruise ships, the plumbing is sometimes a very hard thing to fix. But I couldn't believe all the people that thought that $100... And a $60 meal was appropriate compensation for what happened there on a cruise they paid over $2,000 for. And I realized something. That a lot of people just get the idea almost like whatever company that is providing service to you is almost like doing you a favor to provide the service to you rather than the other way around. Rather than you're helping them to survive... It's more like they are helping you by giving you their services. And I've seen this in so many different forms. I've seen this in threads I've started on my site where I talk about some incident where uh, I've been going somewhere for three years and never created one problem, never once complained. And, you know, I, something small happens. I ask them to make it right and I'm, I'm given a hard time or I'm, uh, I'm, I'm treated like a jerk. Uh Sometimes when I see that sort of thing, when people responding negatively to me, I feel that I'm just being trolled on, on my site by people who just like to say these things to get me frustrated. So I, I dismiss it as they don't really feel that way. They're just saying this to get a reaction. But uh, you know, on this other site I'm talking about, I, this wasn't even something that involved me. And this was a site where there isn't really much trolling. So people were serious. And it wasn't just there. I've seen this time and time again when I've watched these discussions. And it's amazing how many people are basically, they basically program themselves to take crap. To not get what they pay for. To be treated in an unfair manner. Or when bad things happen, you're supposed to just shrug your shoulders and say shit happens. Rather than get some kind of compensation for it. And unfortunately, that has been negative reinforcement to companies regarding giving good customer service, where they feel if they don't have to give customer service and the customers keep coming back anyway, then why bother doing it? 
And that's why so many companies don't. Now, there are some very successful companies like Amazon, which are known to give excellent customer service and, in fact, do very well because of that. In-N-Out Burger is another one known for that in the, on the West Coast. But there are so many companies, including successful ones, even ones like Apple that are wildly successful, that give poor customer service. And I believe a lot of this is because, in general, people don't demand differently. They don't complain. I hear so many times people tell me things like, well, I wasn't very happy with that, but, well, it's not that big of a deal, so I just didn't bother to say anything. Or, yeah, I wasn't thrilled about it, but I guess that's the way the world works. I guess that's the way these companies work. Who am I to complain? I understand more if you don't want to complain because it's trouble, it's a pain in the ass, it's stressful, you don't like confrontation. C-Money, who's a very generous uh, donor to the free roll and listens to just about every show here, while he's trying to fall asleep, so perhaps he's sleeping right now, but he may hear this. He doesn't like to complain about these things just because he's well off and he just wants his life to be simple and stress-free. So he doesn't, even if he's getting screwed by a, a company a little bit, he doesn't want to complain to get his money back or, or to get some kind of compensation because it's it's not worth it to him personally to argue about it. He'd rather they just uh, keep a little extra for him and keep his life simple. And I, I can respect that. That's not the way I would operate, but uh, I, I can respect his desire for that because it's worth a lot to him just to keep things simple and stress-free. So that's, that's not really where I'm aiming this. I'm aiming this more at people who actually think that people like the woman who wanted more than $160 compensation from a broken toilet for seven days, they paid $200,000 or $2,000 plus for, that she was unreasonable. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this basically if you don't feel that you're getting what you paid for, or if you feel you were tricked in some way, or if you feel that you were not, uh, that there was something that wasn't disclosed to you that should have been, or if you feel that there was something wrong that has prevented you from getting the product or service that you've paid for, or someone treats you in a rude or unpleasant manner at a place where you paid for a product or service, speak up. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like uh, you're just a problem customer. Don't feel like you deserve it or that somehow the, the company has earned the right to treat you this way. They didn't. It's your money. You should always get what you think you're paying for unless it's your fault for not, uh, you know, if it's your fault for not examining what you're getting or buying, fine. But, but if there's something they bury in the fine print on purpose or something that's not obvious then of course you should complain. And of course you should take action as much as you can to get what you paid for. And to, because otherwise you're rewarding negative behavior. You're rewarding behavior that is against you to where the companies that treat you well don't get as much out of you as the companies that treat you poorly. And that's not good. You should, I always feel you should reward good behavior and punish bad behavior. So... It bothers me when I see things like the majority believes that in that cruise ship example I gave that uh, this woman was not only wrong to 
want more than what she got, but that she was insensitive and entitled to even be posting about that. So the very general rule of thumb, if you are not getting what you thought you paid for in the manner you thought you were going to receive it, you're probably right. And it's probably worth saying something about. I don't mean over every minor thing, but anything major or semi-major you should always speak up about. Otherwise, it's just... What, uh, what site was that, Jeff? Sorry, I am. I'm not saying... It's, it's, it's another... I'm not going to go into where it is, but it was, it, was a, it was another forum. It's not a poker forum. It was just a, a discussion that... Uh, there's some forums that I participate in and read and... Uh, not like this one. I'm like, there's no, there's no other forum... Uh, besides this and one other that runs on the Poker Fraud Alert server, neither of which I'm talking about now, that uh, where I'm like a major participant that everybody knows. So it's not I'm, I don't, I'm not living like a secret life where there's uh, some forum where I'm like a major part of and nobody knows about. It's just uh, there's some forums I post on occasionally and read, and uh, uh, some of them pretty large. And I'm just sometimes appalled at what I read. Like I'm, I'm shocked at what the general public seems to think about certain things. And uh, didn't on the cruise ship when that one broke down, it was stuck at sea forever. And then they gave people like half price off of their next cruise or something. Yeah, yeah, that, that, they gave I mean, very I poor. That. Yeah, they gave very poor compensation. Like that was an awful situation. Because, like sewage was was ending up in the hallways, and it was like the most disgusting thing you can imagine. But that I'm not defending them, but. That I understand happening more, and I would I would still be pissed if this were if I were on that cruise. So again, I'm not defending it, but when it's you have to give compensation to like two thousand people at once, then that's hard to do because you incur a massive expense. So like if you give something worth two thousand dollars to two thousand people, that ends up four million dollars, and that's a killer. So I can now they still should in in those terrible cases, but these are still large companies, and that's not that much money for them, but. But still, that I can understand more where they're, they're trying to cut corners. And again, you shouldn't let them, but that's, that's also a little harder to fight because you can't say, well, to, to all the other passengers, you're going to give them this crap, but just to me, you're going to give me better. That's, it's harder to argue for that. But when it's a, an individual thing happening to you, then it's a lot easier to fight for. And, and I just uh, – um, you know, what the company will give is what they'll give. There's, there's only uh, so much you can do if they say no. But, but what amazes me are the people who – Defend this and think it's fine and and think yeah, no problem. So someone's saying uh, – someone's texting me I should punish her, punish Lannister and Jay Searles for their bad behavior in chat. I, I hate to even see. I should look at the chat right now. Well, Jay Searle said he's going to bed, but then he's not going to bed. He said, I'm, I'm scared to do his weight loss bed, and now he's going to bed. I, w- I wish that were true. He's, he's trolling the chat room. <laughs> so, you know, it's I, – I just think that it's it's always important for the consumer to stand up for what they believe they're buying and what they would reasonably believe they're buying and reasonably believe what they should be getting. And you should never be afraid to stand up for that. Now, which brings me to my next topic and the final topic of the night, unless Brandon comes back and we want to try to call Amanda Leatherman at her show where she's not actually at. 
Um, credit card chargebacks. If you are in the demographic I described earlier of this show, that is males uh, 35 and over, you've probably done at least one credit card chargeback in your life. Probably more than that. Uh, a credit card chargeback is very simple. You charge something on your credit card. The transaction doesn't go as you expected. Usually they don't give you something that you've ordered or, or it comes damaged or, or whatever. And you complain to the credit card company and they charge it back. They give you a refund on it. That's a feature of a credit card. Debit cards don't work that way. You can't charge those back. But uh, credit cards you can. Now this is different than fraud. Fraud you always get back automatically. If, they, if ever you get a charge on your credit card that you didn't make, you go report it to the credit card company. They instantly take it off. So that, that's why it's pretty safe to use credit cards to purchase online. It's a pain in the ass when that happens, but you're not going to be responsible for it. But chargebacks are different because chargeback, it's basically you saying, yes, I made this charge, but I didn't get what I paid for, so don't charge me for it. And you obviously can't do that with cash. If you paid cash, then you're stuck unless you sue the company. So with credit cards, you have an extra layer of protection, and you can do so without a lawsuit or anything like that. And I, you guys probably know that. So why am I even discussing credit card chargebacks? Well, it's more complicated than it appears, and there's some things you should know about credit card chargebacks. And this is my Jew tip of the day. Let's say there's something you want to buy off the Internet. Let's just uh, say it's a cell phone charger, a portable cell phone charger, like an external battery for, say, uh, $25. And you see some site on the internet, you think, well, I don't know if I should trust them, but okay, whatever, I'll buy it. So you give them your credit card, they charge you the $25, they ship you a cell phone charger, which does not work as advertised. It's, uh, it barely works, it's a piece of crap. You call up the company and say, hey, your cell phone charger is a piece of crap, I want to return it. And they tell you, oh, no, you can't return this, no refunds, or... Uh, or, or are we going to charge you a, a 25% restocking fee? Or is there some other bullshit like that? And you call your credit card and say, I was sold a device that just didn't work. They won't take it back without charging me all kinds of fees. I want to initiate a chargeback. Well, what will happen just about every time is you'll instantly get a response from the credit card company during that same phone call. Okay, it's been approved. You have your 25 bucks back. So this seems sweet. It seems like justice has been served. The credit card company believes you. They've taken the $25 back from this shady merchant. You didn't have to pay their stupid restocking fees or shipping fees or whatever crap they want to charge you. So, seems good. Well, not really. There's more to it than you think. In reality, when you've done in that scenario what I've explained, in reality the company still has your $25. Now, how's that possible? How is that possible? Well, what happens is the credit card companies have decided, 
for the most part. And when I say credit card companies, I mean the banks issuing the cards. That it's not worth investigating a chargeback claim of $30 or less. So rather than investigate who's right and who's wrong, it's not worth expending the effort. They're just going to give the customer back the money as a courtesy. Now that might sound good, except that means the shady company that was trying to screw you gets the money. And you get the money back, so who loses the money? The bank. Now you may not feel too bad for the bank. You may say, oh, screw it. You know, banks can be shady too, and banks are greedy, and banks are there's and banks are that. Who cares? As long as I get the money back, I don't care where it's coming from. But still, to me at least, I don't like the fact that the merchant gets the money back. They still keep the money. Again, they're being rewarded for bad behavior. So you may think you're getting over on them to do a chargeback. In reality, a lot of chargebacks, even ones over $30, are SNAP approved by your credit card because they just eat it. So you should know that before you pat yourself on the back for getting back at these companies who screw you for small sales. Something else you may want to keep in mind is that chargebacks can eventually work against you. Now, they're not going to affect your credit score or anything like that, but credit card companies will keep track of how many chargebacks you make. Because you may think, oh, well, if they'll approve anything under $30, I'll just keep charging back everything under $30 and just keep getting SNAP approved, and I'll just get tons of money back from this bank and roll them. It won't work because they will keep track of how many chargebacks you make. And after you've exceeded a certain number, they'll stop approving them or they'll even close your credit card and not issue any others to you. So you want to make your chargebacks count. You don't want to do them frivolously. And even if they're not frivolous, you don't want to do them unless they're a last resort. A lot of people don't want to fight with the company. A lot of people don't want to keep pressing the company to give the refund. They go, oh, just charge it back. Well, you do it too many times, it's going to hurt you. You're going to stop getting approved for credit cards by these companies. You may get your account closed, and you may lose the ability to charge back in more egregious and larger circumstances because you'll be seen as a chargeback abuser. Now, what can you do if the company won't play ball with you? And if you do a chargeback and you either don't want to accumulate a chargeback on your record or you don't want uh, the company to keep the money even if you win the chargeback even if the bank decides to just give it to you, what can you do? What's an alternate approach? Well, an alternate approach is to threaten the company that you will give them bad reviews on Yelp and other social media sites. And this is actually an effective threat because these have become a very common way for people to evaluate whether they want to purchase something on the internet, where they they will look up reviews of the product, they'll look up reviews of the company, and if they see bad reviews, even one bad review out of ten, that will scare away a lot of people. If you look at a review of a company you don't really know, I'm not talking about like an an Amazon, but I mean like a smaller company on the internet selling things, and you see four-star, five-star, four-star, five-star, four-star, five-star, then one-star. This company's a scam. Watch out for them. Blah, 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 blah. You may not want to use them. Just from that one, this company's a scam. As long as the person describing it sounds like they're reasonable. So 
lot of these companies really fear bad reviews. And if you get a manager on the phone or supervisor, but try to get a manager who's above a supervisor, and basically tell them, if you do not refund my money, if you do not let me return this at no cost, if you do not make this right for me, I'm going to post this everywhere. And they will often back down. And then you only use the chargeback as the last resort. Now, I had a chargeback situation last year with Air Canada where they owed me $120. They admitted they owed me $120. This was money they really owed me. This wasn't like a gift they're giving me back or a customer service credit. They legit owed me $120. And there was, there was no dispute about that. But they, for whatever reason, could not hire enough people to process the refunds. Not just for me, but for anybody needing a refund from Air Canada. They had to wait 12 weeks at the time to get it. There was a huge backlog, and for whatever reason, Air Canada didn't find it necessary to hire additional people to process them. So I was just expected to wait 12 weeks for my money back. And I said, no freaking way am I doing that. So I did a chargeback. This one, I didn't instantly get credit. This one, they investigated, but after a short investigation, they said, you are correct. It is unreasonable to make you wait for 12 weeks to get back money that you spent. You know, when you spent the money with Air Canada, you were expected to pay immediately, so they should refund you in a reasonable amount of time. 12 weeks is not reasonable. We're ruling in your favor, and we're giving you your $120 now and taking it away from Air Canada, and they did. Well, guess what happened 12 weeks later? 12 weeks later, I got $120 from Air Canada. (laughs) So I, I got a double refund. Because Air Canada didn't even realize, they were so disorganized, they didn't realize that I had charged back. So after the 12 weeks passed, then they gave me my refund that I should have had in the first place. Did I call Air Canada and say, hey, I got a double refund, here's your $120 back? Of course not. Why? Because they caused this. They caused the situation, and they put me through the trouble of charging back, and they, they, they caused the whole problem by not giving me my money back. They were holding my money hostage for 12 weeks because they're trying to cut down on staffing costs. Can you imagine if I bought a ticket through them and said, hey, guys, I'm going to take the flight now. I'll pay you in 12 weeks. They'd laugh in my face. But somehow the reverse was okay. So it was not my job to go back to Air Canada and say, hey, guys, uh, you accidentally gave me $120 extra because I already want to charge back against you. So make sure to take that back from me. Of course not. That's not, that's, not, that's not my job to do. I don't have to lift one finger to give them money back. Now, if it was like an individual employee who would have gotten in trouble for this, then I would have done it. But uh, for the corporation that was too cheap to hire people to refund my money in a reasonable amount of time, of course I'm not going to make a bit of effort to give them this money back. In fact, I kind of felt it was owed to me after all the BS they put me through with that. But this is actually more common than you think when dealing with large companies. Sometimes you will charge back and the company is so large and disorganized that they will not realize that you have charged back. And then eventually when they give you a refund, uh, you'll get that too. I'm not saying you should be rolling these companies or, or finding ways to cheat them this way. I'm just saying if you get screwed in some way, because if you're making a chargeback, what you're basically saying is they screwed me. And, hey, credit card company, you're my last resort other than a lawsuit. 
please help me, this company screwed me. So at that point, the company deserves no sympathy. Wow. Someone just pranked me from Brandon's phone number. Someone used a fake caller ID to to prank me from Brandon's phone number. That's pretty bad. This is someone who has Brandon's phone number. Wow. Unfortunately, it wasn't a good prank. They said, like, something I couldn't even understand, and it cut. Like, So what you need to know about chargebacks, number one, only do them as a last resort. Now, you, you get more than I'm... I'm not implying you only get one. Like, you, you get a number of them before a problem would occur. And especially if they're spread across several banks. They don't have a master database of chargebacks. So if you did one with Chase and one with Citibank and one with uh, U.S. Bank, like, they're, they're not going to know that you did it from these other cards. So uh, if, you, if you spread them thin, you're fine. And also, you get a few. You just don't want to do too many. You don't want to just jump to a chargeback before trying everything else. Also know that... If they instantly approve your chargeback, usually it's because they're just giving you the money out of their own pocket and the merchant's still getting it. Also, if they advise you on the phone that you shouldn't put through the chargeback because you're probably going to lose, which I've had advised to me before, do it anyway. Because a lot of times the company won't respond in time. They have like 30 days to respond, and if they don't, they lose the chargeback, no matter how flimsy your case is. So you should always try. I mean, that's how I beat PayPal 14 years ago, was that they just didn't answer. So always try. There's there's no harm in trying because you're not going to get, if you get denied a chargeback, that doesn't really go against you. Only if you get approved for the chargeback, believe it or not, and you do too many of them. But don't don't be afraid to do them. When they're necessary, just don't default to that. I, I have friends who tell me, like, they tell me of a situation with a company, and I say, I start telling them things they can do to tell them to get, you know, to get their money back, and they go, no, 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 I'm just going to charge it back. And I go, you know, you don't want to do that so much. Like, you you shouldn't be that cavalier about chargebacks. You, you need to save them for when it really matters. And also, it degrades your ability to win chargebacks in the future if you have too many on your record. They look at that. They look at, if, you know, if you've done four chargebacks in the last year, and you, even if the fifth one is totally legitimate, they may rule against you just because you look like a chargeback abuser. I once had this really obnoxious company. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was called American Overstock, and it was like a, they purposely called themselves that because they wanted you to confuse them for Overstock.com, which is a very large and respected company. So this was American Overstock, and it was this really shady company out of Buffalo, New York. I don't think they exist anymore. So I had broken my cell phone, and I found that you could buy an equivalent cell phone from them for much cheaper. Now, like like an idiot, I didn't think about it being refurbished. Like, it didn't say refurbished, but I, I just thought, oh, this is a cheaper way to go than buying it through the carrier. So, like, it probably was refurbished. So I buy it through them. The cell phone comes, first of all, with the wrong country's charger on it. <laughs> so I, I couldn't even charge the phone using their charger. It had a... British plug, I had to use my old phone's uh, charger, which I still had to charge it. 
that was already a bad sign. Uh, second, the phone just uh, – it was a, a Motorola Razor phone. Uh, it, it just didn't work. The, the reception was awful on it in the exact same place where I had my previous phone that broke that uh, the reception was good. Just wherever I went, the reception was awful. So I called up the company, told them they had a defective phone, and they sent me one with a wrong charger. I was told, okay, you can return it, but it's a 15% restocking fee. And they wouldn't budge, and I dealt with this really obnoxious guy from New York, this obnoxious guy with an obnoxious-sounding New York accent telling me uh, he won't budge. Basically, a 15% restocking fee, too bad that's the only way he's taking it, and I have to pay for my own shipping, too. So I charged it back, and this one was investigated, and uh, they ruled in my favor. So then I asked the credit card company, well, what about returning the phone? I said, I don't want to have to pay for that. I shouldn't have to pay to ship it back to them. I said, you're right. So the, the company, American Overstock, they did give me a shipping label. And I shipped it back to them. And I saved the indication that someone had signed for it over there. But that piece of shit who ran the company had the nerve to call me up after I won the charger back against him to try to still screw me and tell me, hey, I never got the phone you sent back to me. And he was insisting I never sent back the phone to try to reverse the chargeback. And I said, really? Because I have a copy of the signature. He says, really? I want to see that. So I emailed, I emailed it to him, and then he never called me again. So that was the chargeback process working. There's no way I was giving that asshole a 15% restocking fee for a defective phone that was probably refurbished that he sold me. Brittany Griner's clit in the chat is asking, so I can call people using other people's phone numbers? That's a common thing. Yeah, you can do it. There's uh, there's apps to do it. Yeah, you have to pay for them. But, yeah, there's apps that can do that. And uh, X Factor in chat is asking about this 15% restocking fee. He says, just keep the merchandise and tell them you threw it in the garbage. You don't have a right to do that. You can't say you threw the merchandise in the garbage, but you don't want to pay for it. You, you always have to return it to them. But you do have a right to say, I don't want to pay for shipping back for something that just didn't work. Uh, if you decide you just didn't want it, like let's say you're just returning something because you don't want it anymore, then it's fair for them to expect you to pay shipping. But if they sent you something defective, you shouldn't be out any money out of pocket. Yeah, T-Buck's mentioning, unless you're Jeff Shulman, throwing in the garbage. So Jeff Shulman said he'd throw his bracelet in the garbage if he won the main event because card player was bitter at the World Series for giving the coverage to Bluff and Poker News. So bottom line is you can do chargebacks, just be careful with them and be aware that if it's a small chargeback, the company that ripped you off in the first place is still keeping the money. 
And I think, Todd, just enter, uh, threatening chargebacks, too, because if the company gets too many chargebacks on their merchant account, their rates do go up and they have issues. Ah, so yeah, this is why I keep this guy around. That's a great point. That is a great point, that threatening chargebacks, which I've done many times when I have a dispute where the company just won't budge, is a very good and valid way to handle things. And a lot of times it never has to come to doing the chargeback because they are afraid of it. They, they know you can and they know it will be a black mark against them. And that uh, it's even worse for them to have chargebacks against them than it is for you to be making chargebacks. So, so it is a power you have. And yes, threatening them with the chargeback often works. And I have had that work before where a company won't budge or something. I go, you know what, I'm just going to charge it back. And they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's talk about this. So, yeah. And again, don't, I'm not saying abuse this. I'm not saying you should do this to cheat companies. I don't support that. I'm just saying that if you are getting ripped off in some way, you should wield this weapon, just do it right. But yeah, threatening that. Always the best solution is just when they refund you and you don't have to get the credit card companies involved. But but threatening it is always a good thing to do. So. Uh, let's see. Is Brandon back? I think probably not. We would have heard from him by now. I mean, he just... He just expects me to just wait and uh, hang around till 2 a.m. so we can call up uh, Amanda Leatherman's fake show. But here's the truth. I have to get up early these days because Benjamin is in kindergarten. So I have to take him to kindergarten, and that starts early in the morning. So my days of waking up late are over. I, I couldn't wake up too late because, you know, Benjamin would still wake up semi-early, but not this early. And now I really have to get up early and I have to make sure that I don't run late, which is tough too. But I've, I've actually gotten him to school on time every day except one. The one day I didn't get him on time, it was because... Uh, I was so tired the night before I forgot to set my alarm. <laughs> I just woke up. I'm like, oh, crap. But every other day he's been on time, not even a minute late. So if anybody wants to ask me questions in the chat or call up 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355, I threw out uh, Jay Searles and Lannister from the chat because they were being a pain in the ass. And if not, I'll probably shut this down. And remember, we're not coming back until September 24th, which is a Thursday. And this show will be Thursday from now on after that. Yeah, occasionally, we'll change the date, but that's the main date. Now, Traders, is Thursday an okay day for you? As good as any. Okay, good. And I do have a tip, too, Draft. Uh, WakerUpper.com is a good free site, and it just basically calls you at certain times. Oh. Now, couldn't that be abused to uh, give people wake-up calls you don't like? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm sure they probably have something uh, <laughs> around that, but, um, it's it, yeah, it works well. And I, you know, I think you have to use it a ton before they want you to buy, like, a $5 credit or something. But Yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, that's... 
that's useful. Yeah, you know, my alarm usually works fine. I just forgot to set it. I was just, I was really tired. It was one of those things where I was like, I was using my phone. Have you ever had this before where you're just lying in bed and using your phone, maybe like the internet or whatever, and reading a story online, and then you just fall asleep and just drop your phone? You had that before? You know, I don't know if I've dropped it, but as you know well, I've certainly fallen asleep while on the phone. That's true. Yeah, I don't ever fall asleep on the phone talking, but I've had it where I'm using the phone, the smartphone, if the internet, and I have just dropped it. In fact, I've actually like felt a drop before and woken up like I fall asleep and I I feel the phone hit my face or I feel the phone hit my chest. Like, what? What's that? Oh, it's the phone. It's dropped it. Like I, I'm surprised that I've actually just dropped it. And many other times, I just drop it on the side where it doesn't hit me, and then I sleep for hours. That's what happened that night. I just I just fell asleep, dropped the phone. And then didn't set the alarm, and I slept all the way through and, and woke up uh, later than I could have woken up to get Ben to school on time. So, uh, no, so someone's in chat saying looking at porn. No, that's, that, that would actually probably keep me awake. It's, it's when I'm reading things that are not as interesting as porn that uh, I could fall asleep. E- even this site, even reading Poker Fraud Alert, I've fallen asleep before. I've actually fallen asleep, at a, as I've said before, also playing poker. I once had the really weird situation of playing Limit Hold'em on Bovada. This happened last year. I was playing Bovada, 3060, and I woke up to pocket sixes on the river. On the river! And I'd actually been betting in my sleep. So I was like in this weird half-asleep state where I was just kind of pounding the bet button. And I had no memory of the hand. I had no memory of ever being dealt sixes. Or the flop, or the turn. Just here, I was on the river, and the f- river was terrible. Like the like the board was terrible for sixes. It was like ace, king, jack, something, something. I'm like oh crap, and it, it was checked to me, and I knew obviously I must have been betting the whole way because you know if I if I had been checking, then someone would have bet me off by now. And like by the pot size, I could tell I've been going bet, bet, bet. And like, well, what do I do here? Like I I know if I just check here, I'm going to lose. So I've got to hope like this is someone who's just calling me down with like the jack or something, and or maybe some other pocket pair like you know tens or eights or something that you know maybe I can bet them off here. So I'm like, okay, I guess I got to bet. <laughs> so I bet, and the guy folded. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I think if that person only knew that I did this in my sleep. So let's see. Yeah, a lot of people listen to this show going to sleep. A lot of people use this show to fall asleep, including C Money. And at first, I was kind of insulted by it. Like, really, that's why people listen because I put them to sleep. But then they explained it to me, and it was less insulting. Where they said, "I just need something that I can relax and listen to, and that's like interesting enough to listen to and keep my mind from wandering." But uh, is relaxing enough to where I can fall asleep through it. So people have complained to me that they have trouble sleeping because if they just lie down in bed in a quiet room, their mind goes everywhere and they don't fall asleep. But but if they focus on what I'm saying, then their mind stops wandering and they stop thinking about things in their regular life and then their mind can relax and go to sleep. They go, okay, that sounds better. But I, I don't care what reason people listen to this show. I, as long as you listen, that's fine. 
And there's even people who listen to this show because they don't like me. And not just to hear one time, like, what I'm talking about, like, to hear me talking about them or to hear what I think about something that interests them. I mean, people who listen to every single program who don't like me. And that I really don't understand. I I can understand listening if you don't agree with things I say or if you uh, don't see eye to eye with me in general or don't like my views on things, but you, you like to hear the opposing viewpoint. But I don't understand why you would listen every week to someone you just plain don't like, because I wouldn't. PLOL, I, I don't know what to say about this. He said, I put this show on because Druff's voice turns on my boyfriend. Boy. PLOL is gay. He really does have a boyfriend. I, I don't think my voice turns on his boyfriend. Mainly because I'm much older than what I imagined his boyfriend would be. PLOL is young. I think he's like 20 years younger than I am. So, and I know he's, he doesn't go for the older guys. He, he sticks with his own age. So, this might be more believable if his boyfriend was like 40. Now, I have been told I sound younger than my age, but I still probably sound old to someone PLOL's age. Now, he did give me a compliment a while back. This is when he was still posting on the forum. Um, I posted a picture of my uh, various high school yearbook pictures from 1988 when I snuck into various club pictures and... I was kind of like photobombing before photobombing existed. I snuck into 16 different club pictures in high school. And I posted them on the Poker Fraud Alert forum. Let's see if I can find this right now. Yeah, here it is. If you go to toddwitellis.com, that's Todd, W-I-T-T-E-L-E-S slash 89YB. Toddwitellis.com slash 89YB. And you can see me sneaking into... 16 different high school yearbook pictures. In many cases, I'm making funny faces or funny uh, poses on purpose at the age of 16. So someone on the forum uh, looked at me in these pictures and made, made some comment about not liking my hair. And keep in mind, this was in the 80s. I, I think I did need a haircut around that time, but uh, they made some comment about not liking my hair, and uh, and oh, you probably didn't get laid then because your hair looked that way. And PLOL well, that was, didn't go very well. You know, PLOL was nice enough. Well, what didn't go well? Oh, she was a little mad about the radio. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you meant about what I was talking about. So now, P- I, I don't even know what you're talking about. No, PLOL said, I'm talking about the, did you ever see the high school yearbook pictures I posted where I snuck into the club pictures? Is it Rainbow Flops? Yeah, yeah. So, so PLOL said to, he said about me when he when he saw those pictures, 
he actually said that uh, that he would have had sex with a 16 year old me back then. Like he wasn't alive then, but but if he was, like we were the same age, that uh, he would have had gay sex with me. Which I, I was. Serialist has been banned from the chat. Yeah. What did I miss? Nah, he was just he and Lannister were just Lannister was banned. From the they chat. were like super trolling the chat, so I just banned them. Okay, I'm sorry. So he would have had sex with you when you were uh, when I was 16. Rough? When I was 16, even though he was not alive yet, but like if he was around that age then, he was saying that uh, he felt I was attractive enough at that age that uh, he would have wanted to have gay sex with me, and and he meant it. So I I was uh, flattered by that at least. Wait, gay sex is in the forum poster? Or no, no, gay no. Sex? He no, he would have really had sex with me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's Does good. That flatter I mean, you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's better that's, than saying I'm yeah. too ugly. See, you know? that's, if someone said that to me, it doesn't flatter me. No, it's, why, why should it? it? It should. Like, it's not saying that you're gay. It's saying that he finds you attractive, just like a woman would. Not not that you'd want to have sex with him, but like, a, right. you know, if if someone says that they find you attractive, even if they're a guy, at least you say. And that, that especially what's good here is I don't have to worry about him really finding me attractive in real life because I'm 20 years older than he is. So he he's not attracted to me now. Kid with a dream. Yeah, he's not attracted to the current me because I'm so much older than him. But it, like, if we were the same age back then, but it, it, the pictures he saw, he wasn't even born yet at the time. Have you seen these pictures, Brandon, of when no, I was? Okay, I here, are you at your uh, yeah, browser? Yeah, my little okay, radio here, station. Enter this. Uh, enter toddwoodtellus dot com slash slash eight nine y b. This domain belongs to Brian Mycon. <laughs> oh, what is it? No, I'm kidding. Wait, say I did something wrong. Say it one more time. Toddwoodtellus.com slash 8... W-I-T-T-E-L-E-S, okay. Dot com slash 8-9-Y-B. All lowercase. 8-9-Y-B? Yes. Oh. <laughs> This is me. And Amnesty International. Well, see, this is me. Fo- this is me photobombing. Y'all had a barbecue club. No, listen. Oh, listen. I saw this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did a f- different face depending on what the club was or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's that's the picture she was talking about. That's what I looked like when I was sixteen. Yeah, I remember. What what thread was this in? I, I created a thread for itself. Oh. Wait, what happened? You have a neck brace on. What is that in the Leo Club? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was actually a. Uh, it Wait, was. Th- it was meant to look like a neck brace. It was actually just a, a paper visor, but I knew it would look like a neck brace in the picture. Did you actually participate in every one of these clubs? No, I, I no, I just showed up for the picture. I basically oh, did. Oh, okay. You didn't I, like use it on your resume for college or anything. No, like no, that. it wasn't that either. I just, I just. Uh, How can you have made it to saw all these photos? Because I ditched the entire day of school to do it. Oh, they took all the pictures on the same day. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Well, wow. So none of – did you have – were you a part of any clubs in high school? Uh, a few of them, but they, these were all a joke. All these clubs were like – this is kind of what these made me do it. real club names though? Yes. These are all real clubs. So they have a real – they have they had a barbecue club? Yes. A conservative thought club. What is that? But but nobody ever showed up to these. Like the, this is what had happened is students would start these clubs. You had to have like a faculty advisor, but like any teacher would do it. I was so, part of uh, – some kind of club. But but see, students would start these clubs just to pad their college resumes, but then they wouldn't actually have meetings. So these were all a sham. And I said, well, if they're going to be a sham, and then they'd have them in the yearbook. That's what was the most ridiculous. They'd have them in the yearbook with phony descriptions of all the fun they had. So I'm like, you know, you got to be kidding me. I'm just going to show up to these and uh, and pretty much troll the club pictures, which is what I did. And, and I, I got into 16 of them. In the 88-89 school year, that was my junior year. In my senior year, I was going to beat that record, and I was going to try to be more than 20. But I got thrown out after 15. I got kicked out by the 
yearbook advisor after a student tattled on me, and uh, she told me if I don't leave, they're going to give me detention. So that was that. So none of these clubs I'm looking at ever were they all like even the Spanish club is that a sham too? Students against drunk driving. They they were mostly shams. Like they'd have like one or two meetings the whole year. Okay. Wow. The creative car club. I mean, really? <laughs> exactly. I mean, like that never met. You look like you're creative in that photo, though. Well, I was trying to look bored there. The foreign. The creative car club was one of my favorite pictures because I I did a good job looking bored and I also I put my feet up to it, it was almost like a three D effect like you can see the bottom of my shoes and you're wearing a coke shirt that's cute yeah I was wearing a coke shirt too yeah now, it was a very cold day by the way for it, it was the L A area it was like one of the coldest days that you would you would have in the L A area it was like like forty eight degrees that day or something so like everyone's in a jacket <laughs> wow hmm. so anyhow so the point was P L O P L O L thought you were attractive as a 16-year-old would have banged you. Yeah, in those pictures. Yeah, he, he thought I was attractive in those pictures. Hmm. Now, when he says bang you, does that mean anally penetrate you? I, I, didn't, I, well, I, didn't go, I didn't go that far. I, that, that's what I didn't want to know. But, uh, okay. you know, I just was I was just happy that uh, <laughs> that, that would have been his impression had he been alive at that time and the age he is now. What happened to that Trader Ruska? Did he check in uh, already? Is he safely in? I mean, he must Tropicana? be. He must be in, uh, in Vegas at this point. Trader Ruska. About, uh, oh, yeah, no, I'm all oh. checked in. Hey, buddy, Are you in your room? I'm. I'm actually going to take the dog for a little walk right now. Wait, you have a dog with you? Wow. He has a lady with him too. I heard a girl. I have the, I have the wife, the dog, and my uh, guy that works for me. Wait, hold on. So you so, have the Tropicana's pet friendly? Thank you. For my service dog, it is. Well, you have a service dog. Oh, you're oh. blind. No, he's not blind. I've, I've seen him before. Oh. He's not blind. I don't know what what's your hand, what, what do you, what, what's your debilitation to have a service dog? I, you know, I have a good friend that's a doctor, so I basically got a note. And I use it for a hotel. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, okay. What kind of dog is it? <laughs> half, uh, half Chihuahua and half Dodson. I really can't do much in terms of being a service dog, could it? Half no. Chihuahua dogs. No, no, but the thing is, you you can claim that uh, basically any dog is a service dog. It, basically, this is expanded. It was uh, it was initially. You, you, I mean, Brandon, you can claim your dogs are service dogs. Well, that's what I was going to. I want to maybe get the connection for this for the fake service dog doctor. No, definitely. And I bought the vest on eBay. <laughs> I, I I mean, not on eBay, but on Amazon. And I oh didn't my. actually have Did to. Did you get click on Druff's link? <laughs> actually, I probably clicked on my own, but. Yeah. Um, but I did. Wait. Yeah, but you can get them there. And what do you do that you have an assistant that travels with you? Wow, you're balling. Yeah, just, That's Druff doesn't yeah, even have an assistant. Never pay for it. Wait, so tell me again. Your assistant does what for you? No, he just deals with everything. You know, I work. Well, you know, all my employees everything. work remotely, so I just moved my office here. When we're coming here, so I've got the conference and meetings, and he, we have the phone that's like our main. So you line. have a full time assistant. You have a full time assistant. For what you do. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Does he have his own room, his own quarters at the drop? Absolutely. We got, yeah, what, what, we get, what we get of, comped here. So we got like a two-bedroom yeah. suite. You know what, Brandon? What I'm, I'm going to say something that I, I never have revealed before. I think you'll even find this interesting. Uh, regarding an assistant, when, when I was uh, really bawling with uh, just winning money on, uh, on online many years ago and I, in, in Vegas, and I found that – it was 
sometimes distracting where I'd be in like a good game on, on poker stars or something. And I, I would want to go out and do, I had to go out and do something, some kind of errand, either getting food or going to the store or, you know, something where if only someone else could do it for me and, and there wasn't, and I'd have to go do it myself and leave a good game or whatever. So like I, I started noticing this happening so much. I was actually considering hiring an assistant and the, the person I was going to pitch this to at the time, this is, this is in his early days on the forum. I was actually going to pitch this to M robot, Michael, if he was, he never knew Hold about on this. One second, I'm sorry. I I never approached Michael about this, so he doesn't even know. But I was going to approach him and say, you know, if you want to move out to Vegas, I'll, I'll hire you as an assistant. I was going to pay him a whole lot, but I was going to pay him enough to you know, to live. He wasn't going to live with me or anything. He'd have his own place. But uh, um, I, I was considering this, and then I decided, nah, it, it's just it's too much money, and I don't know. Like I I accurately saw that maybe the poker boom won't continue the way it is, and then I won't need it anymore, and like. So I didn't do it. I didn't even mention it to him. But I was really considering uh, pitching this to Michael, who I knew didn't have, you know, was really hurting for money at the time and was taking all these, like, really crappy jobs. And I thought that he'd – and I knew he kind of wanted to go to Vegas, so I was going to pitch that to him. But it never happened. If it was now, you could have put him up at Brandon's uh, condo. <laughs> That's true. He probably wouldn't have lived very long, but uh, I could have put him up there. It's a scary place there. So, yeah, and and I also, uh, I had briefly someone watching, someone's mentioning in chat that I had someone watching, not Poker Stars, but another site for when certain fish would sit at the table and call me and tell me to go over there. But uh, this didn't last long. It was actually, the it was a woman who agreed to do this for nothing. And I, I didn't uh, pressure her to do this. I would just... This is a woman, an older woman. She was in her 50s, and I, I befriended her. But there was never any kind of uh, sexual romantic connotation, at least not on my end. And if it was on her end, she didn't say anything. But uh, uh, she liked me at the very least uh, as a friend. And uh, she offered, because I was just mentioning offhand, oh, I wish there was something that could alert me when these few awful players on the site sit down. She says, you know what? I watch this thing a lot. I can call you whenever they're there. And she did this, and it was very useful. And this all ended after just a short time because one of my friends who played on the site, who she knew was my friend, uh, he never liked her, and he thought she like talked too much and was full of herself. So just one day when he was in a bad mood when he was losing, he went off on her and, and, and made fun of her being old and they said all these like nasty things that she's old and dried up and nobody wants her like she he said all this offensive stuff to her and she was so pissed she wouldn't speak to me again either even though i had nothing to do with it and i I was so frustrated with this guy for doing that i'm like do you know what you just ruined here and there was no reason for him to do this he he just like flipped out on her because he was in a bad mood and he just never really liked her much so she was kind of irritating him it it wasn't miss idaho it's it's, it's someone that none of you know and miss idaho's younger than me by the way she's not this was someone substantially older than me so it was not a never win poker poster. It was someone who just I ran into and befriended through the site. And uh, I mean, I, I guess it was possible at the time she, she had some kind of romantic interest in, in me, even though it definitely wouldn't have been returned because she was uh, 20 years older than me. But uh, I don't know. 
Like she never expressed that directly. So that was that. It was too bad. That was a, a useful service back then because there were some there were some mega fish back in those days that you know they would sit down in high limit games and it, they had just about no chance to win. They were like limping every hand and they were terrible. Like they were really, really legitimately terrible, and uh, just getting there when they're there. And this is before the site was as infested with pros as it became. This is the CryptoLogic network, so. Those games could sit like three or four handed for a while, so you could really get a lot of money there without. Uh, you know, later in the later days, it was like you and four other tough pros and the fish, and it was a little harder. But uh, before that, these games would sit like three or four handed for a long time before people would see them there. So if you had someone telling you they were in that game, it was a big edge for you. And some of these guys just had insane money. I mean, that just it was amazing how many reloads these guys were doing there. So those were the good old days of online poker. Lou father saying she probably still sucks a good dick without her dentures. (laughs) I mean, at this point she's in her mid sixties probably. So maybe you're right. I mean, I've I've said before, I've never been into women older than me. But that was, like, even more. That was, like, 20 years older. He's asking, is Brandon gone again? I think so. Something about how this wasn't going over with his girlfriend well, and... I mean, I guess I can understand it. I guess I can understand, especially in a new relationship. I don't like to get Benjamin's mom mad at me. It it feels crappy when she's mad, and I, I don't like seeing it happen. And I try to avoid it. Like, you know, you guys may see that where I try to get argumentative here and with, with companies I'm having a problem with and customer service people, but... You know, with her, I, I really tried not to. I really tried to not get into arguments with her. Um, but sometimes when it does happen and I get a little depressed about it, I think, well, we've been together six years. She's not going to just get up and leave here. We've been together six years, and we have a son together, and you know, she, she's not going to leave. Like, you know, what am I worried about here? This will pass. This will be over. But if, if it's a new relationship, you have to worry about every little fight, every little thing that pisses them off because they have much less invested in you. And, of course, it goes the other way. They they worry much less about pissing you off as time passes. So... Brittany Griner's clit in chat is asking, Druff, would you rather have, would you feel more flattered by a 20 years older woman wanting you or a young PLOL wanting you? Um, that's a close one. I'll tell you why. Uh, the 20 years older woman 
I would feel better because it's an actual female. So someone's telling me they're attracted to me from the female standpoint rather than from the gay male standpoint. But uh, for PLOL, it would be better because... This wouldn't be someone who's like way older than me who may just be liking me because I'm younger rather than anything good about me. So that's a tough one for that reason. Now, would I rather have a young PLOL liking me or a young woman? Well, obviously the young woman, even if it's someone I wouldn't pursue. But otherwise, it's a tough question with those two. But I think it's like if I'd much rather hear from a gay guy that that he finds me attractive than that he finds me ugly. If he finds me ugly, I think crap. <laughs> I, I guess that means I might be ugly. Like you, you don't want to hear that. So it's much better to hear. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I would totally have done you. That, that's a much better thing to hear. Now, as long as they don't make an effort to to actually do it, like I wouldn't want a gay guy hitting on me. But I, I if a gay guy says. Uh, hey, I, I would have been into you 20 years ago when I was the age that you are in that picture. Like, you know, that's fine. That's just a statement. That's not an action. So, I, I'm also never like, I'm never insulted if someone a lot younger than me, whether it's a woman or a gay guy, if, if they don't find me attractive because... There's, there's so many years difference. And I think, like, I, I wasn't attracted to women 20 years older than me. I never have been. So, like, uh, why would a woman 20 years younger than me be attracted to me? There are some young women who like older guys, but there's a lot of them that don't. A lot of, the, a lot of girls who are 21 years old wouldn't want any guy over 40. They're just not attracted to that. And I can understand. Good question, though, in the chat. I'm glad we have PLOL listening again. You know, there was a. I talked about the gay poker mafia preventing him from doing so. I guess he's uh, he's defying them, or maybe they've. I think they may have softened on me. Sorry. Yeah, I I was saying that uh, since PLOL is. We back, really got to change this radio schedule. This isn't working. But it, it is. It's changing. I know. When is it? When does it take effect? Thursday. It, 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 this is the last Tuesday show. That's it. Thursday is like that. Uh, remember when Thursday used to be must see TV? Well, so it's must listen to radio. Yeah. Remember like Cheers, and that was like the big night. You were you a Cheers fan? A moderate Cheers fan. Also, the Cosby Show. You know, uh, Bill Cosby would rape a woman, and then uh, then she'd <laughs> guest her on his show. And it was that was going on. Listen, I apologize for all these interruptions. I'm trying to balance. You know what I mean? The whole life yeah. thing with yeah. The X Factor mentioning Phil Locke is 43 and Jennifer Tilly's 56. Well, but that's that's a little different because Jennifer Tilly is both famous and uh, and rich because she got a lot of money from Sam Simon. That's How it. rich would you guess she is? I don't know, but I I think many millions. I mean, is she still getting residuals now to this day still? Does she still get a cut of whatever his cut was? I, I don't know. But I know he had a fortune, and I don't believe they had a prenup. And uh, if that's the case, she's got to be one of the richest people in poker. Oh, I think she is. I think she gets has a ton of money. So, 
That's I think she's made far she got far more from that than she ever made from her acting career. Hmm. And I, she I, actually got nominated for an Academy Award at one point. Did you know that? What movie was it for? Uh hold on, I gotta look. I remember reading it. Let's see. It was uh an Oscar nomination for Bullets over Broadway. It was a Woody Allen movie. I never saw that. No, I don't like Woody Allen movies. I like some Woody Allen movies. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan, but I, I've liked some of them. Yeah, I got a good question for you. When is the only time in the history of this country that five U.S. either five, well five former or active U.S. presidents were all in the same room together, or all in the same location at the same time? Uh. There were five, either it was one sitting president and then four former presidents. Yeah, it was. It was must have been a. It's fun- a question on Jeopardy. What's the, it was a funeral, probably. Very smart. You're a smart guy. Uh, got that from the Creative Club. The Creative Car Club. I'm trying to think uh, who, which president's funeral must it was. Uh, was it Reagan's? I don't yeah, know very good. Yeah. Nice. Who are the presidents? Uh. It would have been uh, two Bushes, Clinton, Carter, and Ford. Very good. 2004. Very good. Right on. It's the only time that uh, five presidents have been together. Yeah. You know what? Another interesting fact. How many U.S. presidents have died since 1973? Since you and I have been – well, I guess I, was, I wasn't born yet, but you were born. But since 1973, how many U.S. presidents have died? I think only one. Two. Who's the other one? It was Reagan. Nixon. Nixon. Oh, Nixon. Oh, Nixon. I forgot about Nixon. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, just a tangent, but you know what was so weird about Nixon? When I read about, uh, I, I was stuck at the airport waiting for a ride, and uh, in the nineties, and I was just killing time reading pamphlets, and one was about Nixon's wife, and I read this whole pamphlet about her, and I learned like way more about her than I ever knew. And then the next day I wake up and it turns out she died like overnight or something. I don't even like, know her name. What was her name? It's uh, Pat Nixon. That's right. And she she died like like right after I read about her. It was so odd. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, what happened? To, is Trader Ruski still on the call? I'm still here. Okay, so uh, again, I'm sorry. He wants to know about the service dog. Yeah. No, no, it's the assistant again. I, I remember what I was asking you. Does your assistant get a per diem? Uh, no, but everything gets paid for. Because, you know. Yeah, Trader Ruski, he takes him out to dinner or whatever. Okay. Good job. He gets taken care of. Now, did you both see, you know, um, Jennifer Tilly, I think, was in the best uh, gambling movie. What, what movie was that? Let It Ride. I don't right. Was that with Richard Dreyfus? Yep. I haven't seen that. that. It's like it's... the horse. The horse. I, I I saw it once a long time ago. That was a horse betting movie, right? Exactly. He turned like a small amount into some insane amount, and then lost it all back. That I don't. It didn't end that way, but I won't give Drop the uh, end. <laughs> yeah, I've, I haven't seen it yet. Here. But that is a great movie. All right. Here is uh, Scott from the East Coast. Hello. Trey Nursky. I'm shocked you're still awake. Um, Vegas, so it's yeah, he's matter. in Vegas. It's a town that never sleeps. He's really waiting for the hooker to show up. Is what it is. Oh, um, Tom. 
yeah. the last time you heard from Bad Guy. You know, I am concerned about this. Bad Guy is missing. I'm glad he brought this up. I could care less. I've never... I thought he peaked seven years ago. Okay, well... Just being honest. Okay, well, he's, he's been a long-time part of the show. I know there's some people who don't like him. Like, Seriously Serious hates when he's on. But, uh... Bad... I like Seriously Serious. He's a good kid. Yeah, everybody likes Seriously Serious. But, uh... Bad guy Punk doesn't like him. He says that he did something bad at bluff or something. I don't Who doesn't like him? Judonk. Oh, Judonk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, bad guy has been gone from the forum for quite some time, gone from the radio show. And what people have pointed out is that what they're especially surprised at is that bad guy has not shown up to brag about the Pittsburgh Pirates, which he's a big fan of and are doing very well, especially when the Pirates. Uh, killed the Dodgers in one series that uh, people were sure he would have shown up to rub that in my face and he was not anywhere to be found. So I, I don't know what's happened to bad guy. I don't know if he's dead. I don't know if he's finally gone to jail for the child support matter. I don't know what it is, but he seems to be gone. That's what I was going to ask. I think he's in jail. I, I think that's the most to, uh... That's the most likely. Now, he, when he disappears, sometimes he'll claim he was just... Uh, at Grandma Rosa's and didn't have access to a computer, but it just seems like these long periods of time that it's got to be more than that. I'm uh, heading to Pittsburgh in the, in the surrounding area tomorrow. Just wondering if you think I should do some investigate, investigations. Well, I mean, you, you can see what happens to him. Should I walk into the jail? Wait, and, who is and, this? Yeah, this is, have his full name? This Scott is from the East Coast, Brandon. Stop asking. Oh, I'm friends with you on Facebook. <laughs> Yes, you are. I'm shocked. You were at a casino on the East Coast the other day. I mean, I don't. Can I say it or no? Is it your secret location? Yeah, I was at Maryland Wise. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Secret location. Okay, you had the fish. The fish were in the game. You said the donkeys or something, right? No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. You saw me. You saw me post that I was at Borgata yesterday. So, so who's this uh, person in the four four three that texted me earlier about your voice being sexy? Is that like a girlfriend or wife or something? I don't know. Could have been a fiance. What number? Wait, did it, what area code was it? Four four three. Could have been a creeper. Four four three. Uh, probably a fiance. Okay. I just thought maybe 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 have uh, maybe have some other uh, female admirer here who wants to steal you away. Nah. I mean, I, all I'm getting here. The, hopefully not in the area. I mean, at least you're getting compliments from presumably women. I, I, I got from PLOL that his, he puts this show on speaker because his boyfriend finds my voice to be sexy. <laughs> how's, this, how's, this, how's this for an article? Uh, the discussions between the New York Giants and defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul appear to have broken down over differences of opinion on his readiness to play after he lost a finger during a 4th of July accident. <laughs> His readiness to play. Well, I mean, he lost. I, I, yeah, he lost a finger. I mean, I know you haven't followed this, but uh, guy gets paid eight million dollars a year, Druff, eight nine million dollars. He's one of the best defensive ends in all in football, and he's shooting fireworks off in his hand. That's that's. It's amazingly stupid. Yeah, yeah. I never understood these these players who. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, fourteen point eight million is what he lost. I, I've never it's understood the, eight million. Yeah, these these players who let's get signed for fifty million and go get a motorcycle for the first time, Druff, and just ride it. <laughs> I don't I think get he it. Tur- didn't he turn down a big deal right before that? He turned down a huge deal yeah. and then he was supposed to get this year one year franchise tender for fourteen point eight million and now he won't get it because he's shooting fireworks off in his fucking hand. 
I mean, Trader Ruski, I know you obviously you're making some money. You have an assistant. You have the fake service dog. But, I mean, $14.8 million, you're not making that a year. <laughs> not yet. No, not yet. I like it. I like it, kid. <coughs> but, yeah, $14.8 million. I mean, that's that's nuts. And he's shooting fireworks off in his fucking hand. I mean, Druff can't, Druff's trying to get a job at, what, Ultimate Poker? You want to be the what, – what, what do you think they would have paid you, Druff? Uh, probably some crap. They uh... – what would probably twenty five hundred via PayPal and then four thousand other PayPal. Yeah, that's probably what I would have gotten. Now they, it was, uh, you know, it was funny at, at Ultimate Poker. It, like, it seemed like they were paying the managers, like Terrence Chan, pretty well. I never got a number, but but anyone else below that was just getting absolute shit with promises like, oh, we're going to blow up huge one day, and you're going to be on the ground floor and make a lot of money one day, and like then like all never materialized, and people like spent their life there, not not like a long time, but like they're. They spent like a year or two years of their life like working like dogs for crap money, and it never went anywhere. Yeah. Glad I did not end up in that whole fail. Speaking of which, I'm looking on uh, WSOP.com. I mean, if it was a ghost town before, it's an even ghostlier town. Oh, really? Because I was just talking before when my radio cut out, when my internet fell out, uh, that I was about to look them up on Poker Scout because they're taking PayPal now. Yep, I, I saw that in the... Uh, and and oh, I thought maybe okay. that's going to be helping their traffic. But looking at it here, while Bovada is still strong as ever, and uh, uh, Merge, by the way, everybody should avoid Merge because they're not paying anybody. But uh, they, they're paying people here and there. It's not like Lock, but they're they're getting they're getting there to the, the Lock territory. There's was, not even the biggest... no. I mean, I know it's one in the morning, but still the biggest... No limit game going on right now is fifty cent one dollar, and uh, other than that, on the whole entire site, there's three Omaha games going. That one's twenty five cent fifty cent, one's five ten five cents ten cents, and one's one cent two cent. Yeah, now it, it, Poker Scout is claiming there's 180 cash players on, but they're probably like micro and low limits. So that's that's the uh... The worst thing that could have ever happened, ironically, to the World Series of Poker.com was Butters going deep. Because now, as happens to most people when they have a huge tournament score, okay, and they're not a tournament player, <laughs> what do they start doing? Yeah, they start playing tournaments. Exactly. So he's not he's I've just seen from Twitter or I don't know, some something. He's been, you know, all over in Florida, he's been California. He's been traveling. Uh, so he's not. He's not starting so games anymore. Yes, exactly. The biggest <laughs> player on their site is not even playing anymore. And, and then they didn't. They didn't try to uh, no, capitalize no, on yeah. this either. Like he. They're, Can they're you imagine that headline? I mean, really, they didn't even put in a plug for the, the. The. I mean, the guy got seven. I mean, I don't remember how it is. You know the rules, but he got seven star alone just from this site, which. I, I know we've probably talked about it to some degree before, but that's a ridiculous amount. Yeah, of it play. is. Yeah, like like all this guy did. Yeah, he just sat all day and all night and played on these sites. I mean, I thought I looked at what it, what it was whenever you know the site opened. Just to get diamond alone was ridiculously hard. I mean, yeah, I, I thought seven stars was impossible to get through that. Yeah, so he's a traveling poker player now, and uh, <laughs> so he's yeah. I know. Leave it to WSOP.com to actually be harmed by their most active player making it super deep in the in the World Series main event. Only the World Series of Poker could accomplish that one. Unbelievable. And so. you'd think it's like that's what they were praying for, that scenario to happen so that they could capitalize on Yeah, and then they what don't. Else, what the, else do they want? And then they don't have to. They don't. Yeah, all they had to do is, is say, uh, you know, look, one of our most active players is, is this deep in the World Series. This could be you one day. 
you know, he, he honed his skills on WSOP.com, and, and now look where he is. Now he's the chip leader with 27 left in the main event. But no. So I'm, I'm going to their cashier now, so let's see if it's actually true. Now, the, the one thing that I did like, I mean, it doesn't really matter now because you can't play on it. In terms of depositing and cashing out, besides the fact, you know, you can actually go down to the Rio and get your money within hours. I mean, they have a very good, oh, that's great. The cashier function is not working. Please check back later. Seriously? <laughs> I mean, really? Oh, my gosh. That's, that's unbelievable. The one thing that I did like, that this was a very cool feature, is they had a partnership that started about a year ago with 7-Eleven, all the 7-Elevens in Vegas. And you would click on, uh, assuming it's still there now, but there's a deposit option that says 7-Eleven deposit. And you'd click on it, and you'd put in the amount that you want to deposit, and then you get an email with a barcode on your phone. Then you take the barcode to 7-Eleven, hand them your phone, they scan it, you give them whatever the, the amount of money is. And I think the highest I ever gave them was, I think, $500, $600. I've never... Well, could, could they take like fifteen hundred if you wanted to? Or you know, I, yeah, that was my that was the thing. I, I it doesn't say on there, or it didn't say on there what the, what the max was. So I mean, I'm sure it's somewhere like around that area. But um, so you bring your phone and you hand it to the clerk, and they scan it, give them the cash, and it's literally right on your account, right in your account in seconds. Um, which I thought that's kind of a cool feature. But again, they didn't promote it. You, you think that'd be on the walls instead of a Melanie Weisner fucking uh, you know seminar? But uh, <laughs> you know, I like that fact because if if and I don't get this at all. I, I screwed up once with this, and I raised hell. Um, but if you use any any credit card that you use, I mean, I've used before on here, like I think it was a Capital One and like a Chase. You get that goddamn foreign. Not only do you get the foreign transaction fee, which makes no sense because it's in the United, it's in Nevada. But secondly, credit cards charge you as it's a cash advance. Yeah, it's, it's awful. Like it's so, awful. Yeah, it's yeah, that's that's why you have to use like a, a debit card. That's why I use this, the Citibank debit card works well with that thing. Okay, so yeah. Okay, finally, let me connect. So they accept Net Teller. They accept it's called Seven Eleven Pay Cash, and uh, let's see what the limits are. I'm just curious. The maximum is the daily limit is oh okay. The daily limit is five hundred a day. Okay, but this, this makes a lot of sense. The daily limit is five hundred a day. But what's the monthly limit? Six hundred. It's a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> what? So how could that be? If you can only do daily of a max of five hundred a day, but you can do you can't do more than a hundred thousand a month. That would be kind of hard. I, I've seen the reverse usually, where it's, it's something like five hundred a day, and then like a thousand for the month, or seven fifty for the month. But this is the reverse. It's what's the limit for PayPal? Okay, I'm going to it now. PayPal. Let's see. Don't have a PayPal account? Please sign up. Uh, let's see the deposit limits. My deposit limits are that's so cute. The minimum single deposits five dollars, <laughs> and the maximum single deposits three thousand oh, once a day, thirty thousand per thirty days. That's that's not bad, but uh, it's too bad that the limit games are just dead on there. Oh, here's a cute one. My ACH. I I don't know if this is for everyone. My ACH, my maximum single deposit is $15,000. My maximum daily deposit per one day is $90,000. Wow. Like, why would you ever need to put $90,000 on USOP.com? My maximum deposit per 30 days is $750,000 from ACH. <sighs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's on there. I'm looking at it right now. I think they're having dreams of, like, people playing super high nosebleed stakes there but 
Nobody cares about that site. Yeah. Uh, real gaming is still up in Nevada with an average of two players on there. And why even bother? Hmm. Like, there really is just room right now for one site. And by the way, this is a combined Nevada and Delaware site, what you're seeing here. WSOP New Jersey is only doing a little bit better. They're not doing that hot either. So, really the... uh, the three places that are worth playing on these days are Bovada, the Chico Network, and the Winning Network, and that's it. The Merge is not paying. They're paying very sporadically. Everything else is just too small or not uh, trustworthy enough. So... I don't know. I don't know if uh, it'll be interesting if, if California ever gets their legalized online poker. It'll be interesting to see if those are fail sites or if it's actually something viable. How many rooms do they have in New Jersey? So don't they have like eight 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 poker and some other like golden the, the, nugget? And... Well, eight 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 is the same as WSOP. They've merged. Oh. Okay. And uh, the other major one is Party Poker, which is associated with Borgata. So those are the only two left, really. And WSOP.com slash 888 is doing better than Party. But they're all fail sites. There's none doing really well. There's none that are uh, consistently having a you know, anywhere near like 500 people on. None of them. We're talking about 500, not 5,000. Right. Like none of them are averaging 5,000 or even close to that. The only one that's averaging over 1,000 players of all the U.S. facing sites is Bovada. They're averaging about 1,700. So they're really the only place with real action. And then Chico and Winning, they're, aver- they're, they're each averaging around 500. Hmm. But uh, to compare this... Poker Stars, which doesn't even take U.S. players, has 10,000 players on right now in the middle of the night. I guess not middle of the night in Europe, but still. 10,000 players on right now, and the average is 16,000. Wow. Are you still playing on Bovada? I heard something earlier. You saying that you're not playing until the end of September? Or, yeah, you know, I busted. I busted my account, so I'm just not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna reload. And I just went on a slump there, so I'm not gonna reload till till uh, September, uh, late September. Last, what, what what determines that? Uh, the football season. Last year, I oh, yeah. l- last year I came back at football season. Came back meaning I'd been gone for years from there, and I decided to give it a shot. Put on twenty four hundred dollars and just owned right from the start. And the games were really good. So the games, so between, I I ran very well for the next few months, and also the games were really good. Uh, Once football season was over, and even a little before that, the games got tougher, and I I also started running worse. So 
And then just recently when I busted, I ran extremely poorly, and the games weren't that great. So not a good combination. But even Jay Searles busted tonight. He busted off $500, he said. He busted his account on there. Now, you know, this is a real big scam. Apparently now, if you live in Nevada, and also, I guess, New Jersey and Delaware, if you play, they'll let you play on Bovada if you're an existing customer in any of those states. But once you try to cash out, they'll tell you if you cash out, they're going to close your account. Oh, wow. And that's what happened to me. I can tell you why. Go ahead, please do. Well, I mean, I know because of the you know the legalized gaming in the state, but that's kind of no, shitty. No, no, no. I, I can tell you why let, this is specifically their so, policy. Well, let the fish keep gambling. Okay, go ahead. This, what they're trying to avoid here, obviously it has to do with the legalized gambling in those markets, but in order to bust them, what they have to do is demonstrate that a player is like either depositing or cashing out, you're doing some kind of financial transaction to the site and uh, and then playing illegally. So, for example, if they were to set a case, if the, if the state of Nevada were to make a case against Bovada, what they would do is they would have to actually find proof, usually by using a citizen in Nevada or one of their own agents, who would actually deposit money on the site and then play a few hands of poker for real money and then they had evidence that you can do this, that you could play on an unlicensed site. In fact, that's what they did to bust seals. So in response to this, Bovada made it to where if you're in one of these sites of legalized gambling, that you are not allowed to sign a new account up. This prevents them from making shill accounts that they're just putting on there to, uh, to bust the site, to, get, to get, gather evidence. So... The reason they are punishing people like you who say, I just want to cash out, you know, I want to cash out, and uh, you have an existing account, the reason they won't let you cash out twice is because they're afraid, what if you're cooperating with the state of Nevada on this? And cashing out once, that could that just means, I'm done, give me my money. And that's not illegal. That's just saying, like, we're not serving you anymore, here's your money. Whereas cashing out twice means you're still playing. So this way, if you were to, let's say you were to go to the Nevada State Authorities and say, hey, fuck Bovada, I want to help you guys bust them. I'm going to prove right now that I'm doing a financial transaction with them. They're preventing this by telling you once you, once you do a financial transaction, that's it. So you, they're basically saying you can keep playing and, and just... Because the, the crime here is not the actual playing of the poker. It's actually doing a financial transaction with them. So that's what they're they're trying to show that if you uh, they probably won't let you deposit either. They probably just uh Oh no, I can deposit fine. Oh, they're letting you deposit. That's funny. Yeah. yeah, that's that's why I think it's shitty because you know, if you're a fish or a losing player, you can keep putting money in there, but you just can't take any out. Well, that's or if you, then it's done. That's that's really weird. It, so maybe it is just uh, just to punish the winning players. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I I thought I really thought so it was. You can still deposit. You can still deposit by Western Union in Nevada. Okay, I see. I I, City. I I I thought that uh, this blows my theory out of the water. I I really thought yeah, it was just re- to prevent you from doing two transactions or or doing any kind of financial transaction other than the final cash out. But no, that's not it. They just yeah, they just want to kick you to the curb if you're winning. They they really hate winning players in Bovada. They tolerate them, but they they do all they can to make it a hostile environment. 
And I, I learned that like like they their their processors actually skim a little bit from wire cash outs. And uh, and then they blame it on exchange rate fees, which are not true. And I found it. I proved it. And the first time they gave me some money back, the second time they told me to go kick rocks. They they basically didn't give a shit because they were happy to if I if I were to say, OK, fine, I'm leaving. They say, OK, let me hold the door for you. Because they, they didn't it's not like they wanted to keep my business. I was reliably cashing out every month and I was never depositing except for that first deposit. So what like they don't want a player like me. They're not going to kick me out. But if 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 I ask them to do anything out of the ordinary or threaten to leave, then they say, "Okay, goodbye." And <laughs> we don't care if you stay. So that's that's what happened. But uh, I left involuntarily because I busted. So I'll, I got to figure w- what way there is to best redeposit when I do come back because my uh, Western Union I can't do anymore. I, I was told that. Uh, they still technically—I don't know if they still technically take them at this point—but uh, I was warned that Western Union is cracking down big time. Yeah, but I heard that that's been going on for years. Supposedly they were cracking down. Remember the whole like? Did even send you when there was Bodog? Did even actually send you an email saying whatever you do, don't tell them at Western Union. No, I know that, can't. but no, but I've heard starting like October of last year that they were really cracking down hard like they were just much harder than before that that they were really 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 looking for any sign of a gambling transaction and if they find it then they blackball you from western union completely and i know someone it happened to and with me i made my deposit on september 20th and apparently i i just without realizing it got like right under the wire before this started happening like days after that is when they started really clamping down in western union so I got, I got lucky with that. So uh, I'll have to figure out which way to do it. The credit card things that have failed, they charge you 5%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you, know, you deposit. Well, it's not even that. It's the it's damn lot. I'm, I'm assuming it's the same thing. Maybe it's not. But, you know, cash advance fees, even if you have great no, credit. No, I, I, I was going to do it with like a, a debit card. I was gonna do oh, okay. But, I mean, that's just nuts because it just keeps. Yeah. The moment... Uh-oh. Huh? I think we lost you for a second. Now you're back, though. I'm back. Okay. Yeah, so. th- those those fees are terrible. It's so I I don't know what I'll do. And I'll, not only that, but uh, when you're running bad at that thirty sixty game, uh, boy, that thing eats money fast. So those games are so aggressive, and you know the pumps get the pots get so pumped up, and then you take a bad beat at the end. Like 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 a few of those just destroy you. And so I I don't even know like. How much, like if I put in 3K there, that could be easily gone in, in a short time if I run bad. So, it's it's also the frustrating thing is, uh, I, I know someone, a long-time Limit Hold'em player, who just took the the approach of just depositing 1,000, trying to run it up, and if it failed, just try again the next day a thousand. They just just kept doing a thousand, a thousand, a thousand. He said it took like nine tries and he finally got it and it, it and it and he ran it up from there. <laughs> that's the other thing about um and I never understood this. That's the other thing about the WSOP.com. When you have an ACH or what do they used to call it on stars? Like an E each oh basically an, an e check. An e check. Yeah when you have an e check when you have that set up with your checking account it's an arbitrary number that can change from one day to the next. Even if 
you know, I've I've been with them. I don't know how long has this type been up? Like a little over two years, and I've never obviously I've never bounced anything. But sometimes I'll you know I'll just take three hundred or five hundred. I haven't played on the site in months and months, and it gives it to me no problem. Sometimes it won't give me you know five hundred bucks, but I can do a hundred at a time to get to it. You know, five different transactions. Sometimes like you know they used to be pretty high stake PLO games going five ten, and it would just give me a thousand like that. It, I mean, it's really it's insane. You, you don't you, have like you, a set amount. There's you're talking no, about uh, com? Yeah, yes. Oh, There's no set limit that it gives you. It just all depends on the mood of their their processor. That's weird. So like some, I, I would so, expect that of a, like an illegal processor, but not. Uh... No, it, it well, like I said, there, I remember more than one occasion where I tried to take out more than five hundred dollars. It would not give it to me, but it would let me get more than five hundred in smaller increments, like a hundred or two hundred at a time. I mean, it just it makes no sense. There's just so much fail on every. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. just it, 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 you just never know. I mean that kind of sucks because if there is a good game and you want to get a quick fifteen hundred or two thousand, you know, which really isn't even that much for like five ten PLO, you don't even know if you can get it on there. Even if you've never, even if you have an excellent credit history with them and, and just in general, it's really arbitrary and capricious, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> they there there is a lot of difficulty and restrictions. And all, there's so many things that make it tough to just get an account going on there with with an, an amount of money you want to deposit and this this gets in the way when fish want to put money on there you know you pro players will put a lot of effort into this but fish won't and this this sort of thing has to be fixed if they ever want the legalized poker market to take off uh, otherwise it's going to be a fail even in california so I, I don't even know what to expect in california like first first of all they just there's like never getting a Going because of the poker stars argument that just won't get solved, so that just drags it forever. But even if that gets solved, I don't know if we're going to see like a bustling California online poker market or if it's going to be like a fail site. It may be a fail site. It may be like the numbers you're seeing, like you know, a little bit better than what New Jersey's getting, and that's it. Like it could be something yeah. like that. Like I. I'd like to think it's going to be something huge, but I, I think it's more likely it's going to be like a semi-fail. I mean, I know we've talked about this, and I'm not – got to actually, unfortunately, go soon because I have somebody sitting here waiting for me um, in the other room. But, uh, you know, everyone's always talking about when the next poker boom is going to be, and I think it's it's done. I mean, even if they legalized it and we had stars back tomorrow, it's never going to be what it was. I mean, so many people that – played for a living even winning players now have moved on and they've gotten real jobs and i i don't think i mean i don't think it will even ever come close to that um, no i i don't think it will either i, I think that yeah. uh I, it's I, a shame i mean it really is a shame because it, it should never have come to this it's fucking you know but i'm sorry go ahead my friend i, I think that there will be this possible especially if they do it right there can be viable games not not like the old days where uh, it was like printing money but there could be viable games where you can still make good money uh, and, and still have a good number of fish. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see like a major boom again. I don't think we're going to see it. And also, I think that they're not going to do this right with the regulation. There's going to be too many hurdles, too many problems, too many uh, difficulties getting money on and just too much crap that people aren't going to want to go through. And also, if it's not national, you won't have a big enough player pool. So... 
the whole thing's a mess. And and yet the unregulated model isn't good either because there were there were too many too many thefts, too many shady sites, even the supposedly trustworthy ones like Full Tilt ended up being bad. So uh, they really blew it. The correct thing to have done would have been a much earlier form of regulation back when there was a boom and doing it smartly and not choking it to death with, with dumb regulations that don't help anyone and just make the whole thing burdensome. But uh, it's... Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to come back to what it was. So. Yeah. What a... I, I been in and out of this radio show and again I apologize is what else on the agenda nothing oh really no that's it I mean it's, it's 1 30 in the morning so it's, oh, it's making, uh, it makes sense so there's no radio next week and then from that point on it'll be on Thursday that's correct? right that's right okay. so you can even tell your make you, it easier for me you can tell your girlfriend look uh, uh you, you can well put, but you know how it is I mean you have two days off and you know, yeah, other th- no, you know I, just it's it, it, I explained it earlier and I, I yeah. here I and uh you know you you, you can give her the you can give her the sad violin and say, next week, just for you, I am going to skip radio entirely. And she won't know that there's no show. She'll just think you're skipping it entirely. I promise you next week, it's yours, and I will not even call into radio once. I'll just pretend it's not there. And then the week after that, I will pressure Todd to change the radio to Thursday. So it never interrupts our nights alone again. On what Tuesday or Wednesday, and I think she will be very impressed with this. So sweet, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, it will look like you're making a big sacrifice. That you are pressuring me to change the date, and you're just not going to do it next week. In fact, you can even make it like you were going on strike and refusing to appear unless I change it to Thursday. And so next week you can be on strike and refuse to appear, and then. The following yeah. week, I can capitulate and switch it to Thursday. Big word. And then, and then she'll be very impressed with that. And then, of course, you know, I'll have to keep the ruse up when I actually meet her in person and claim that. Hey, when are you coming back out this way to the high desert uh, valley? I don't know. Have nothing set up anytime soon. No, you but your, uh, you booked your New Year's tickets yet? I, 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 yeah, yeah. I have to. I actually wanted to speak to you about that, but I'll do it uh, off yeah. the air. But yes, I do. Ha- I do have a room booked at uh, the lovely Caesars, and hopefully nice I can. Hour. Hopefully I can uh, Augustus, but we'll see if I actually get it. And I got. I, I got to lean on them. You know, like I. I, I always have to lean on them when it comes close to the time and say. That's cute. Well, so I got to do like I. I got to be really aggressive with this and say. Okay, now you got to give me the strip view room that faces the Bellagio Fountains and the Augusta. Well, you remember that bullshit at, at at the Rio where they literally tell you, like, in sm- that in small writing, it says if you have any comp, you're not guaranteed the room that you book. Well, they have to say that at Caesars too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So no. You so but find it. Right, and but that's why I have to always argue. Like, I get on the phone with them and I tell them, "Can you block off this room?" Like. Like I want something that's high up on the Augustus, facing the Bellagio fountains, and this is especially important for New Year's for the fireworks. So I tell them this, and at first I always get the standard. I'm sorry, we cannot guarantee any rooms. We cannot free, freeze up. Like they give me this crap, and then I say, No, I know you can. You've done it for me in the past. Then they argue. Then eventually I get someone you know who backs down and says, Okay, fine, you're right. We can. 
and then they do it. And then I've got to make sure they really have done it because sometimes they'll just like put a note on the account but not really actually do anything. So then I got to call back and like independently verify it with another rep to see if they've really done it. And uh, and, and you know then once it's done, then it tends to be pretty reliable. But I still lean on them. Like the same day, I call up and I make sure it's still there because one time they still gave it away, and I just I just make sure it's there. Uh, and and then uh, that's that's where being a seven star helps, regardless of how much play you've done recently, because all the hotel sees that you're a seven star. So so it's it, that's where it's helpful to have that status so that's what they see so as long as you lean on them enough they give you the room now i'm not going to get a, a a petite suite like you but uh I, I just want a standard room the, the exact type that i fell and broke my ribs in almost two years ago i, I want to have that again and uh with, with a strip for you especially during new year's because uh you got to see the fireworks and benjamin loves seeing the fireworks there so uh Benjamin, you know, he he is so energetic there at midnight for the fireworks. He's not tired at all. He's he's right there. He's uh, he's he's been up at midnight for New Year's every year since uh, two thousand uh, the two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen. Now, has yeah. he grown since I last seen him? Well, yeah. I mean, they always yeah, they, they <laughs> it was like two and a half years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I he'll be he'll be better behaved. I hope at least he uh, he's a little bit well, a little bit wild. I mean, in terms of a, how old is he then? Like three. No, he was like two. So, yeah. Two for a two and a half year old at a sushi restaurant, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was. He was, was just a little bit wild. He was kind of running around a little bit, and I had to keep grabbing him. And so, but he, he won't do that anymore. He's uh, a lot older now, and he was always pretty good at restaurants. You just kind of got him on one of the bad off nights, day. yeah, an off day. But but yeah, you can see him again, and he'll be able to talk to you more. And uh, do you remember when you were talking about getting an assistant? Uh, when you for poker, when you're running it up and being used, yeah. I I remember. Uh, I'm not gonna say his name, but uh, he was a namesake on a former site, and he had an ass fetish. And uh, <laughs> he used to play such long sessions of poker, and he would not want to get up at any point. So he used to literally urinate into a water bottle, Jeez. and I would come over to his house. And there would literally be like two or three Dasanis with piss in them <laughs> on his table. And it's not, I mean, it's not like it was a mansion. Like, you know, just bathroom was a good 20 feet away. Uh, I mean, how good would a game have to be, Druff, for you to urinate into a water bottle? I would just take a laptop is what I would do. I don't know why. He, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Why did yeah. he do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think about that. Why didn't he just, I don't think he knew he could do that. <laughs> I think he didn't have a laptop there. I think he was using like a... Oh, actually, you know what? He didn't. You're right. He had a desktop. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the oh, problem. Great memory. Yep, that's why. So I, I actually I actually once played poker in the shower where the game was so good. <coughs> but I had to go somewhere. So I wanted to play up to the last second. And I actually would go in the shower, had the volume all the way up on the laptop. And when I'd hear it beeping that I needed to act, I'd quickly jump out of the shower, act on my hand, and then jump back in. And uh, I did that throughout the shower. What do you think has more demons? His house? You know, the house that he that, rented? That, the house of horrors, Or my yeah. condo? Yeah, that's a close one. I think the I mean, ho- didn't you once go to his house and walk into a little cat fight? Yes, yes. I, saw, I, I got to see... No, it wasn't a cat fight. It was actually a, a well, fight yeah, between yeah, him and, the, and, yeah. the, uh, and the girlfriend at the time. Yeah. But you saw some crazy shit that day, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> and then she was like sitting outside and t- 
you know, trying to call someone to get her. It was uh, after the after the whole fight, and I think like even a knife was pulled at one point. It was, it was a bad scene. <laughs> like I couldn't believe like a knife pop. I go, whoa, 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 whoa! Like I had to like. Which was the one? Okay, Asian Jen. That was the one that got barricaded, right? No, 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 no. Genocide got barricaded. I thought she got sweated out. I think both. Asian Jen. I mean, I saw Asian Jen. There was one that it was the middle of the summer and the air was on like ninety, or the heat was on ninety, and hair was falling out. <laughs> He's trying to sweat her out. <laughs> yeah, that. And he also, he also reverse barricaded. He reverse. <laughs> yes, he locked himself. In. Yes, he locked himself in and felt that that. Uh, his lack of presence would make her want to leave. Oh, my God. The reverse barricade was my favorite. It's one yeah. thing to barricade someone, but to actually barricade yourself to want to make the other person you know, leave. You know, the Asian girl, she's going to be gone for a while longer now. You know that story, I assume, right? Well, I know she got arrested in Australia for drugs. and well, Convicted. Arrested, yeah, convicted, convicted, yeah. Sentenced. You don't want to be smuggling kilos of meth into Australia, apparently. <laughs> they kind of cracked down on that shit. She was so shady, it was just... A matter of time before something bad like that came down. I remember uh, I was over there hanging out one day, and uh, she had just started playing poker, like you know, on his account, and it was like sit and goes. That was it. And she comes over as it was during the World Series, and she asked our friend. She says, "Can I have five hundred dollars?" And he's like, "What is it for?" And she goes, "I want to go play a deuce to seven satellite at the Rio." <laughs> <laughs> and he gave it to her. Wow. He gave it to her. Um. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I I actually saw like like a, a fight that developed, and I think you know she actually started the physical part of the fight, and then uh, um, yeah, I like I was standing there. I think Mad Caddy was there too, and we couldn't believe what was happening. Never happened to him. Uh, he probably just shot off all his money and disappeared. But uh, like we weren't sure what to do. When it was just kind of them like rolling around and yeah, like it, it didn't look that serious, so I wasn't going to get in the way. But then, like I think she grabbed a knife on the table. That's what I was like, whoa, 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 this has to stop. Like she, we had to like stop, stop the whole thing and tell you know, tell everyone to back off. Like it was, a, like what do I do? I couldn't believe I was over there seeing like not only this domestic disturbance, but like her pulling a knife. Like I can't, I couldn't believe I was there just to see all this. But uh, yeah, that's. Well, you know, you know uh, Dustin actually. I never said his name. Or sorry, uh, the the individual <laughs> who may or may not be Dustin. He actually made contact recently with Colleen. Really? Yeah, but it looked like he was just messing with her. Oh God, I forgot about that whole angle too. Yeah, so he, he was just like the, he was just like messing with her, and I even told her said this. that she had the stank pussy. Yeah, well, I I, see, I even told her it's that not like chlorine. The chlorine. That's what he said. Well, I mean, like, that, that, it could be worse than that. He said it smelled like a dirty pool. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I've never smelled one like chlorine, but I have to say that that would be an improvement over some bad ones I've smelled. Like chlorine, it's not a pleasant smell, but it would be better than. She was She was obsessed with him. Yeah, yeah, she was Yeah, she was really into him. And But when he contacted her again, I, even, I felt bad for her. I told her that. I think he's probably just doing this as a joke what or something. What percentage of girls that you've dated – or I'm sorry. What percentage of girls that you've had sex with would you just guess? If you had to throw a ballpark guess. Girls that you've had sex with, have you gone down on? Uh, then there's there's actually been some that I've gone down on having had sex with. Okay, but well, let's just do it from the angle of actually having sex with and gone down on. Uh, 
What percentage? Probably 50 or something. Okay. That's fair. Like, well, the, I mean, if anyone I've been with a long time, you know, it'll happen. Well, but of course, yeah. yeah. That, that's why it's... So, there's some girls who don't even like that. So, a, most of them do, but there's some that don't. There's some that, like, don't want it with anybody. I've never met one of those... I've never met a girl that, like, literally I felt comfortable or wanted to, and she's like, don't do it, like, it's not for me. Or, no, I, I have, and I've had ones that have, like, told me beforehand, like, that. It's, so it's not even, like, an insult about me or anything, it's like they, they've told me beforehand, like, uh, that they just don't like it at all. So. Hmm. It's not, yeah, it's not that common, but it's... I remember, like, tried going down a girl, and then it just was so bad you had to just stop and make up an excuse, or <laughs> just... I'm just, well, I mean, there is a, a certain, well, you know, I'm not going to get that personal. Anyhow, uh, I, I mean, has it ever been that bad? Uh, there's times I've out? considered doing that, but I actually went through with it anyway and just kind of dealt, just kind of dealt with it. <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes you have to suck it up. Yeah, I, I mean, just, I just kind of dealt with it. Like, I, I just, I, I realized that if I say anything at that point, it'll yeah, totally ruin things. So I, I, I can't, so I just. I just deal with it. Knowing what you know, okay, let's just say 30 minutes. You have to go down on Jenny Anderson. <laughs> you already know the history. 30 minutes, you have to go down on her straight. Okay, and obviously your tongue's going to be sore as hell when you're done. What do you need to get paid up front? In cash, in PayPal? Oh, boy. I mean, 10000 would you do it? No, of course, you don't have a girlfriend. It's well, not like well, a cheating thing. Yeah, well, the amazing thing is guys actually pay to do that to her. Yes, I know. I know. I mean, you can put a condom on your tongue like you're not going to get any STDs. No girlfriend. It's not. Okay, if, if, I, if I could. Knowing no. what you know and just, you know, listen, let's be honest. That thing had a lot of roast beef like five years ago. Yeah, I know. I thought about that. Like, I like torn up it is now. Yeah, I know. I'm going, like, that was what amazed me five years ago seeing those videos is that she was young. She was just beginning in the whole thing. Like, and yet it looked like very roast beefy by then. So She's like, like only 24, 25. But, but yeah, but like when she was like 19, it already looked like roast yes, beef. So I, I couldn't believe this. Like uh, I thought about like, what's the future going to be like? So what, what would be the price? Would you do it for 10? If I knew I wouldn't get any diseases. Yes. Now, let's just, lastly, let's just see how good, quite good your memory is. Do you remember how she was, how I met her the first time you ever talked to her? Do you remember how she was kind of thrown into the scene? Yes, it was from Neverheap. Do you remember the reason why or what the premise was? Of, yes, of- the premise was that uh, Neverheap met her through some ad or something. She uh, she worked at Long's Drugs in, he, in Walnut he put, on, he put a picture of his cock. Yeah, you know, like, something, something like that. She's like someone hella holler at me. Yeah, it's, and then and then he complained that she raped him, that she uh, forced him to have sex with her like while he was sleeping. Well, no, that was on a later show. Oh, I thought that was the first. I oh, thought that was the first. The premise. first show she ever came on was with him because they had a pregnancy scare. Oh yeah, the pregnancy scare. She may be pregnant. That was the first time we ever had her on radio. It was back in uh, two thousand. It was early two thousand and eight. So I mean, it's been seven years, and then after that, she came on another show, and she claimed that he raped her, that he smoked like a couple hits of weed and broke all her dishes, started acting crazy in her. Yeah, apartment. but but he claimed that she forced herself on him. 
Or maybe it was out. Yeah, I mean, it was one or the other. You're right. Maybe I think it was out. Yeah, he claimed he was tired and didn't want to do it, and she just like got on top of him and just kept like like forced it. Uh, yeah, into it. Where did a very young and innocent Jenny Anderson start off her career? What job did she have? As long as drugs. Yeah, it's very good. God. No, I, especially I remember that especially because I used to live by a Long's Drugs, and I always saw their, like, store brand products were from Walnut Creek in California, and that's where, like, the main Long's Drugs was. And then she worked at that one. She worked at the main Long's Drugs in Walnut Creek. So I'm like, ah, oh, that Walnut Creek Long's Drugs. I remember that one. So, like, she worked there. It's very easy for me to remember having seen all those products from Walnut Creek. And do you remember this? Do you remember when we watched the, the videos and they were all like... <laughs> yes. That, that was um, it was, it was an audition video. I can't think of the name of it. It was like backroom auditions or backroom facials or something like that. But yeah, all it was was <laughs> just a sound of balls smacking against her ass. <laughs> it was like it was really loud though. It was almost like like someone slapping yes. their hand on a desk. It was like, <gasps> and, you know, if, if you can still find that video, I mean, anyone that Google's Jenny Anderson. But the thing about it that I remember, I remember a former uh, radio host came over to my house and we tried to watch it. And, like, we felt so disturbed because you could tell watching her, like, she was not enjoying it. Yeah. Like, I mean, she looked like <laughs> it, it was awful. I mean, it was – it was. I remember one day a friend of mine called me up and he told me, like, he tried for, like, an hour to jerk off watching it. And he couldn't. And finally he just had to give up. Because <laughs> it was just so non-erotic. It, it, anyhow. Well, Jesus, what, we've really kind of gone a 180 degrees with this podcast, haven't we? Yeah, so so what about the the time when you remember you brought her over to the to that yep, other podcast yeah. was, and that he that he was so mad about uh He was in Indiana. You were on a cruise. Yeah. At one point all of us were on the phone. I was in his house with it was me her um set of kings. Yeah, set of kings was Justin. there. Yeah. Set of kings started getting wasted. Yeah, that, and that was in uh, a former host home. Yeah, he was. He and uh, and uh, his the wife. Were, they, they were very upset about the fact. Wife was that, not happy about it. Yeah, that they were in the, that uh, Jenny Anderson was in the house there, <laughs> and that, that she was in there like unsupervised. That it was just uh, unsupervised. It was just you and the set of kings and all that. Like they felt like the the degenerate party was taking place there. They felt their their house was becoming the house of horrors. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was. Uh, Jenny Anderson, she she really stepped into the hornet's nest there by responding to Neverheap. I mean, think about uh, yeah. we wouldn't know who she was at least. Uh, then there's that other one, uh, Young Smooth. She she got she we never really got to know her thanks to the snake in the grass. Yeah, that was, that, that's fucking crazy that he would actually go on Facebook. And then we're talking about uh, was a porn star. Her name was Megan Fox with two X's. And I I knew she was friends with Jenny Anderson at the time, and I got introduced to her and you know, another personality for radio. And then uh, the snake in the grass Druff's referring to was uh, Zach. How do you say the last name? That was uh, Zach Hart. Yeah, okay. From from Pocket Jack, or Quad Jacks. And he had heard us talking about her. And this is what a sick fuck he was. He had heard us talking about having her on. And he went ahead and found her on Facebook and messaged her and told her not to come on our show. I mean, really. Like, like we're like, like, like it was fucking Microsoft and Apple, you know, like battling it out. Like, you know what I mean? Really? But, but he, and he, but he pretended like that he was friendly with us though. That was the worst part. He wasn't, he wasn't our enemy at the time. He, he was acting like he's uh, all friendly with us and supportive. 
and then and he's he doing denied that crap. it and he denied it and then uh yeah. one kid finally confronted him. I remember I was with him at the Rio and he admitted that he actually did that. I mean, what the fuck? That guy was a real snake in the grass. But we, yeah, he, he was run out of poker, though. He's not part of poker. Yeah, yeah. They, like his final hurrah was fighting with Seriously Serious on 2 plus 2, and, and everyone just destroyed him, and he just left. Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Listen, Druff, I got to run. I'm yeah, yeah, that's kid. fine. We'll, uh... Listen, I do apologize. I've been, listen, I've been juggling both ends tonight, so I apologize for you know not being on the whole show, but I will be back a week from uh, this Thursday with you, correct? Yep. Uh, on September twenty fourth. September twenty fourth. Okay. Yeah, six. You got sixteen days. Wow. And is that is Trajewski with us here? No. I'm still here. Oh wow! Oh, I'm just I'm getting everything organized. <laughs> well, I thought I thought that's what your assistant does. You shouldn't be doing nothing. Nah, he went to he went to sleep. I had to get get all the chargers plugged in and. Uh... All the Chargers plugged. That's what I did on my on my vacation, which was like a giant road trip from Southern California all the way to Northern Washington. And every night at the hotel, I had to you know, gathered up everybody's devices, the iPads and the iPhones and the cameras and like everything. And I I had to like find spaces to plug them all in in hotels, which can be a pain in the ass. And and like I and and I made sure everything was charging before I went to sleep every single night. There, it was the gathered the devices and charged them. So I understand. Did you get the charger thing I sent you? Guys? I did, and in fact, that I, did show up. Yeah, in fact, the next uh, the next vacation I take, I'm actually going to be taking. And we have one for you, Brandon. We have uh, two uh, power strips here that, uh, courtesy of Trader Ski, and I, I, I'm going. I'm actually going to be taking one of them. Uh, I, I just thought about that yesterday when I saw it in uh, the closet where I put it, and I said, oh, "I'm taking this thing, the, the Trader Ski charger." Hey, Trader Ruski, uh, send me I I don't know if you have my number. Yeah. Put a hold of me if you have time this week. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be in with my cell. And then, yeah, maybe Thursday night. Thursday night, I'm meeting C-Money uh, for some football. So maybe you want to come. We can meet him and we all hang out. Get to know each other and bring the service dog and the assistant. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good. All right, very good. So we'll be back September 24th which I would say is 16 days. It's actually now 15 days from now because it's now September 9th. And until then, there's going to be a little hiatus for the show, and then it's going to be every Thursday for the foreseeable future at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time because we have a West Coast bias, and we don't care that it's 10.30 p.m. on the East Coast. It doesn't matter because it's 7.30 here. So that's the way it's going to be. You can always catch the show in the archives. And Oh, wait, I have something I have to announce. We have a new form of media this site, this show is appearing on. For a long time, it has been on Stitcher, and it's been on iTunes. And, of course, you can download it directly off of the site in MP3 format. But something that did not exist until this week is it's now on the TuneIn app. So if you go to Shit, TuneIn... finally got there. finally got to the TuneIn app, you can now listen to... Not just this, but all the past Poker Fraud Alert shows dating all the way back to 2012. So tune in, Stitcher, iTunes. You can just listen to the MP3 directly on Poker Fraud Alert. There are so many ways to listen to this show that you don't have an excuse to not listen. So thank you, Brandon, for coming on and getting your girlfriend pissed. Thank you, Traderski, for risking your life in the car and uh, hanging with us all the way until uh, 
2 a.m. Yeah, when, you have, when you have when you have work to do tomorrow. And now everybody's got a break. We'll be back Thursday the 24th. And thank you to everyone who donated to the free roll, as always. We will see you in 15 to 16 days. And that's it. Good night. And... Shalom. Shalom.